0: And welcome to Totally Tintin. I'm Ian Boothby,
1: and I'm David Dedrick. And today
0: we'll be talking about Tintin and the Picaros. Am I saying that right? Tintin. Am I pronouncing Tintin correct? (laughs) Tintin. Okay. Either way, it's fine by me.
1: Proper proper French pronunciation is (laughs) Rantan.
0: I don't think that's true. Hi, everyone. Uh, Before we start with more of that nonsense, uh, let me explain how the show works. Uh, I am a professional comic book writer. Uh, I have been for many years now. I write for the Simpsons and Futurama Comics. I'm also a big comic book fan, yet I have never read the uh, Tintin series of books. My friends have said, "Please do," and I've gone. I shan't, and uh, now I'm saying I will. So I've uh, I've been reading all of them and uh, and quite enjoying the experience. And I've been encouraged to do so by my friend David.
1: Yes, I'm a big uh, Erger fan, big Tintin fan. I love I love the art in these books. I think it's some of the greatest artwork of all time.
0: Oh wow! Okay, so you put him up against Rembrandt? Sure. Wow okay, there you go. Uh, bold statement off the top. That's how you start a podcast. Strong statement yes. and then do not justify it.
1: Why why bother?
0: Fair enough. It doesn't need
1: to be justified.
0: All right I'm just gonna explain how the show works because uh, we're getting near the end of these.
1: Yeah, you might as well keep. Explaining. This is the
0: last this is the last one uh, that actually has uh, both pictures and words. It's actually a little really? bit of a bummer yeah. that we're getting to the end, but but let yes. me explain the concept okay. behind the show. Uh, we start with David doing some context, letting you know where Hergé was in his life, where Tintin was uh, when this book was being created. After that, we go page by page, uh, giving our opinions on, uh, on it as it unfolds. So if you have not read uh, Tintin and the Picaros yet... Maybe you want to read it first, or maybe you want to read it along with us. Maybe you want to go to your local library or bookstore, or you know, if you just want to hear us talk about it, that's fine too. There's no wrong way to eat a rhesus and to listen to this podcast. Really? Yep.
1: I don't know. I don't know what eating monkeys has to do with this show, but I will agree with you. All right. Well, there is no wrong way.
0: So, uh, why don't I uh, turn over the uh, podcast uh, to you, uh, (laughs) David? And uh, now, what year was. uh, Oh, mine. Yeah, for a bit. Uh, What year was this uh, first published?
1: Uh, Well, actually, it was first published in 1975, is when it started. Wow, we're that late. Holy cow. This came a full eight years after the Flight 714 and so yeah it started september 16th 1975 and it finished uh the 13th of april 1976. so you can see when it was just uh when the stories were being published you know published without any breaks they went by really quickly uh
0: now what magazine was this published in? it was in tintin magazine right yeah yeah Now, what did tintin magazine do in this eight-year break where there was no new tintin story coming out
1: that's a good question i mean they would still have the odd tintin cover you know, so they might have their Christmas cover, it might have to be Tintin related. But they, and they would rerun stories. So they rerun past Tintin stories in, in the pages. Oh, they would? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they had like all the way from, you know, The Broken Ear or. Tintin in America uh, onwards to to draw from if they wanted to run those. But
0: if they were uh, running say the Broken Ear, you could just go and read the collection which would be available oh, yeah. as mm-hmm. a young person.
1: Sure. But I mean, it didn't just run Tintin. I mean, they had it had EP Jacobs. Mm-hmm. It had um uh, it just depended what period you're reading it from. Uh there was um Mashiro who did the Chlorophyll stories. There was um Chick Bill, I believe was in there. There was a few I, I, we, if we talked about this a little while ago, when I was more, when I had been reading more about it, I can remember the names better. But, you know, they had a a, a pretty good selection of of cartoonists that you know were quite popular who continued yeah. to sell books for Lombard and and sell.
0: Would Hergé be involved in the magazine on a day to day basis? No,
1: at this point he wasn't. I mean, he you know nominally he he wanted to maintain control of the magazine, but I you know. We were talking about Greg taking over in the mid-60s and kind of turning over, uh, bringing in a sort of a different attitude to the magazine. And I think that was really almost a way of sort of a shutdown of Verger of, of in a way. Just a way of saying, you know, this is no longer your magazine, that you're not. I mean, he had a stake in it. He had a 10% stake in the magazine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So he always wanted it to do well, obviously. And, you know, his name attached to it or his character's name attached to it. And so, you know, he wanted it to do well. But um, I think in terms of day-to-day running, once it was up and going... I don't think he had much to do it, do with it after you know throughout the '60s. He was just too busy doing other things, okay. mostly avoiding doing Tintin.
0: Would he be still promoting it as it, like take for example in North America? Stan Lee didn't have a lot to do with Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. you know, in the uh, in the '80s, but his name was still on all of them, and he'd be out yeah. you know on talk shows. You know uh, promoting whatever uh, they were they were doing would it be something similar to that no all right he did
1: very little public appearance appearances did very little meeting with people he wouldn't he wouldn't have like school groups come to the uh, studios anything like that what they just did not do things like that in 1971 he did a pretty amazing thing he did a huge interview with this um, journalist named Numa Sadul and and Sadool basically kind of got erje at the right time just when he was sort of at this point in his life where he's sort of looking back at his life and was willing to do an interview with him, and so they did a very long, very wide-ranging interview. And even Ergy was quite surprised at how much he he to- he talked about in the interviews. The problem was is that he had the right he had you know in order to agree to these interviews, uh, he had the right to edit the interviews, and basically he took them all and cut out anything interesting that he said out of the interviews out of out of his responses, and. Uh, like anything negative about Tintin, any anything, uh, anything about his politics, anything like that, you know, he, you know, he's fairly reactionary in his politics. I, you know, he wasn't wouldn't hide that from his friends. But in terms of his public image, that's not what he wanted to present. And so his responses, which were fairly typical of a man who was in his sixties and nineteen and the nineteen seventies, right. you know, his political responses were pretty much what you would expect. You know, of someone of that time, of that time period, of that ilk, of someone who came up as he did. Through the kind of the right wing element of Belgium, or a rightist, or however you want to call it, and so he just went through this and has edited out all the interesting things that he had to say, and most of it's lost now. There's an interesting thing he did a what's called the Proust questionnaire, and it's a bunch of questions like who do you most admire, Which fictional character do you most admire, what are your favorite books?
0: What do you what would you like God to say to you if there is a God when when you die? Yeah, maybe stuff like
1: that. Yeah. Does that that is sydmi- that's is the it? final question okay on the okay Proust, uh, oh okay so you've done it. Yep. Yeah, so he did that, and what's interesting is 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 that there's a, the rough copy is in existence, so you can see him working through his right. answers, and his answers are constantly changing from very interestingly and reveal interesting revealing uh, answers down to very anodyne answers that don't give away very much, mm. and that's tended to be how he was. He was a very close person, did not did not like to expose himself, and so PR and all that element, you know, stuff that st- say someone like Stan Lee would be his life's blood, you know, almost. As much fun to him writing his little soapbox comments with with Excelsior was probably just as interesting to him, if not more interesting, than actually writing the stories for Stan Lee, you know. Like I think he really got off on the sort of the hullabaloo behind yep. the the comics. And that's not what Hergé was interested in. You know, he could barely get interested in the comic by this point. So the idea of promoting a magazine that he had very little connection to, uh, I don't think that was, was much for him. But it was published as a book in nineteen seventy seven. And this was a really popular book for him though this it sold over one and a half million copies like when it first came out oh really so it was big big for him and part of his part of that success can be attributed to the fact that it came out a full eight years after flight seven one four so people were kind of waiting for it to come out and there was some publicity about it and stuff like that it needed to do some publicity and uh interesting, it wasn't a big critical success, so it was a very popular book, but it wasn't a critical success. it wasn't successful with critics and i don't think erjay much cared about that really but you know it's it's interesting i think part of that was can be explained by yes the gap and the fact when you have a large gap like that you tend to romanticize what you what you're not getting so when you finally get that thing it can't possibly live up to what you were hoping it would be and then also everyone's so interested in it that you have so many people writing about it that you're bound to have the haters and the lovers you know so you're going to have people that you know love erjay then you're going to have people that you know, don't like him at all and don't like him for his politics, or just don't like it aesthetically. You know, so you've got two different kind of groups of, of haters, you know, and so people who love him, they really only love Tintin. They don't really care much or know much about Hergé. You know, so it's only people with a lot like a long grudge to bear for his stuff that they feel like, you know, his his uh, racist content pre war, basically, or his his collaboration collaboration is past in the war. That's why people are still kinda of nursing these grudges. And so you even know. in the seventies, yes, still on, still on, yeah, wow. still ongoing, yeah, even today, still there's still people who don't like him for his what they think of as a fascist past, or mm-hmm. whatever, when I don't think he was really a fascist, but you know it's easy to smear someone with the brush because you don't like you know whatever you don't like it, Asterix is better, so is a fascist, um
0: i still i aside from the from the format of the books, I don't see the similarities between those two, but they do get lumped together a lot,
1: yeah, and I think another thing that was kind of helped it was. It came after a series of books that were very different from, from the Picaro's books. So you had, you know, the very inward looking Tintin in Tibet, the kind of playful dead end of Kassafur Emerald, the very, I, I would call it a frustrating anti-adventure, Flight 714. And then you come to this, which is a very simple straight ahead story that tells, you know, just an adventure story, almost like an old-fashioned Tintin book. They get on a plane, they fly to another country, have adventures, and then go home. That's, a you know, what more do you want from Tintin, right? Uh, at this point, all the main studio assistants were gone. So Roger Leloup had left in 69 to, to work on his own stories with Yoko Tsuno, his, his character. Uh, and then Jacques Martin had left in 72. And I think after, I think he left after reworking, helping rework the Red Sea Sharks. And then I just think he was frustrated by the lack of projects. I think he just felt like everyone was just sort of biding their time, waiting for Hergé to finish traveling the world because that's what Erj was doing. Mm. Nominally, if people asked what they were doing, Erj, you know, would say, "Oh, I've been working on the the cartoons. I've been working on these feature like anime cartoons. They did Prisoners of the Sun, and then they did the Lake the Lake of Sharks." Really, he had nothing to do with those those films at all. But it was a good story to tell people.
0: Did Prisoners of the Sun come out? Yep. Oh, okay. Yep.
1: Uh, so you know, he was basically just traveling enjoying himself collecting uh his art he loved collecting art he loved eating in nice restaurants and that's what he did he would come into the office every once in a while kind of do a little bit of that a little bit of this then he'd leave again
0: I don't want to make you do math in your head right now mm-hmm. but about how old would he be uh, at this point
1: when he finished when he finished this book he was just turning 70 Okay. So he's in his late sixties. He was working on. So he
0: was retirement age. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's nothing against him. I'm not yep. blaming him or anything, but people would always ask, well, you know, what are you doing? And he didn't like to say, oh, I'm not doing anything. I just, I'm just fooling around. I'm kind of semi retired. He didn't want to say that. He'd say, Oh, I'm, you know, been working on these feature like In fact, they kept a sheet of a couple of sheets of, uh, like a, with drawings on them in the in the office, in the studios. So if a journalist came there, they'd be like, oh, we're working on this, and they'd show them these pages. Well, they showed everyone those pages.
2: Right.
1: Everyone saw those pages. For eight years. Yeah, that's right. Whatever. So everyone, are, yeah. I mean, well, not eight years, but yeah. But before that, even in the 60s, but they would show that. And even before Flight 714, they'd wow. have those pages there. Just, you know, because someone might come and ask. You never know. Interesting. So what's interesting about the story, though, is it had a long gestation period. So it actually, he started thinking about it after he finished the cast of Yuri Emerald. And if you think about the Castafiore Emerald in the story, uh, Castafiore leaves the leaves uh, Marlin Spike, and she's going on a trip of North America and South America. So you know she's already there in the story. So it really worked well in that mm-hmm. in that way. So you can think about it two ways. You can either think that you know she had a really long trip, or you can com- telescope all these Tintin stories into a much shorter time frame, even though and not just ignore the. It's kind of like re- reading um, Harry Potter. Right. You know, like if you read them as they came out, it felt like there was a big, you know, many many years between each book, each story, each each incident. So w- after the final book came out, I sat down and I just read them all in a row, and then you realize, oh my god, it's just one summer between each of these stories. That's that's the only break there is. But because there was maybe three years before the next book came out, you put that three years in there. But with these also stories, because
0: people think of the movies and they see the actors age, and mm-hmm, so that's why. Say, sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so you know, I think with Tintin, we can kind of telescope them together. So. So while they were going through the adventure of Flight 714, uh, Castofiore was in North America, was in the United States doing her stuff, and then she went down to South America, and they had returned back home again. After Flight Seven Fourteen, so that's when we start this well, story. Well, I always
0: assume the conceit is that Tintin is a teenager. Yeah, like so the time should, is passed. Tintin past. should never turn twenty. Yeah, right. Uh, so, so yeah, he's got to, all of these adventures took place during his teen years, and probably he wasn't—he uh, was uh, sixteen when uh, you know when this all started. So he mm-hmm. sees the things are packed.
1: Yeah, it's a packed life. Yep. So he
0: was just recently <clears throat> at the moon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so his plan right away with the story was to return to San Theodore San. Theodore. Is this what it's called, right? I
0: think so. Oh, I'm going to have a lot of trouble with names in this one. Mm-hmm. If those of you that listen to this podcast regularly know I'm a bit of a stumble <laughs> bum when it comes to you know, the, the names, especially the Spanish names.
2: Well,
1: I kept writing it down. I was like, I'm going to check on this before I... Right. But I didn't. And, and I got to say,
0: half my family is Spanish, so uh, this is a source of shame for me. I'm hoping none of them listen to this podcast. <laughs> they do. Uh, I know one of them does for sure.
1: <laughs> so his plan was to write a story about this these sort of endless rivalries between the generals, yeah. Tapioca, and Alcazar. And he was partly inspired, and part of the story was inspired by what was happening in Cuba at that time, uh, particularly Castro's pledge, I think in 5080 pledged that he would not shave his beard until Batista had been removed from from power. And Erdice, so Erdice thought that would be funny if it took them a long time to succeed. So they'd have these big giant beards, you know, that this would be growing and growing. And so uh his, his idea was to have a group of revolutionaries with mustaches that they were growing and they just were the long mustaches that were getting in their way, you know, were jamming up their machine that's guns. Good gang, yeah. yeah, it'd be fun. And so the original title of the story was gonna be Tintin and the Bigotudos, which is Spanish for mustaches. So that's that was their name. That was supposed to be the name of like the this this revolutionary group with the Bigotudos. So and so uh the problem was is that when he kind of brought in the Borduria element in this into the story, which makes sense in terms of Set, you know, uh, South American politics of the time or Central American politics of the time. It makes sense. But uh, he thought it would be too confusing to have two groups with a sort of mustache element to them because you have the curvy mm. uh element for Berduria with the leader with this really fine mustache. And then you'd have these revolutionaries fighting that group with also, also having mustaches. So he thought it would be too confusing. Uh, the original story, though, as he began it was, so it begins just after the Castafuere Emerald ends. So Thompson and Thompson are heading to South. Why are they there? They headed to South America to return the emerald to to Castafiore. So then Tintin is invited to San Theodorus and flies there with Haddock, but his plane is hijacked by a bigotudo. So, uh, I guess no one recognizes man with his enormous mustache.
0: Now hijacking back then, it used to be like you know, take this plane to Cuba was mm-hmm. the was the joke. Mm-hmm. Was this uh, a thing then? Yes, yeah. The hijacking for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, then Tintin and Haddock are recognized by Colonel Spons, who, of course, has a similar role in, in both stories, who supports... But he's in, this, in the other story, he's supporting the Bigotudo revolution. So he's working for the revolutionaries. So he throws Haddock and Tintin into a concentration camp with this tapioca minister who was also on the plane. And then Tattic, Tintin and Haddock escape with this minister who betrays them, and they're thrown into a different concentration camp for the different side. So now tapioca is throwing them into to a concentration camp. And then, uh, so this is as far as he got. And where he got hung up was, so he actually pictured Tintin uh, being concerned about like abuses afflicted on the native population or the poor population of this country. Sounds like something Tintin would be, yeah. But then he's thinking, well, is he going to be promoting a revolution to improve conditions? Is something something that Tintin would do? Uh, So it kind of hung up there for him. like He's like, does Tintin take part in a revolution? So is he there killing people in order to make change? Is he just a victim of this thing? Is he imprisoned for political reasons? Does he become a military? Like he just couldn't figure out how he yeah, a tough one. fits into it. And so he and I don't know how seriously he was working on it, because I think his answer for this was pretty simple when he hit it. But he, even three years later he still hadn't found a solution. So in 65 he was still still trying to think about it. And and in 65, so what's sort of interesting is there was a, a kind of a prank played by some of the studio guys, Bob Damore and Jack Martin. And what they did was they decided to put together a page when Hergé when wasn't there. So they made a Tintin page without Hergé's input. So they drew all the characters, they drew Haddock, they drew Tintin. And basically, it's, uh, the page is, is Haddock and, and Tintin getting onto a, onto a plane, and then there's some uh, kind of very Latin American-looking people on the plane, and also some people like, or no, sorry, they're on the plane. They're in the airport seeing them leaving. And they're kind of like watching them and they're reporting to someone else that something's happening. And then you just see, and then it kind of ends with a gag where Captain Haddock puts a seat back too far. And it zips down too fast and he kind of flies up in the air. And that's where the page ends. That's all they did. So they drew it and they showed it to a Swiss, Swiss journalist and pretended that it was a new story they were working on. And then it was published in this Swiss uh, newspaper called Lillist, L- Lillistra, Lillistra Uh now.
0: That's taken the joke pretty far. So
1: that Hergé saw this. Apparently he wasn't very happy. He didn't say very much about it, mm, but he was not happy. Yeah.
0: Because yeah, I, you think?
1: I think he recognized that what Martin and Bob de Meur were saying, Jacques Martin and Bob Dumur were saying was, we can do more. Like, we can do stuff without you here. And Hergé just did not want to hear that. He wanted to be constantly in command of what was happening. And so, and now, here's the thing. Although Jacques Martin has taken credit for this scenario, and I I don't want to say bad things about Jacques Martin, but from what i Things I've read with his interviews and stuff like that, he has no problem taking credit for whatever, like creation of the universe. He's all over it. Jack Morton was there, apparently. So he he says, this was based on my scenario, da, da, da. But if you look at the page, it looks like it's a page from Tan Tan and the Bigotudos, because it's got them going on a plane together. It has this Latin American uh, people watching them. So we know that, you know, they're going to end up in some kind of situation that's, that's dangerous. So the next couple of pages after after Captain Haddock finishes fooling around with his seat, there's going to be a hijacking. At least that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. So, so I, I you know, I don't know for sure. I'm just, it's just a supposition. But, you know, I'll say I'm right. Who's going to say I'm wrong? So now, you know, he was stuck on this whole, whole thing. So basically he took the hijacking, a plane idea, and moved it to Flight 714. So 714 became about a plane hijacking. And so he had to kind of drop that idea from, from the, the Bigotudo's Picaros idea. Uh, in 1973, after five years of you know after Flight 714, after five years of traveling and enjoying life and and traveling, it, they went to the states. He had, went for um, he went for medical uh, tests in the states, just stuff like that, right? Because they were looking for a way to cure his eczema. Okay. Um,
0: I mean, not drawing didn't do it. Like, being away from the stress of all that did not cure it?
1: I know it would happen. No, it it was fine when he wasn't doing it, but he still wanted to be able to draw. I Understood, mean, no. okay. So they're looking for a way to... Um, so he began... So in 1973, after this, he started to think about, well, maybe it's time to start working on a new story. And so he started working on this idea again. And he almost immediately settled in the idea that Tintin would return to rescue a friend. That would be... That's the obvious way to make this story work. Why would he go there? Well, he would go there to rescue someone who's who's trapped there. or Something's right. happened to them. So that's what I mean. I don't know if he put that much thought into the story in the '60s when if that didn't occur to him then that he's got Castafiore there, to be arrested and and charged and you know maybe it just didn't occur to him at the time. It took him took something to to uh, click. Uh, and I, I think even if it had happened in the '60s, I don't think it would have been called Tintin and the Picaros or Tintin and the Bigotudos, either. It might have been called just the Bigotudos or it might have had a different name. And I think he was kind, I don't think he liked putting Tintin in the title all the time, uh, having it. Tintin and the Picaros was actually Casterman's demand when he started working on it. They said, it's got to have a Tintin in the title. And he said, okay, that's fine. Uh, even though he felt that more p- people were fans of Haddock than Tintin, he said, that's, that's okay. Mm. Um, so now, when he started to look at this, as usual, his research is fantastic, and the setting is great. And he gets he gets so much of it right, too, with things like the influence of communists, the communist bloc on Central American countries. You know, it could do the same thing with African countries, too, but this is Central America or South America. So, you know, so we have this, that aspect is parodied by Borduria, Borduria's presence in, in this country. So they've they've lent, we can put that in quotation marks, uh, you know, the secret police to, 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 uh, to the San Theodorans in order for them to, you know, learn how to have their own secret police and stuff like that. But really, it's this is a way of having control in the country, right? right. And uh, they've, um, and I, I think swans being there is interesting because I think it's, Probably a punishment for his bungling in the calculus affair. So we know that one reason he's super mad at Tintin is because he's ended up. He's left his comfortable position in in Borduria, and now he's stuck in some end of the end of the world, you know, place where. Ugh. So uh, so that's interesting. And then you know, you see in the if you, when, you know, when you're reading, you can see all these Bordurian cars, right? You see the familiar curvy tache mustache mm-hmm. style to the front ends of the cars or the motorcycles and things like that. So you know that there's this economic closeness that kind of mirrors like what happened with cuba, cuba and, yeah. and russia where you have all these russian cars and russian tractors and stuff like that that you know they had to buy in order to get support from from the soviet union uh and then also the influence of the u.s and multinational corporations is also uh, parodied with the backing of the of alcazar by the international banana company which is of course a reference to uh united fruit who have the, a long and horrendous history in Central and South America for horrible economic exploit, exploitation of farmers and, you know, this is awful there. So things like the Banana Massacre and stuff like that, it's, you know, not nice. So they pretty much, if you want to talk about neocolonialism, that's the kind of shape it's taken in, in, in South and Central America was through, through these uh, exploitative farming techniques. kind of like the same way that sharecroppers and tobacco in the South. This is complete exploitation of people. Right. Uh, so then, although the newspapers are, you know, probably full of stuff that was happening in South America at this time, I mean, in 73, you've got Chile with Allende and and Pinochet and stuff like that is all going on. Uh, you've had Cuba's probably still ongoing. So, it, uh, but Hergé st- uh, also used this book by a, a writer named Jean Larteguy called The Guerrillas, And basically, it retraced the steps of uh, Che Guevara through South America, like, because he was in about a dozen countries. In various times fighting and fomenting unrest and stuff like that and then he what he liked best was the photos uh, lots of photo reference and you can see uh the uniforms of the picaros is pretty much looks exactly like the cuban revolutionaries or any other revolutionaries oh, okay. that were working in south america at that time he was also influenced by the story of uh, this man named regie Debray, who was a french writer who fought along che Guevara in, in bolivia and he was arrested and uh sentenced to 30 years in prison, but he spent about three years in prison before he was released because there was all this international outcry. Uh, Now, I don't know if he was just interested in it because I'm not too sure why he was interested in it. Maybe it just gave him the idea of Castafiore being arrested and then Tintin becoming involved in it. Um, Because I don't think it had much to do with that. It's hard to imagine Tintin going and fighting besides Che Guevara, you know, through through South America. Um,
0: Unless Hergé went through some very strong political views and decided to Almost, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's possible too, but I don't, he didn't really ch- change that much because it doesn't seem very Tintin. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I don't think he really saw Tintin. Cause this guy was like a university professor that kind of went and he was kind of hanging around. He's probably more of a groupie, a, you know, a, ter- a revolutionary groupie than an actual revolutionary. I don't think, I don't think uh, Hergé saw Tintin like sort of a dreamy radical kind of a guy like that sort of character wouldn't, wouldn't suit a practical, you know, Go getter, doer, like yeah. like Tintin is. Um, now the city itself, Los Topicos, was based on a on a Brazilian town called Belo Horizonte, which is this city that's very kind of modern, but also has older elements. So, so you kind of see it. Apparently, there was a big write up about it in National Geographic around this time. So it's just like, oh, there, I'll just use that. I've got lots of reference right in front of me, and uh, yeah, and so finally, the Picaros, which is what the Bigotudos kind of became, he finally settled on the word Picaros. Uh, which were based on this, uh, group called the Tupamaros, who were a, a revolutionary organization in Uruguay. And they're kind of like the typical revolutionary, like the Shining Path or whatever, t- typical group of that time period. You know, they robbed banks and businesses. They took hostages for money. They, uh, you know, they did give money to the poor and stuff like that, but they also murdered lots of people and you know, it killed army, you know, killed the military and brought a whole uh lot of trouble down on their own heads. Um, but I think he, he just kind of used them as sort of a as sort of a model of, of what the Picaros were, not necessarily, didn't follow all their techniques. Uh now Picaro means rogue in Spanish, so it does have a meaning yeah. to it. And also kind of uh oh the other thing, the interesting thing about the one interesting thing about the uh the those, what are they called again, the Tupamaros, was they would interrogate, they would arrest political prisoners and interrogate them. And then they would release, make their confessions public, which is very, it's sort of proto-Wikileaks. They're Mm. kind of ahead of their time there. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so Picaro it can also kind of reference uh, Picaresque as well, which is is kind of a a form of a novel uh, genre, which comes from Spain, uh, which is kind of, it's uh, kind of like... um, what would it be, like, uh, adventures, adventures of a roguish hero of low status would be kind of, so like Tom Jones would be an example okay. of a picaresque novel. So he's, you know, he's a farm boy who has these adventures through all kinds of different classes, but, you know, he's of low origin and he has these amazing adventures. So that's that was a very popular uh, style. So, yeah. Now, I guess we can tell the last thing would be the Jolly Follies, which partly based on kind of things you'd see in, in like, Rio Carnival and stuff yeah. like that, but actually more based on carnivals they have in Nice in France, particularly the giant head, the king's head, that comes exactly from right. that. Okay. And he based the, or they're called the Joyeux Turleron in, in French, he based them on three different Belgium touring groups. There was such the thing. And so he just kind of combined them all together into one horrible mass of people. Now, I think last time you had some trouble with my idea that Flight 714 was kind of a, a deconstruction of the Tintin universe. I mean, would you prefer the term dismantling? Because <laughs> I feel like this is a similar book that goes in a similar direction. It's, it's all about subverting expectations of what the characters did in the past, you know? I mean, we have the first obvious one, which is and the most horrible thing that ever happened in Tintin, which was losing his plus fours, you know? <laughs> That's just awful. Yeah. Like, like, if you've, you know, he fought for years and years to keep, Tintin and plus fours. And he would crow loudly when they would get readers' polls back that would say they didn't want Tintin to change. And he'd be like, see, no one wants Tintin to change. No one wants that to happen. And so then he goes to do this book. What does he do? He changes his pants. Partly it was pressure from America. Part America, uh, For the animated cartoons, they wanted there to be uh, a similarity between how Tintin looked in the cartoons and how Tintin looked in the books
0: except that you know uh, they've got all these these previous stories where he's dressed in this other way so mm-hmm. how do you you yeah. know how do you match that up
1: exactly and the thing is yeah, is that yeah the fans are terrible yeah and the thing is is that here's the thing this is the most horrible part of it greg won. so here's this guy and i'm going to c- continue to think that they were at at that they weren't friends that they were loggerheads with each other greg who you know did the animated cartoons changed the stories gets, you know, thrown onto Hergé to write a spy story for him because Hergé is incapable of doing that. Uh, is given the editorship of Tintin magazine uh, and makes, you know, these sort of changes that go against Hergé's own own ideas of what's proper. Uh, and then, you know, he's the guy who writes Lake of Sharks and puts and puts uh, Tintin into long pants. And then Hergé goes along with him. Greg won. But I don't think Hergé cared. I think he liked the idea of subverting the character by this point. He described it himself as, it's the worm in the apple. That's what he described it as.
0: Does uh, Tintin have uh, 70 sideburns in this? Like, it just feels, look, you yeah. look, I mean, we'll get it on... It feels the, dated. Well, you'll get on the pages, and when I see him, some, some of the shots, you know, we'll get to page two eventually. Okay. But when we get there and I saw it, I went like, Oh, he looks like a guy from the 70s. Yeah. He's got like uh, 70 sideburns now. Yeah. Yeah. It I was like, no, get out of here. Yeah, Quit exactly, it. yeah, exactly. There's a lot of moments where I was reading this book particularly and just went, well, that's not right at all. <laughs> like everyone's acting out of character. Yeah. You know, the way they position the heads in the uh, panels is like, that's not right. That's not Hergé style at all. It was like, well, he didn't draw this. He didn't draw that. He definitely didn't draw this. Well, that doesn't sound like that character at all. Okay, we're going through this. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, it, 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 when you're saying deconstruction, de- dismantling, I just thought the guy is out of the room and <laughs> someone else is doing this. <laughs> no, cause this no. This does he, not look.
1: This is actually he, uh, because there's hardly anyone there. It was just he, he and Bob DeMore who did it together. And DeMoor says, uh, Hershey drew everything. I just did backgrounds.
0: So weird. It's It, it reminds me of uh you you look at uh, some of the later uh, peanuts not peanuts comic strips but peanuts cartoons mm-hmm. you know and you know to me the worst one of the worst things that's ever happened on television is snoopy's getting married it's a terrible 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 cartoon mm-hmm. it's got it's got adults in it it's <laughs> snoopy literally gets married all these horrible it's completely yeah, wrong yeah. and then at the beginning you like, who wrote this nonsense charles shells I'm like no, I don't believe he did. I know his names on all this, but I have a very hard time tonally going that he the same person who at the same time was doing the strip, which seemed still completely yeah. to the right tone, mm-hmm. was doing this cartoon that was like all over the map. Yeah, and reading this, it really felt like okay, maybe Hergé's in the room, but uh, and maybe time has just changed him. But yeah. tonally, uh, it no, just it's, it, everything sounds. I
1: just think that he he just he enjoyed doing that to it. I think he just ha- was having fun with it in that sense of, of subverting people's expectations wow, of the characters. Know. It's
0: weird when you're saying subverting because it feels like when you're saying subverting... Well, Tintin's
1: a homebody. Who doesn't want to go? Which character is the most surprising character to say, I don't want to go to San Theodorus? Yeah. Haddock, who's yeah, the from- homebody who wants to just be a lord of the manor and walk around with his monocle? Right. No, he's the one eager to go because he he's, feels affronted. But er- or Tintin... Oh, everyone take a drink. I mix them up. Tintin wants to uh, stay at home. Yeah, that's totally against his character. Well, y- and then his arrival makes no sense either. Wait,
0: I kept waiting for that. It was yeah. like Tintin's got a plan. Yeah, here it comes. Yeah, no plan. Here at comes all. the plan. No plan. And like that's the thing. Tintin acts completely out of character, uh, and uh, and and calculus acts out of character. Yeah. And he's oh, it, what calculus does is so terrible. It's so terrible. Yeah. You know, like I I, I had a big problem in flight where he you know isn't they don't use him as a scientist mm-hmm. when you've got science things he just seemed to be out of character completely in that as well yeah. and in this one well just forget about it <laughs> just forget about it everything's yeah. you're right all flip flap of flingo that's where yeah. it felt like have you guys read the books mm-hmm. Because it really feels like, it, it feels like this. It feels like sometimes when I, I do a little bit of work in animation, and someone will get the Bible wrong, and they'll give the character traits of one character to another. Okay. And that's what it felt like in this one. So to point
1: out, the character Bible is the thing they use to, as a uniform way of of understanding the characters that's in right their, it's yeah. not
0: an actual bible not the right. holy bible they i haven't been doing a lot of biblical uh <laughs> cartoons. christian cartoons no but that's usually say, yeah when all of a sudden you know it's all of a sudden you say moose in archie is eating a lot of hamburgers yeah and like yeah. i think you've got jughead's character description there let yeah. me just pull it back and take a look yeah. and that's what it felt like uh with this quite a bit and
1: here's the weird like here what's the hardest thing when you talk to people about tintin you say I, like, I really like the character Tintin. Their first, everyone's almost without, if they've never heard of it, or if they just want to make fun of it, their thing is always like, what kind of name is Tintin? Like, what does that mean? Is it his first name? Is it his last name? You know? Well, I don't know. It's just his name. Uh,
2: huh? I don't know. Uh,
1: and what happens in this book? What's your name? Tintin. Grotesque, says ca- the captain to him. So it's making fun of the name in the, in his own book. Yeah. It's so weird. And then the captain himself, well, yeah, here we go. He can't drink alcohol. So there's no no boozy, fun captain in it. And then uh, we find out that his name is Archibald, which is kind of disappointing as well. If you're going to hide someone's <laughs> name for that long and then you're going to reveal it as Archibald, well, oh well, okay, thanks guys. So I don't know. I just feel like at this point, I think he was enjoying kind of tweaking his his readers' noses. You know, I think that was part of the fun for him. Is that he didn't he didn't care for the stories anymore. He didn't care about Tintin anymore. You know, he cared about his reputation. He cared about Tintin's reputation, Tintin's place in the pantheon of comics. But I don't think he cared much about what readers wanted or expe- got from the stories anymore.
0: And maybe, and, and and my biggest beef with this, besides people seeming to act out of character throughout, uh, is, and again, this is a little bit of a spoiler for the ending, but it feels like it ends cynically. It's Oh, yeah. you know, It's a very cynical ending. You yeah, can talk about that too. Well, but, I can yeah. see how you're. it could be presented as political satire. It's mm-hmm. like, well, there's no way of showing this satirically without showing this, and that's why it's got to be. Yeah. But it feels like... Tintin comes to look. Th- he doesn't,
1: he's, there's no political element to what he does. He's merely the, this whole revolution is, is you know, it's his it's his smarts to bring it off basically,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or uh, good luck, in, in, in that way, but. Yeah, it has nothing to do with politics. It's about rescuing his friends. Right, but here's what he does. And they leave, and nothing changes.
0: But he does do a very tintin thing, which is like it's got to be bloodless. Yeah, this is going to be a bloodless situation. You're Mm. not going to be like I'm not going to like you know leave, and then uh, they're going to be killing people. We're not doing this. Like he does his best to cover all the bases, make sure you know, which is great. He also could.
1: He also could have said, and also you know, the poor should be better treated. How about that while we're well, while making demands. Here. Maybe,
0: yeah, but yeah, and then it then it is get rid of the favelas. Well, yeah, so so Tintin comes to town and you know does all this stuff and there's a big adventure and at the end of it who cares? It didn't matter that Tintin came to town. Yeah. And well no, that's not how one of these stories should go. Yeah. That isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, you, t- things should be better off when Tintin leaves. Yeah. I get you know, that you want to make a, a, a satirical point, yeah. and the satirical point is is made. But you can even, you could do like a little hint. You could do a little hint of like, maybe it's going to go back to the way it was going to be, but that there's absolutely no <clears throat> change. Yeah. Boo to well, me. Like,
1: I mean, I put a little note at the end of the story, and I'll just read it now since we're talking about it. I put, I just put, the scout's hopeful naivety has been replaced by cynicism. I think that's what's happened in those stories. So, you know, I don't think that the story has necessarily provided a, a, an answer or a constructive guide to how to make the world a better place but they gave a hopefulness to situations that, that lacks in this story
0: and that's why it's a bit of a drag that this is the last full story mm-hmm. right it, because it it does feel like tintin goes on this you know uh, this arc and then it ends with you know them staying, and I do like the Casta Fiori Emerald, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, them staying at home. Yeah. Okay. That's, and, and that's good. It's a really good story. Yeah. If we have some adventure stories to follow. Yeah. Then you have flight. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> and then you have this one. Oh, that's just everyone's out of character mm-hmm. uh, and things are a bummer. And we need one more. <laughs> that's just, come on, let's get it all. Up there again, get that balloon up, and we don't really have it, and that's yeah. a drag. I mean, of course, you can't ever know when all this is going to end. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. just, there was a little bit of uh, when I finally got to the end, because I didn't know how any of these were going to go, right? Yeah, of course. So, this, I'm reading these all for the first time, and when I, when I got to the end of this, it was a bit of, oh. <laughs> Maybe there's something in Tintin yeah. and Alfart where I'll go, oh, well, those characters did the thing and they would have done that and I can imagine it. But, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah, it was a bit of a, this one was a bit of a bummer uh, for me.
1: I can understand that. I mean, for me, I never I never read them chronologically is it when I was reading them. Originally. Has that
0: changed you? By the way, let me ask you that. Has reading them chronologically uh, changed how you feel about them at all?
1: Not the ones I like the best. Uh, it certainly hasn't put these in con- in a context, though. Uh, and I can't. I can, you know, I'm more disappointed in these now than I was b- before, uh, these last two books, Flight 714, which I've never been a huge fan of Flight 714 because I just do not like that whole alien element of it. It just doesn't uh, doesn't ring ring any of my bells. But mm-hmm. um, this book, you know, in every way, it's a, it's a formally, you know, very well put together book. You know, it's very well drawn. It's yeah. very well, it's, everything's nice about it. The colors are a little, oh, they're okay, but... Um, yeah, it just, but, you know, yeah, story-wise, it just feels like it doesn't take off, you know, and we're kind of seeing the problem with other people writing Hergé, we're seeing within Hergé, which is that a not understanding of the characters, and a kind of a loss of a kind of a of a of an impishness that existed before, the kind of a feeling that anything could happen at any time. These stories are very straight ahead, and don't seem to have any kind of sharp turns to them that yeah. are interesting. I'm
0: going to say, okay, and this is a big one. I'm gonna say this is a bit of a joyless story to me.
1: Well, there's no, there's no Tintin falling out of the bottom of an airplane in this story. That's true. You know, and you—that's a great—that's something you need in a Tintin story.
0: Right now, here's the other thing: is like, you know, the captain drinks too much. Let's go in the like, beginning. In, in the well, beginning, let, let's just say in
1: later books not so much. All right,
0: but let's—but that's the conceit of this one: is mm-hmm. the is the captain drinks enough that his best friend goes, "I'm going to cure you of yeah. uh, the ailment of demon alcohol." Uh-huh. You know, uh, so but thank thing, you, friend. Yes, but the thing is, you know. Everyone sort of accepts everyone as they are. They get frustrated by yeah. who they are, mm-hmm. but they accept everyone as who, as who they are, with yeah. the exception of maybe Tintin finally going about the Thompsons Just lock them up. I don't need them. And here we go. But I like it best when they actually all are doing their thing. It's like, Mm -hmm. we're all a bunch of weirdos and let's go out and we're going to, and everything bounces off each other and there you are. Yeah. You know, no one says to Castafiore, you sing terribly. You are not a good singer. I'm telling you this now directly your singing is poor.
2: Yeah.
0: uh, And it hurts my ears and I do not care for it. Good day. (laughs) Yeah. No one says that. No. And the, and the problem with uh with calculus, if count cal- here's the thing. It's like if calculus is curing the the captain's alcohol l- love of bo- whiskey. Yeah. Then the captain has the right to glue a uh horn into calculus's ear so that he can now hear. And now everyone's everyone can fix everyone. Yeah. yeah. Boo on that. That yeah. doesn't work at all.
2: No. No, you right. Yeah,
0: you don't you know you don't fix your friends like that without their permission. Mm-hmm. That's that's a real affront. Yeah. You know, but that may be a modern way of looking at things. Could but be. even in the character way of back then is like, "No. No, you don't you don't do this cuz then this happens to that." You know. Yes. You know, if uh, if if Linus says to Pigpen, "You need to clean up your act," yeah. then Pigpen says to Linus, Give me your blanket, then. We've all got issues, and I'm going to take Schroeder's piano away because he's addicted to that. And That's now right. we're all going to deal with our problems. And, you and know what am I going to do?
1: I'm going to go cut down that kitey tree. That's right. How come no one's thought of that?
0: Oh, yeah. Why don't we take away all of our characters, and uh, <laughs> then we'll all be perfect, and let's all yeah. go for a walk around Boringville. Yeah. 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 So anyway, boo, boo <laughs> to calculus in this one.
1: <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, let's start. It has a great. T- it has a great cover, by the way.
0: Uh yeah we see uh we see the captain dragging uh an upset calculus away it looks like um Snowy's actually enjoying this yeah he's enjoying going for a run uh whereas uh, Tintin is uh trepidatious
1: about well, what's funny. and if you want to talk about a character who's disappeared Snowy in this book mm-hmm. you know after uh after last last episode where he at least got to bite some ropes and uh you know got stuck he in a does whirlpool vanish
0: and then he comes back yeah and and this one you're right he does get to drink a little uh, alcohol.
1: That's the beginning. He does a little bit, has a bit bit, of business. But, but. even
0: then, Tintin's not furious at him. Like, no, no. like in the past, whenever Snowy has a bit of uh, alcohol, he's like, I should let you die next time. <laughs> yes. He's not, he does not go for this dog drinking alcohol. And no. on this one, ah, eh, you'll sleep it off. Tintin, you 70s relaxed dad, stop it. <laughs> All right.
1: What's so, interesting, uh, well, we can start, but it's, yeah, ahead. it starts with uh, Tintin riding through a uh, sort of a winter. Landscape at the. Are you going to talk about the cover still? Oh, or well,
0: no, we always, we usually go with the title page as well. So oh, there's an the image that. of the uh, dancing fools.
1: Yes. We don't know who they are.
0: But we will later. We see one has got a horn to their ear. Kind of creepy.
1: Yeah, they are I really find creepy. They question they're kind of creepy. They're kind of almost that anonymous look that Guy, okay. Guy Fox max But
0: let's go to page one.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing here is when this book was actually originally drawn, it was in the coloring process. And the colorist said, wait a second, doesn't this book take place in February? everyone's like, yeah. And he goes, well, how come these fields are full of wheat and flowers? <laughs> like, oh. So they had to redraw the first two panels to make it a winter scene. Because right. they're drawing it with, like, full fields of, of grain and, yeah, nope. So it's a nice, uh, you know, it's my favorite time of year. So when I look at that, I just think, oh, it's beautiful.
0: By the way, uh, watch for that in uh, mini comics and also animation when they have their Valentine's Day episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, look in the background and see how nice and sunny it is. <laughs> Even though apparently it's in America, a lot of the times, <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay, yeah. Tintin is uh, is going for uh, is it a motorcycle that he's on? Yes, there? Yeah. yeah. It's nice. It's a nice uh, drawing. Uh, goes to Marlin Spike. Uh, we don't get the direct look at my Marlin Spike. We just have like the uh, the stairway. Yep. And uh, and uh, Haddock uh, leans in from the window, uh, yelling out at his friend, you know, coming in wants him uh, to look at the latest uh, edition of Paris Flash, which is uh, the magazine that uh, started a rumor uh, that he was going to marry Castafiore and the Castafiori Emerald.
1: It's such a popular magazine, he still still gets it.
0: <laughs> he does, that's right, for all he was complaining about it. Maybe they send him a free copy. If you're on the cover, maybe you get a free subscription. Okay. I'm sure Us Magazine does that.
1: It's still advertising Brawl on the back as well.
0: Now what is Brol again?
1: It looks to me like it's a laundry, di- laundry or dish detergent. It's some sort of detergent because it has bu- bubbles around it.
0: Oh, nice. Okay, I'm always looking for tintin sponsors for this show, so good to know Brol. Uh, so he re- he reads. <laughs> we'll write to them. Uh, opera star uh, uh, Bianca Castafiori continues her brilliant progress through South America. Uh, you know, after triumphs in Ecuador, Colombia, and Venezuela, she visits San Theodorus, where she will be received by General Tapioca. And then we get some updates on, remember, uh, didn't he topple our old friend Alcazar? Yes. Yes, yes, he did. You know, they say Tapioca's a real tyrant. He is uh, cruel and vain. And uh, at this time... like Alcazar. That's right. Uh, So, Oh, by the way, it looks like uh, uh, Tintin has made friends with the Siamese cat.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. So he's not petting Snowy. He's petting
0: the cat. Well, Snowy is in this basket when he's uh, driving in. And then, yeah, all of a sudden he's got a cat. Yeah, that seems a little weird, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the captain is uh, pouring himself uh, a lock. of snowy drinks. Uh, <laughs> don't justify snowy drinking. Uh, so he's pouring himself a whiskey. There we go. And so Tinson's saying, uh, "Yes, uh, Tapio is uh, so vain. He changed the name of capital of Los uh, Dopicos. He calls it. Uh, he called it Tapiocaopolis uh, after himself. And uh. Uh, Alcazar's gone underground uh, with a band of." Uh, Sorry, one minute. Partisans. Partisans. Sorry about that. Uh, The famous Picker Rose. It's a lot of exposition right off the top.
1: Yeah, it is, isn't it?
0: It's the name adopted by gorillas who've sworn to get rid of tapioca and his mob. They're said to be backed by another great power, commercial and financial this time, the International Banana Company. A rare old mix-up, as you see, while petting the cat. Where is Snowy? <laughs> and so all this talk is making the captain thirsty. Uh, offers Tintin a drink. Oh, no, thanks. Not for me. You know that. That kind of bothers me the way he says that.
1: Yeah, it's a new part of his, new part of his personality has come out.
0: Yeah, it's like well to me it's just like no you know my character doesn't do that. <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those lines like captain we've known each other for 6 years, right? It's like something you don't say to someone.
1: Well, but you know in the past stories Tintin would drink. He'd drink true. in moderation. Yeah. He just wouldn't overdrink. He was had no problem with imbibing. Now his character has become a teetotaler suddenly. Well, let me and ask And so they kind of have to underline that.
0: Let me ask you this. When I when I did read this, this this felt like are they for future for future uh, stories, were they setting this up that uh, uh, the captain can't drink anymore because of these pills, so no one's going to drink in the stories? Do you think in future stories no. they would have just taken whiskey completely out of the mix because it's no. a kid's book and we don't want people drinking whiskey? Because that's what it felt like with this. Okay, no. It was like, no. okay, why, why don't you believe that?
1: Because uh, I don't. I don't think uh, Erge would have done that.
0: So you think the next uh, next edition, he just would have forgotten the pills existed? and well, have I mean, be back to drinking whiskey. You know, yeah,
1: he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He's obviously upset when when he finds out calculus is giving them to him. Oh, he so, is yeah. upset. Yeah,
0: he is upset. But I'm just wondering. I don't know, think
1: it's a permanent state
0: because if you're doing these for, say, uh, children's cartoons in the future, you can't have him drinking whiskey in North America. You can't do it. Yeah. So you know, by having these magic pills that make you no longer be able to drink. You know, it does solve that problem. But then that's me projecting. It could be. So uh, he takes his first drink and pfwaga, uh spits it out. Can't stand the taste. Uh, gives it to Tintin. Tintin tastes the whiskey. I'm no expert like you, of course, but it does seem to taste just like whiskey. Uh, and the cat is uh, startled by this. Uh, uh, the foie and is hiding. Yeah. Uh, Snowy goes a sniffing at the whiskey on the ground. Uh, seems to smell... You know, it doesn't seem to smell something good. He's <clears throat> smelling it suspiciously. Uh, and uh, the captain takes another sip, but thinks it's disgusting. And then speaking of disgusting, turn on the TV. It's Castafiore singing. The one song she ever sings.
1: <laughs> I do like the modern television there, though.
0: Yeah, that is a very slick-looking modern television. Oh, yeah. okay, by the way, let's go to the panel that bothers me. Uh, page two, panel four. Uh, Tintin drinking. It looks like he's got overly long sideburns there, and he looks like he just stepped off the set of The Brady Bunch. To me, that looks too yeah. too modern to me.
1: Yeah. Are they... yeah, I didn't bring any of my older ones. Let's see if we can see them in these old pictures here. They're all of his back, of course. Yeah, his hair is much... Yeah, they're longer. They lengthened his sideburns. Yeah. Yeah, because if you look at the picture of Snowy and Tintin on the front cover, this is the regular... Regular length, and I think they are longer than
2: that.
0: Yeah, it looks a little bit, a little bit rock star there, think a little bit 70s. Wow. So, uh, so we're watching the TV, and we've got color TV right now, not that funky color TV <laughs> that uh, that the professor has, has made. But uh, the uh, the news is covering this story, uh, saying Castafiore continues her triumphant. Uh, Tour through Latin America, which we just heard about the previous page, uh, arriving in San uh, Theodoros, where she met with a tumultuous uh, welcome. As usual, she is attended by her faithful maid, Irma, uh, and her accompanist, uh, Igor Wagner, also in her entourage, to watch over his jewels, insu- uh, her jewels insured for millions of dollars. Mm. I wouldn't insure those jewels. She's always losing them. <laughs>
1: Heavens! Yeah,
0: for jewels. And then we see uh, some uh, bumbler's falling down uh, the uh, stairs of the airplane. Who could it be? President Gerald Ford? (laughs) No, sir. uh, (laughs) We cannot see their faces, but I've got to assume that is Thompson. Nice timely
1: reference. I mean, to this time. Yep. This time period is perfectly timely.
0: All right. Then the phone rings, and I'm going to throw it over to you.
1: Phone rings, and it's uh, our friend Jolly and Wag.
0: I always like throwing over the Wag scenes to you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So, Haddock answers, of course, as uh, happy as usual. Hello? Yes, who? Jelan Way. Yes, hi. Now look here, I just saw old Castanet on the telly, and what do you, uh, what do I hear? Blow me if she hasn't got her knick insured now, and for a pretty penny too. Strikes me you could have pushed the business my way for old rock-bottom insurance. What's the use of having friends, I say to myself, if they'd let you down at the first opportunity? Which is a weird thing to say, actually.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: I don't think they had any sort of agreement that he would push the... Business of Castafiori. Well, let me tell you what. Wag's way. Let
0: me tell you what Wag does. Wag assumes you owe him. Yes. So he's going to show up and go, "You owe me and my family space at your house." That's what he does. Yeah. Uh, you owe me. I'm going to put this race thing in the front of your yard. Uh, you you owe me that she's going to get these insurance. So yeah, that's just what he. That's just what he does.
2: Huh.
1: So then. By uh, the way,
0: he looks like a real fancy man, doesn't he? On that uh, on that phone with the cigar and uh, the bow tie, yeah, all dressed up, looks a little fancier than uh, you know,
1: than normal, than well, he's, normal. And he's he, at work.
0: He's also scowling, which you normally don't see. Wag. He's and usually, ha yeah. You old Hufflepuff.
1: <laughs> you old sea dog.
0: You old ancient mariner.
1: <laughs> you old albatross wearing mariner. <laughs> uh, he, uh, so yeah, Haddock is of course let's call say it confounded, befuddled. He slams the phone down. And he can't believe that uh he's getting in trouble for for not, like he calls him by that weevil wag because he <laughs> wasn't asked to insure Castafiore's jewelry. Then he, of course he absentmindedly takes a sip of whiskey and says, "Poof wag, billions of blistering particles!" Oh, it's poison. Then he goes, ah, "Poison!" And then Tintin, oh, his hair looks a bit more normal than that one there. Says, "Nonsense, Captain. Who on earth would want to poison you?" And then uh of course, which yeah. is now here's a weird scene, by the way. So. Besides the fact that Snowy's drinking the alcohol on the floor, that's normal. But then he says, Have a light on, Captain. It'll you know, it'll go. Good night, you'll feel better in the morning. What time did he get there at? Like, what is it, like two in the afternoon, maybe? Three in the afternoon? Yeah. He's only been there for like fifteen minutes or so. They've you know the captain's drunk some Whiskey, they watch a little bit of TV.
0: Yeah, but by the way, I uh, I thought you were going to do something else that Tintin was saying here. You know, who on earth would want to poison you? I know you've got a few enemies, but not as deadly as that. Yeah, that's the other thing I was thinking "Mm, about. Well, he does actually, you know, we never caught that bird guy and you are living (laughs) in his house. Uh, There's a lot of... Yeah, Hmm. and just
1: last month, you know, we're trying to go to Sydney and some guys were going to drown us in an airplane that they... You know, you know,
0: someone does try to murder us every few years.
1: Like we just flew somewhere and someone put a bomb on the plane. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Anyway, so so Tintin goes down the stairs Ooh. after putting the captain to bed at like one in the afternoon. And, uh, and Snowy is completely... I don't actually like the way Snowy's drawn there. Uh, Snowy is completely drunk. <laughs> I don't drunk, mind it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, after a couple of sips of whiskey. And and he's, he's, he's upset, Tintin, but maybe the reason he isn't upset is as he knows the whiskey isn't poisoned. Yeah. Yeah. That's so a- uh, off to bed with you, you old dipso. Sleep off the booze. Doesn't seem to mind, again, <laughs> no. that his dog is a thing. So anyway, the next morning, a captain's uh, checking himself out, saying he looks horrible. Must have been the wretched whiskey. Uh, probably wasn't the of wretched whiskey. That's just age. It makes fools of us all. <laughs> By the way, the way people react to whiskey, uh, drinking it in this book, is how David and I react when we actually drink whiskey. We are yeah, yeah, you and I are, are teetotalers I, uh, for the most part. I have
1: never, I don't think, I've ever had it.
0: Oh, okay. You would probably go Fouag. <laughs> there you go. That's right. I'll
1: drink Fouag whiskey.
0: So now we're uh, listening to the radio. And on the radio, uh, it says, uh, you know, uh, no communique was uh, issued at the end of the meeting. Uh, tapiocas, tappy, uh <laughs> Tapiocapolis. I'm going to have trouble with this through the whole thing. Last night, the famous prima donna, uh, Bianca Castafiore, was arrested after a gala performance attended by General Tapioca. Statements by the authorities in San Theodorus have accused the star of plotting against the government. So uh, the captain, now looking very happy about this, seems strange news to be happy about, uh, runs uh, in his well, I think slippers and pajamas. He does,
1: I think his joy is that he doesn't he knows that Castafiore, what, what a reaction will be to this. And he's just like, oh, this is going yeah. to be quite the... she's a wrecking ball. This yeah. will be interesting.
0: Yeah. Runs with his uh, toothpaste... I like, by the way, that uh, the panels uh, of him running and uh, calculus running are one uh, over each other in the same uh, position but looking very different. Yeah. It's it's quite good. Uh, So, he goes up to talk to Tintin about this. And Tintin is doing uh, yoga, it looks like. Yes. He's standing on his head. uh, Which, okay, you know what? Uh, Tintin is a fan. He's been to Tibet. Yeah. Uh, He's friends with Chang. Mm -hmm. He probably knows a little yoga. Sure. I'm all for this. This is fine. Yeah. Uh, And... uh, (laughs) Though it does seem a little something like uh, Tom Cruise would be doing in one of the Mission Impossible movies when he's relaxing. Uh, so he tells Tintin uh, <laughs> she's been arrested at the end of the, of, of, the con- of a concert, and uh, Tintin's very surprised by this. Calculus runs in saying, this is dreadful news. Uh, sits down to talk more about it, and Snowy's on the chair. Mm-hmm. Snowy gets a little scene there. Mm-hmm. He's he's a little annoyed because, of them all, he's the only one hung over this morning.
1: What's weird about this is Tintac, Kappa Catpin, he yells as he's... As he's running in, which I know it's supposed to be like he's excited, so he's having trouble with their names. But has he forgotten who they are?
0: Yeah. In that... the
1: French version, it's just a spoonerism. He just says you know Hin pin hin, or, or Hintin, and you know tapton Haddock, or you know, just mixes up a few of the letters.
0: Yeah, this isn't something that but it's uh, calculus weird. does. Yeah, no, it's odd. Yeah, that's not his. That's not his shtick.
1: But that's more the more a fault of the translation, not a fault of. Do the... you
0: th- Do you think? All right, yeah because when I because when I saw that I went are they gonna go are they playing that deaf angle that uh that he uh, can't hear names and so he's mishearing them yeah but it's like he's read their names over and over again yeah, we've established yeah. he knows in names. this scene that he can read things clearly
1: mm-hmm. no I think it's just he's so he's so excited that he's just uh you know has a sp- uh, spoonerism
0: right he's furious he's furious at this though because of course he uh it seems she gave him a kiss in yeah. the cast of fury emerald which is uh, as seems-
1: good as a affianced relationship now sure but that's calculus, right. well he's a sheltered professor
0: yeah that is fourth base for a fellow like yeah
1: him. that's right fourth, fourth base
0: i know what you're saying shouldn't that be home plate no you never get to home plate there's just more and more bases so uh it's true i've been to seventh base <laughs> so it's all about that base <laughs> so uh so the captain keeps reading saying that this is hilarious uh saying that she was arrested in a search of her luggage, revealed documents which prove conclusively the existence of a plot aimed at the removal of General Tapioca and, his, and the overthrow of his re- regime. The San Theodoran government have let it be known that the plot is uh, centered in a Western European country where the singer was staying before her departure for South America. And Tintin, looking very sarcastic, says it's just like a cheap thriller. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. It just all feels out of character for... uh for, for Tintin here. And I, I do like, by the way, how many forms of media they're getting all this from. Yeah. They get yeah. this from the TV, TV. Then we're going to the radio. I'm going to pick up this newspaper, keep reading it. Earlier, I was reading a magazine. Here comes a carrier pigeon. It's got something to tell me.
1: Not as that, but two actual journalists come, and they deliver the news.
0: Right, because you've run out of ways to <laughs> present all of this. There's a lot of information we've had to get across in the first <clears throat> five pages.
1: It's true. Well, for, yeah, and I mean, this is uh, appearing a page a week, and so... Poor readers are getting this face full of exposition. I mean, it's sort of amusing, I guess, because of the, the whiskey drinking, the sitting on snowy, the, you know, there's little ways to keep it entertaining, but still.
0: Right. And so, yes, uh, Nestor comes, uh, his butler, uh, says there's uh, two reporters downstairs asking if, uh, you know, you'll see them. It goes down and sees, oh, it is those reporters from the Paris Flash, Christopher and Marco, dressed incredibly 70s. <laughs> These guys don't know that this story should be evergreen. Yeah. So, uh, oh, boy, they just stepped out of the last season of Mad Men. <laughs> there they are.
1: Yeah, all it's missing is a really wide tie.
0: Yes. So, uh, saying good morning, Captain. Forgive us for calling so early. Uh, we want to ask what you think of the Castafiore business. What do I think? Oh, well, it's perfectly simple. It's a load of old rubbish. Blistering barnacles accusing Castafiore of conspiracy. Ridiculous. What about the accusations made against yourself? About me? And, like, look in today's trumpeter. Completely different newspaper. Let's get that one out now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not even the normal. It's usually, what is it, the Daily Reporter is the normal newspaper we hear information from. Right. This this one is a totally different one.
0: Now, this seems like the trumpeter feels like, I don't know, maybe that's just the tattler. Maybe it's the lower class newspaper. Do well, you it's think? weird
1: because in the French one, it's the same. Usually, it's La Depeche, I believe, is the usual newspaper. Okay. Uh, this In this book, it's uh, La Verité, so The Truth.
0: All right. Well, that will set us all free.
1: <laughs> yes. Pravda.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So uh, again, I'm going to throw it over you. We're going to do. We're going to go back and forth on all these information dumps. Go yeah, there's
1: a lot of information. We're being. There's a lot of dumping going on here. Uh, so Tintin comes walking into the scene, and Hat, of course, is angry. Impossible, these th- sand the- theodolites. I call them theodorans, but I guess I made that up. Those sand theodolites must be off their tripods. Oh, it's you. Here, read this, he says to Tintin. who's walking into the scene. Read it, me? So, Casafiore conspiracy. Tapio, uh, government makes new charge. So it turns out that uh, because of Tintin and, and Haddock's relationship with, with General Alcazar, they're being accused of being in cahoots with him on, in this plot. Do you like know that word, cahoots? Mm-hmm. It's a good one.
0: Now, what is the connection between Tintin and Alcazar to the general public? What do they know about that, would you say?
1: Well, I guess they've heard, uh, because... There was the, um, well, the Broken Ear. Yeah. So they would have heard about that, I would think, because that was a big story at the time. Right.
0: But when he's falling on hard times and he's working as a knife thrower, yeah. he's not going under his own name at that point. No, so no Raymond
1: Zapote. Zapote. Right. And then and then also but the Red Sea Sharks, he's in that as well, because he buys the mosquitoes from Dawson uh, in order to fight back against against uh, Tapioca. Okay. And defeats Tapioca for a while, obviously. It doesn't last very long. So there
0: is a, a connection there. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So then all the reporters in the world show up.
1: Yes. Oh, there's the Daily Reporter shows up. Uh, after, uh, after Haddock says the story is, is bilged from stem to stern. Yes, all the journalists show up. And uh, everyone's surprised. Even the other journalists are surprised that journalists show up. Why are <laughs> they doing what we do? Looking for a... So then we have radio coming. And by the
0: way, uh, you're living with Tintin, the most famous reporter in the world <laughs> who doesn't know any of this.
1: Yeah. Right. And he's described as a reporter in this book, by the way.
0: Sure. So you know earlier on in our podcast we said let's let's try to find the book which is the last uh, description of Tintin as a reporter. Yeah. Uh, the answer to that was uh, never. He's always a reporter.
1: It's never, he's always a reporter. It's, but he's never doing any reporting. I mean, in the early books, you have a sense that he's
0: Tintin's leaving to report on. Yeah.
1: Or he's looking for the story. He's like on the story. He's right. Why is there these crab tins and, and what's his connection? And to none this? of
0: these reporters treat Tintin as a reporter. No. No one's like, oh, we saw you at the union meeting. Nice <laughs> to see you at the
1: reporters' clubhouse.
0: That's right. And no one. Yeah, it's weird. No You're,
1: girls allowed.
0: <laughs> Except for Lois Lane, <laughs> yes. So uh, they're asking about the conspiracy, and then uh, Professor Calculus comes down, uh, saying, "Look seriously, look at look at Professor Calculus. Then tell me whether you think he's capable of taking part in this conspiracy." And then uh, Calculus, of course, not hearing things correctly, goes, Perfectly, my dear sirs, and proud of it. You know, and away my words. It's a shame, I tell you, a scandal. Imprisoning a poor, weak woman like that. Uh, we must take her case at once to the International Court of Justice. Mmm! So, uh, you know, uh, the captain's you know, denying the allegations. Uh, and uh, saying Alcazar is one of his your friends, right? I've met him two or three times, that's all. Look, I've got the books here, and he brings out all the Tintin books, and they read, no, they don't do that. <laughs> that's where, though yeah. that's not out of line in a Tintin story to do. They do not do that. No,
1: you're right. Uh, so then the journalists get all the information they need. So what do you do when you have a lot of people from the media in your house? You serve them booze. So uh, <laughs> Nestor brings out...
0: Let's also, by the way, Let's talk again about this weird clock. Now it's morning, clearly, right? Yeah, yeah. because everyone—he still... was brushing his teeth yeah. ten minutes ago, yeah. and now Nestor. Now he's dressed
1: in his beautiful army dressing gown.
0: Right, all the reporters are there. Yeah. it cannot be nine o'clock yet. Yeah, and 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 so whiskey for all. Hmm. Okay, very different time.
1: Yeah, like it's little anchors. Did, did you notice that on his dressing gown? They're little anchors that make, oh, make I like a little. It. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think it's an army because they always do like little uh, decorations like that on there. Do you
0: know who also has that on his jacket? Mm. The uh, mayor in Jaws.
1: Really, wears an anchor.
0: He wears a, a very fancy uh, jacket that's got lots of little uh, anchors on his uh, blue uh, blue jacket. It's oh. a very fancy oh. jacket, and the comedian Paul F. Tompkins is such a fan of that yeah. jacket, he had one made. Oh, so there we go. Uh, but yeah, the captain toasts them all, of course. Uh, to There's the some little
1: Jaws trivia for everyone out there? There you are. For Jovially Jaws, our next
0: podcast. <laughs> uh, so he, uh, I was trying to think of a Spielberg one that was like totally Spielberg, completely Spielberg, but I couldn't. Uh... Spellbound by Spielberg. No, not very good. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's Especially okay. Spielberg. Don't worry about it, Dave. It's nine in the morning. Let's all get drunk. <laughs> so the captain toasts them all saying, uh, let's uh, drink to the release yeah. uh, of the uh, Milanese Nightingale. Uh, and then drinks it, and then you oh, can't take it. Yet everyone else is really enjoying this yeah. whiskey at nine in the morning. <laughs>
1: One guy's licking his chops. He's I know, they're all, so um,
0: yum, yum, new reporters, we do enjoy our <laughs> licking, yum, <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Don't drink it, it tastes like poison, he says. Of course, a poison that kills slowly. It's a known fact, ha ha. And there's no problem, as it her- happens, we're not in a hurry. Ha ha, says another well, they're, reporter.
1: They're journalists.
0: Yeah, ha, huh? well, back to our 9 a.m. drink. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, we see that Nestor is actually uh, swigging a glass himself behind a door. Nestor. Yep, and uh, the captain uh, opens the door, hitting Nestor in the back. Uh, Nestor tries to cover uh, for the drinking, uh, saying, uh, "No, I was just uh, making sure it was really Loch Lamond."
1: I was thinking about Loch Lamond when I was reading this part, which is, and also Christopher Willoughby Droop and Marco Rosato, the two reporters that show up. Because it's interesting, the first time we see them, the first time we see Loch Lamond mentioned is in the Black Island, the redone one. When they had to take Johnny Walker, out, they replaced it with their own made-up brand. Mm. And so, what's interesting is that book, even though it was done in '67. Moves backwards in time into the beginning of the series and fills the place of the original Black Island. So the Loch Lomond idea goes all the way back into the beginning of the series. We never see Loch Lomond again until we come up into this modern time period of the stories hmm. where Loch Lomond became this thing after the Black Island. So the Castafiore Emerald has Loch Lomond. I assume if they drink whiskey in 714, they'll have Loch Lomond. This book has Loch Lomond. It's in no other books. In Red Sea Sharks, it's an actual, I think it's Hague whiskey. That's an actual real whiskey that's used. Uh, in the older stories, it's, you know, it's old something rather, or other, it's, or it's, you know, it's just totally different. It's not Loch Lamont ever. But because, and same with Willoughby, Droop, and Rosato, who appear in Black Island as well because they uh, were used in, in, oh, maybe it came after Castafiore then. Hmm, interesting. But anyway, so after Castafiore, yeah, before 714, it was done in between those two. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it gets, it, but because of uh, Black Island, it moves way back in, into the chronology. And so in our minds, Lac is this sort of always been there whiskey that they've, that they've been drinking. The reality is it only happened in, the, in the sixties that that came in as an mm. idea. But because of the weird chronology, cause it, you know, it gives you this weird em- universe building that, yeah. that you assume this, this, uh, this length of time that they've always drank Loch Lamont—that is the captain's whiskey. <laughs> well, what about when he was drinking Hague whiskey or Johnny Walker or whatever he is drinking in the in the old ones? You know, it's it's interesting.
0: Well, it's not his favorite whiskey. Uh, you know, those aren't his favorites. Loch Lamont is his favorite whiskey. His
1: most favorite. We've never seen him drink it before. But
0: his f- let me tell you why it's his favorite whiskey, and this is my theory. Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, there's a commercial for it. And it's got the only attractive woman to ever have appeared no, in any issue that's of not Tintin. True. That's not true. Name one. Who's the most? Uh, the
1: pretty wife of uh, Mark, whatever his name was, who gets, uh, he's, you know, he's uh, caught by the crystal ball. She's Remember, she's sitting in the audience uh, having her fortune read by the, by the okay. swarming on stage.
0: Okay. She's pretty good looking. All right. She's pretty good looking. Fair enough. But my problem
1: with this lady is she's not.
0: Wait, you got to mention what the lady is. We haven't set up what's going on yet.
1: All right. Well, you don't want to go ahead of yourself.
0: No, no. I, uh, I, I, think I was going to go go back, but okay.
1: Because uh, my problem with two of these things is uh, neither of those characters look like they're drawn by Hergé.
0: Oh, what we in have. no way, shape, or form. Yeah. So
1: what we have? I well, we guess we should explain. So the journalists are leaving, and everyone goes.
0: Yeah, they've had a big, full glass of whiskey. They're off to get in their They're cars, right, and, drive cars and drive off. Why home? not? Yeah, yeah. Nine in not the just
1: one, I'm sure. Oh, A few of glasses of yeah, whiskey just have been co- Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, they smoked.
2: Yeah. They
1: smoked. <sighs> that helps you. Uh, that helps you metabolize the whiskey. A
2: yeah.
1: little cigarettes, and then uh, so that evening. So let's cut ahead. It's not. This the afternoon. It's the evening. So we're missing a big part of the day here. Haddock has had enough. He's probably dried, tried drinking whiskey three or four, or actually seven or eight more times, and spit it up every time. So he's had enough. Enough is enough, he says.
0: Right. And then the I tin- hear tin- Tintin says something completely out of character to me, which is Tintin's going, now the captain can't drink whiskey. Yeah. So Tintin's going, what about having one more try? Yeah. Why? The, yeah. Why, Tintin? Why would you be doing that? Yeah. That's it, that's not you. It doesn't
1: make any sense at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, so s- it's like, no, enough is enough. Don't let me hear any more about whiskey. Turns on the TV. Are you depressed? Does the day seem long? We have the answer, big sad sack, on the screen. Lock Lamond, and he's furious that there's this commercial for whiskey, uh, saying it'll uh, this 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 whiskey will make you not depressed because that's what a depressant does. Yeah, uh, will make the day seem shorter. Well, that's true if you start drinking at nine in the morning like those reporters. Yeah,
1: if you black out. And remember, the, the answer
0: seems- is whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> so, could you advertise whiskey on TV back yeah. then? Okay, yeah. Okay, fair enough. But it's just weird because neither... you can now too. There's no uh there is whiskey ads on TV. What am I thinking? It's I see enough. Jack Daniels ads all the time. Yeah. Sure. But they don't go, hey, you bummed out? Have some sauce.
1: <laughs> now they usually present it like it's some sort of tradition. Like it's a huge tradition. That, yeah, everyone's you know, been
0: doing it for a yeah, long time. What are you? Been, what do you don't like uh, don't like America?
1: We've been making these things in this broken down old barn forever. Look at this place. It's like a broken down old shack that we, we make uh, the whiskey in, of course. We it some sh- If they would only move the camera over one inch so you could see this big, giant, huge factory building with oh. big stainless steel And vats the and other
0: thing is everyone's drinking in a bar, in a bar you've never seen before, because yeah. no one is sad. Yeah. Everyone's having a great time, and of you're course. like, How's the, how long does this bar stay like this? <laughs> g- g- let me see this bar in three hours. Three <laughs> hours' time, the way they're pounding these back. You know, there's going to be fights and broken pool cues. Anyway, but the so weird the, thing se- is that the sexy neither, lady that I'm talking about yeah. is the one in Scottish garb who's holding up a, a glass of Loch Lomond. But neither
1: of them look like tinting characters.
0: True. Just, Are you talking the guy who's a sad sack? The guy who's a
1: sad sack does not look like a tinting character.
0: She does not look like a. Well, the next character character that comes on the TV doesn't either. So what? Yes, he does. Do you think so? Tiny eyes, enormous mouth—a mouth that can like uh, eat his whole head. (laughs) That that guy. All right.
1: You know, it's it's a bit sort of a character, I guess, as when yelling. So well,
0: let me throw it over to you, and you tell me about this. Home. Well,
1: another exposition dump. So we.
0: Yep. Because we're watching TV again.
1: <laughs> so, the whiskey. I mean, I guess they turn on the TV at night to watch the news. So the whiskey ad is replaced by uh, a ad. Well, the interesting thing is, is that uh, Haddock says they're doing this on purpose. It's a plot. And then Tintin says, "Oh, on the subject of plots, listen to this." So then we find out that it's. uh General Tapioca, talking on television. And this is the first time that we've seen him. We've never seen General Tapioca before. Even He doesn't appear in The Broken Ear. He's just mentioned in the okay. story. Uh, and so we find out that uh, they bring you the latest of what's known as the Castafiore conspiracy with international reactions, and particularly those of San Theodoros. So naturally, they, uh, the response is particularly violent. They say, as viewers worldwide were shown in this television interview with Th- San Theodorian president, General Tapioca. So it's a a lot of someone yelling yeah. in a very yeah, hilarious the, manner. The San
0: Theodorian president and editorial cartoon, General Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> <Papierone. laughs>
1: That's right. Yes. And he's screaming away on the screen. But what's really good about, I really like the sequence where <laughs> he's talking about puppet masters and this vile conspiracy, Trumbull, crooked Captain Haddock, Trumbull, treacherous Tintin and crafty Cuthbert Calculus. A lot of good uh, alliteration there. And then, and then there's a great screaming match between cap, uh, between the captain and the TV screen and you, I do you get that sense that the flatness of the screen yeah. with the image of the general on it is really quite well drawn.
0: There's something that I like here that I always used to uh, wonder about. And when also he's
1: a guano-gatherer.
0: Yes, I like it. that, you guano-gatherer. Gather, uh, you see all the microphones that are in front of his uh, face while he's being, uh, not interviewed, but giving his big speech. Yeah. And every one of the microphones looks completely different. It's like there's a wide range of microphones and yeah. no news organization is going to buy the same one as another news organization. Yeah. No duplicates beautifully designed lots of great stuff yeah that's nice whatever i but nice I, always, I always look for that when i watch uh, tv shows or i used to when i was a kid and it, it, it'll always be tons of microphones yeah all the news folks never the same type of microphone twice yeah you think like there must be a standard one that you all use right nope radically different some use the old timey big round ones yeah. some use this some use a cone and uh, that's what we got going on whatever
1: your voice sounds best in yep so then uh storms off so then uh Haddock's going to phone San Theodorus to talk to uh, Tapioca, picks up the phone, dials the number, and begins yelling about tapioca into the phone, and we have Cuts the Butcher saying, I'm sorry, sir, we don't sell tapioca here. He sla- Haddock slams the phone down, thundering typhoons, Cuts again, why do I always get him? Because it's a good joke, that's why yep. you get him every time so then it's decided they should send a telegram which is you know it's more efficient than than phoning somewhere I guess and i don't even enough. know
0: what the cost difference would be back then because i do remember like in the 70s the most expensive thing in the world wasn't oh, yeah. a new car yeah was uh make a long distance call to your grandma who's out of the country yeah you know everyone get on talk to grandma quick say you love her okay we're done okay hang up <laughs> hang up we can't yeah. oh no, we can't afford the house it's tr- payments
1: it's a trunk call yeah it's a trunk call this is so expensive we knew we didn't even know what a trunk call was
0: so he's calling, yeah, he uh, he calls up the uh, telegram uh, company. Uh, Tintin gives him the number. And uh, so the telegram uh, fellow was there saying, uh, by the way, we're doing a lot of reading directly from the book because th- this is exposition, so there's really no choice. We yeah. can't really paraphrase. Uh, I'll repeat that General Tapioca, Tapiocaopolis, San Theodorus. Message reads Profoundly shocked by false accusations made against us. Stop. We register formal and absolute denial, stop, no regards, signed Haddock, Tintin and Calculus. Good, thank you very much, says Haddock. A Greetings, telegram, sir. Are you mad?
1: <laughs> That's a good joke. Yeah. What's interesting in the French version of this story... Uh, it's all done in French. It is all done in French, except for the word stop, which is still used as stop to show the break in the telegram. They use the English word stop.
0: Do you know why I think that would be?
1: Because it was invented in...
0: America? I would say because it's less letters and so it's less money.
1: I guess so. To put a ret every time. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you got to put the little uh, goo up there. You don't need to do that yeah. business. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, next morning, the Daily Reporter is covering the story with Haddock saying, I deny. Captain furiously denies participation in any plot. Tapioca, I accuse. General claims irrefutable uh, proof of collusion between Marlinspike conspirators and International B- uh, Banana Company. Slow news day, says the <laughs> of
1: the world. <laughs> Daily Reporter. Well, I guess it's sort of interesting. There's a f- world-famous opera singer who's locked up in the can. Yeah, former fiancé. Former of- fiancé of this person who's being accused of being involved in this big... Uh, and there's a lot of hubbub around S- South America at, at this time. I feel like we hear less about South America nowadays. Right. Don't you feel that way? Oh, yeah, yeah, Like definitely. when we were younger, it was always all South America all the time.
0: Well, when the Olympics come, we'll probably hear yeah, more. Yeah, we'll hear a lot of yeah. It. Uh, and, and of course, these are the people that went on the moon. so they are celebrities. <laughs>
2: it's true enough.
1: True enough.
0: So uh, he's on the phone now, the captain.
1: Unlike, uh, unlike Neil Armstrong, who knew how to act after he landed on the moon. These guys this allow them all kinds of bad behavior gets them all over the.
0: Sure. Newspaper. So uh, he's calling the uh, telegram place again. Uh, saying our oh, uh, general uh, tapioca tapioopolis. Oh, okay, you knew that. Good. Message reads or er, uh, downright lies. Stop. We'll make you swallow false a- allegations. Yes, in the plural. One day, stop. Uh, you will end up hanging from your yard from yard arm. Yes. Y as in yashmak. Stop.
1: Yeah, I like the use of the the strangest word in the world, which is, is uh, uh, I looked it up because I wanted to know what it meant. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually just looking to see what, uh, yeah. Uh, it's different in the, in the, English, the French version, but it, yashmak is a Turkish type of veil, like a Muslim veil. So something like a burqa or something.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, well, let me just tell you what happens two days later. Sure. Uh, the Daily Reporter headline, tapioca offers haddock, round table talk, in tapiocapolis. So, uh, threatens to hang him from the yardarm, and that, uh, you know, now we're gonna have a nice little talk. (laughs) Yeah. This is all working out today. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, the captain's like, oh, yeah, I guess he's not a bad old stick, really. Uh, I have a good mind to accept his invitation. That way we show everyone our good faith. And, uh, Tintin not really buying this, or else we'll find ourselves in prison, like, uh, Bianca Castafiore, thanks very much. Yeah. Tintin Tintin seems to be like it's not our problem.
1: Yeah, the sarcastic Tintin. And why
0: don't you have another drink,
1: (laughs) Captain? Captain, you're not drinking enough.
0: Yeah, it's nine in the morning. What's your problem?
1: I preferred when you're more mellow because you were too drunk.
0: And this does seem to be the morning, uh, because uh, Calculus is uh, in his uh, bathrobe, uh, reading the paper as well in his slippers, and uh, and then uh, he's very startled by what he reads in the paper. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, have you seen? Uh, We've been invited there. We must go, Captain. Yes, and uh, find ourselves in prison, uh, like your precious Bianca. Now, he's on Tintin's side. Yeah. It's just weird. Like, what's... Okay, all right. You know, uh, it's plain as a pike staff, my poor friend. As uh, as for uh, safe conduct, it's just a decoy. Bravo, well spoken. I'll pack my things and we'll go. Oh, he doesn't understand.
1: <laughs> wow, <mwah>, We get the captain all... With frustrated dizzy dizzy lines coming out of his head.
0: And now, if this was a new, if this was a movie, you'd have spinning newspapers. Yeah. And you'd see the headlines come up over and over again. So we're going to go three days in a row here. Yeah. Uh, next morning uh, uh, on the Daily Reporter uh, talks drama. Will Haddock and company respond to tapioca invitation? Next day. Wait a
1: second, Bob Dumore drawing. How do you know? This looks like doesn't look like tintin or er, er, Ah, I mixed it up again. Take a
0: drink everyone. Very good. Uh, next day. Haddock sensation, no, I won't go to Tapiocaopolis.
1: Another Bob Dumour drawing.
0: Again, what are you seeing here in the leg just of just does the not lady? look, yeah, it
1: doesn't, doesn't look like, uh doesn't look like RJ to me.
0: All right. Uh, the day after, uh, Daily Reporter, Haddock backs down, says Tapioca, he fears truth.
1: Another ta- another Bob Dumour
0: Because he drawing. got a dog. Or the a dog reading. does not look like an RJ I drawing. I think it's very impressive that this dog can read. <laughs> I think you're not cutting this dog enough slack. I think he's waiting for people sp- to
1: pass by so he can uh, go to the bathroom.
0: Oh, that's possible. And there, by the way, there's a new edition of the Paris Flash that's out. Yay. Okay. So, uh, oh, boy. I just want to
1: point out that there's a clever shot of the of Merlins Spike in that it's straight on, Yeah. yet it's angled such a way that it's sort of cut off by the, by the fence, giving it a sense of depth. Very cleverly done.
0: Very nice. But we still get the straight on. Yep. We have seen the side of it. We that. have
1: seen the side of it, but I think it's the preferred view for everyone to draw. Straight on. Straight on.
0: All right. So uh, now here's the here's the way you get a captain to do something. One, get him drunk. He'll do it. Yep. But we can't get him drunk because for some reason he can't get drunk. Yeah. Two, call him a coward. That'll do it. Well, he just got called a coward. Yep. He's gonna go. What's
1: the third way? There's always three ways to do the things.
0: Th- the third way? Yeah. The third way is you make him act completely out of character. Make him say <laughs> one thing one time, and then completely flip it the next time.
1: I understand the with the calculus thing. I understand that one because he's just. You know, it's one thing when you're saying it because you're angry. But when someone else comes and says it to you, then you're like, well, that's obviously crazy. I have to, you know, calm this guy down. He's going nuts. Yeah. He sounds like me.
0: That's fair. So, uh, by the way, speaking of calming down, uh, Tintin's trying to calm down uh, the captain. He's saying, oh, I'm um, cool as a cucumber. You know, he challenged me that uh, Astrogoth. All right, we'll, sh- we'll see, we'll see. And by the way, he is going on such a rant here that both Snowy, and, who looks not drawn like Snowy at all in this story, uh, and the Siamese cat are both hiding uh, underneath the chair. Yeah. That's not a Snowy face to me. Mm, no. That's correct. That's the correct answer to that. Back to the telegrams. <laughs> Are you all enjoying these exciting telephone calls and newspaper headlines, kids? Because we're on page 10, and we have had a lot of media telling you what's going on. But we left the house, right? No. And we're not doing a Castafiore Emerald, a lot of shenanigans and falling down the stairs. We're just reading the paper and watching time go by. Okay. So anyway... Hello, yes. telegrams. Yes, yes, naturally for General Tapioca. Message reads, by the way, I could have used another Cuts the Butcher gag here. Uh, <laughs> send uh, self uh, safe conducts, uh, in the plural, safe conducts, uh, stop. Uh, by the way, Dave knows that I'm making the phone gesture with my hand now because yeah. I've got to as an actor. Banana phone. Banana phone. Uh, stop. Arriving uh, to return to post, signed haddock. Good? No, ordinary rate. <laughs> That's a good, good bit. Yes. So here we go. uh You know we're gonna go. Let's go. And uh, Tintin says, "You might be going, Captain, but I'm staying right here." Bump, yeah. bump, bump. Yes.
1: What happened to Tintin?
0: Yeah. Hey, Tintin.
1: Uh, hey, adventurous. Do uh, you remember the front of the story that says "The Adventures of Tintin"? <laughs> What happened to the adventurous yeah. Tintin? It
0: doesn't say the homebody Tintin yeah. and his loyal lapdog, uh, <laughs> Stay Put.
1: <laughs> yeah, what What did you say? I said, I'm not going, Captain. You're quite free to fall into the trap they're trying to set for, you, for us, but as far as I'm concerned, it's nyet. Now That's weird. Why would you say niet? I'm... I gotta look at yeah. He says it in the French version too. He says niet. yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I also don't like the back of Tintin's head. There, I just it just it, the close-ups are weird in I don't, Tintin. I don't
1: mind the back. I don't. I think he draws a great back of heads, so I'm okay, with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm okay well, with that. All right.
2: Well, moving on.
1: But uh, it's more it's more the niet that kind of bothers me. It's just one of those sort of things like you'd say to someone because you know, like you're saying, I don't want to live in your socialist world. To that, I just say niet, comrade. Mm-hmm. You know, what? Why is why is he saying niet? Maybe putting to say no. And say he's pretending he's saying it in Spanish, even though it sounds exactly the same.
0: Yeah, he could. And by the way, we've got a, an eavesdropping Nestor, uh, ah, listening to listening very much to in this.
1: character for Nestor.
0: Yeah, that's okay. Uh, then uh, the captain opens the door, Starling Nestor, and he does some uh, dusting, some frantic dusting.
1: Can I just point out something that I also found was weird? And this is this to do with the uh, the translation. Okay, he goes, All right. Stay here, Mr. Mule. This is Haddock talking to Tintin. Stay tucked up, all safe and warm in your bedroom slippers. Cuthbert and I are going out there to defend our honour, and yours too, against that thundering herd of Zapotecs. Finish, he yells. That's weird, right? In the French version, it's voila, voila. Like, voila. Sorry, voila. So it's like, really, it should be like, so there. Like that's what he should be saying.
0: Well, what I thought he should be saying is because he's been making, uh, and that's the end of it. No, 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 no. Here's the gag: is he's been making these telegram things every day to the point okay. where the telegram guy is like, well, he should go like, you know, uh, against the thundering herd of uh, Zapotex. Stop. That's what he should. He should be now talking in telegram talk. <laughs> that would work. I guess. Yeah,
2: because the telegram that guy is now obscure. like, yeah, of
0: course it's gonna be tapioca. I know every day it's tapioca. So it's um, a bit odd. Two day, three days later, a lot of time has passed. Well, you got to book the plane. I know. I'm just going, Bianca has been in prison for a considerable amount of time. Sure. Um, At least
1: she has a lot of papers to read.
0: That's true. Uh, so the, the, we see a nice shot of the plane, as you say. Uh, it's It flies over uh, the uh, a beautiful, beautiful part. Yeah, beautiful, yeah, beautiful part of beautiful town.
1: part. We see a sculpture by the Belgian sculptor Marcel Arnould there that uh, Hergé threw in just for the heck of it. Nice. Yep.
0: I looked at that and went, I wonder if we're going to see a scene later on where they have to fly a plane through it or something. <laughs> uh, we well, wish. And then we fly over the slums. Yeah. Uh, you know, we see the military police looking very threatening. We see poor children playing in dirt with uh, garbage and cans, and they're playing with a little bit of sticks. It's yeah. very, very sad. Uh, they're and, as
1: bad as gypsies. And now
0: here's the thing about this: it's like okay, so we're seeing, so we're seeing that, right? It's it's a good shot. It's it, you know, you see yeah. the rich part, yeah. then you see the poor part, yeah. and then in the plane, we're coming to land, Professor Thailand. Really, what a surprise! <laughs> okay, look. Um, it just undercuts it to me having that kind of that kind of gag in the gag? air while below you're doing this kind of Airshade
1: had no problem with that he's all about the gag
0: i understand he's about the gag but you're doing you're doing two gags here one gag is a is is, is a political satire gag of showing you know where they're very proud of their of their land right you know it's gorgeous this you know and uh, and but then it's really this so that's the joke set up pay off it's a dark joke but like you know this is what it is but this is what it really is yeah so you also have like a you know that you know thailand okay fine so he's landing that's just me again you know i don't uh, much cotton to the deaf jokes so uh that's my calculus time <laughs> i was so happy when he got his hearing aid yes and his tiny little horn Sorry. which he has decided not to bring at all on this trip so uh, so the captain's saying uh, to him in the plane, uh, do you see we're arriving in uh, Tapiocopolis just in time for famous uh, carnival week in Greek? Okay, now this bothers me because he's showing him the thing. Yes,
1: I know. And I know, what's weird is that he's thinking it too. He's not saying it aloud.
0: Yeah. How are you mishearing what you're looking at?
1: yeah uh, there's so no there's no need for any of this he's
0: pointing as well he's pointing to there's a troop from back home the jolly follies yeah iced lollies now <laughs> no look at what i'm pointing at yeah the yeah. plane lands
1: all i'm thinking while i'm reading those two pages is think how much newspapers we're missing out <laughs> there so we have the plane landing we've is got there anything
0: on tv could you please turn on the radio stop with all this action
1: it's nice to see when the airport the guy in the airport using the good old uh, ping pong paddles to direct the planes—you don't see that anymore. Right, and it's also nice. And he's wearing like, a motorcycle crash helmet, which is also kind of weird.
0: Yeah, if any uh, ping pong balls get loose, that guy is going to be like doubling down on the job. <laughs> so, uh,
1: so he does. It's a union. He can't. He can't take care of ping pong balls.
0: Fair enough. Uh, so uh, the captain's going down the stairs saying, oh, there's the reception committee, a fancy dressed uh, soldier, uh, who gives him a salute saying, Commodore Haddock, uh, just, just captain, oh, ah, such modesty, uh, man of your gallantry would be an admiral, uh, you know, uh, allow me to present myself, Colonel uh, Alvarez, uh, aide-de-camp of his excellency, uh, General Tapioca, delighted, and also says hi to Calculus, who will not shake his hand. Yeah. Because uh, Bianca Castafiori is being held prisoner, and shame on the country for that. Uh, this embarrasses uh, But it's the
1: weird because he says, oh, can I shake the hand Please. which grinds underfoot, the imprescriptible rights of the human individual, which seems uh, imprescriptible. I guess it's a real word, but it seems an odd place to use that word. There's another word that we often use for it, and I can't think of what it is now. Okay. Because I'm dumb.
0: I would know that word if we hadn't just said uh, imprescriptible. imprescriptible. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, we hold these rights to be self-evident. Truths about self-evidence, sort of. Yeah, lines. something like
1: that.
0: Hey, get out your thesaurus, folks. Everybody.
1: Uh, in, the in captain's... Uh,
0: oh, a little joke, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, the professor is still suffering from the flu as a result of the infection. Do you follow me? Now, here's what I don't get with that: is th- he's right? Th- th- she's she's being held prisoner, political prisoner, for no reason. Uh, the captain knows this. This is you know why is the captain you know uh uh, kissing behind here you know he's the captain you know this doesn't seem like the captain why is he nervous why this isn't a social faux pas we're here to talk about the fact that you've got a friend of theirs prisoner and you've got to free them so yeah not shaking the hand is not what a crazy thing this guy's saying i don't quite get that you know it's like if the captain was like mr manners and you know that was his thing but he's not anyway so, uh.
1: Okay, here's something that. Here's the thing that misses the fun of the story. So, the next part of the, po- the story is we have uh, Alvarez go up to this hippie character wearing a, wearing a headband. He says, Welcome to San Theodorus, my young friend, thinking this is Tintin. Oh, you're mistaken, Colonel. It's like, man, we're the Dripping Tap. Like, we're here for the carnival, man. But, but where's Tintin? Dripping Tap. I like, like that name, by the way. In the French version, they're the jolly old fellows, which is also good. Uh, and then, of course, Tintin, or Hergé. Hergé. Tintin Hergé, everybody. Everyone take a drink. Take a drink. By the way, if you don't you know how this works,
0: <laughs> if uh, Dave mistakes uh, Hergé for Tintin or yeah. the opposite, uh, you can take a, a drink of either whiskey or mineral water.
1: Yeah, I advise by this point in the show, mineral water should have replaced the whiskey. Okay. Otherwise, you will be laying on the ground. Uh, so Haddock makes an excuse for, for, for uh, Tintin not being there. But here's the thing. Wouldn't it be great if that was Tintin? Mm. that actually was him disguised, that he came anyway and they don't know it. And that's how he sneaks into the country. Yeah. And he's able to like do something clever and not just show up at the apartment and be trapped there with everybody else.
0: Yeah. That'd be good. Hey, there's Nestor uh, next to him, though, uh, with the earrings and the the goatee. (laughs) That'd be good. Yeah. By the way, I like the guy's earrings, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, next to him. Big
1: time hoop earrings. Yeah,
0: big, huge hoop earrings. You know, it's actually a pretty good look. You know, I would like, just from this look, I would like to hear this band. Yeah. Just to see what's going on. But you're right. That's exactly how it should have been. It should have been Tintin uh, in disguise the whole time. Yeah. That would make 100% sense.
1: Yeah. And it's that he was he's able already
0: to... growing his sideburns out. Now yeah. justifies it for this disguise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks more like a wig. But, but again, uh...
0: like the captain going, "No, he's um uh, sick with uh or the flu. That's it." While sweats pouring off his head. Who cares? It's just the two of you showed up. Yeah. What's the problem? Yeah. You know, we're going to discuss this situation. Why are you socially nervous about this? I haven't seen anything in your character or in the story that justifies this uncomfortable reaction to this situation. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so uh anyway they get in the car uh the car uh the sirens go
2: we
1: get to see the mustache motif show itself here on the grill of the car and on the fronts Uh, of the motorcycles that's true the bordurian mustache motif so if you're not looking for it if you don't know the bordurian connection yet this is the first hint if you look underneath the uh, grill on the uh, license plate there is three mustaches the car itself has a mustache where you'd see like a Mercedes emblem on the car. Right. It's a lot of mustaches. That's what I'm saying to you.
0: Yep. The motorcycles have mustaches mm-hmm. above the wheel. Okay. Uh, and uh, the uh, professor is wondering like how Castafiori is doing. You know, uh, her spirit must be totally crushed. No, no, no. The, I assure you the morale of that charming lady is extremely high. To Shanghai. She's gone to Shanghai. You dare to make fun of me? Uh, no, Professor, I tell you, she's delighted with her stay in San Theodorus.
1: That's the only time I like when the Professor can't hear things, is when it torments some other person. Yes. That's fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, and uh, we see her in prison. Uh, she has dumped a, a plate of pasta onto a guard's head, yeah. saying, next time, don't overcook my pasta. Mm. Uh, and he storms off. Again, doesn't that seems a little out of character for her, too, to me. You
1: know? I I should, yeah. I've, her character is kind of a come see, come saw. Like, she changes every time you see her. Like, the first, I think we kind of admire her in the calculus affair, where she's really on spot on. She's able to see that. Tintin and Haddock are in trouble, yeah. she covers for them really ably. She's a great character in that. Yeah, does a really good job. Then she's a totally different character in Castle Fjord Emerald, where she's this very flighty diva who's constantly losing her jewels and is demanding and, you know, very much a tyrant over her staff and stuff like that, and uh, a real prima donna, and, you you know, and that's fine. That's a fine character, too. I mean, it's a different character, though. Yeah. You know, in this story, we get... I don't actually mind her character in this story. I think her behavior in the court is is really great so I don't mind. In the
0: court, it's okay. I, I th- What it felt like in that original story, um, not in the little cameos that she made throughout, mm-hmm. uh, it felt like the, you know, it felt like our grandmothers, you know, who, you know, our grandmothers are grandmotherly, and they'll do yeah. this, and they'll cook this, and they'll do this for you, and they're mm-hmm. very grandmotherly. Mm-hmm. But they've been through some stuff. And they've all got a story. <laughs> yeah. And if it comes down to it, you'll hear that story, and that story will make you go, oh, you know some stuff that happened, yeah. and you had to do some things. And so, if something like that happens again, if that kind of, you know, fascism raises its head or whatever, you know, they've got a very different reaction to it than you, a young person, would. Yeah. And that's what it felt like with her when this guy was coming in. I'm all like, I get to
2: wear
1: a uniform?
0: <laughs> and, uh, that's right. That's why you were with Paul Revere and the Raiders right. for, uh, for ten years. Um, <laughs> Love but, the uniform. But when, yeah, when the general or whoever that is comes in and she's got a cover for them, you're Ian, like... Yeah. Ian,
1: Ian. What? Kicks just keep getting harder to find. Okay, go on, sir.
0: Okay. So uh, when when she covers for him, you're like she might have a past where she's had to do this before, sure. or she's seen something like this happen before. Yeah, and it gave her it gave her character gravitas, and it was yeah. nice. Yeah, and then you know I can see that when she's not got that kind of threat. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could see her being oh this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, dumping dumping a plate of pasta on someone's head, I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, don't I
0: mind. could see it. I don't mind. It. I could see it because you know she's a prisoner and she's mad yeah. at that. Yeah. I can see I, I'm, that.
1: To be honest, I really, I'm really i not going to spend my time worrying about the guy who's keeping her her captive. I get it. I'm just not going to worry about I'm that guy. I'm just worried
0: about her character because this is the last time I'm going to see her. <laughs> or maybe I see her in the next story. I don't know. Uh, Does so,
1: this story have a feeling of a send-off in a way? There's a lot of characters that kind of show up in this book.
0: But I think that's just, uh, by this point, you know, Hergé knows, I've got all these characters. I might as yeah, well use them yeah. because they're all great. So let's throw them all in. Sure. There's always going to be a place for like Thompson and Thompson. I mean, mm-hmm. especially in this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, we'll throw them in. No, that's true.
1: And there's a a depth that you can't get from just a regular character when you do that. Or just like an an unknown character. If you just have them show up. And they can do the same thing perfectly well. But it's better if it's Christopher Willoughby, Droop, and Marco Rosato showing up. Because their characters have a connection into the past. And then you you associate them with, with yeah.
0: I I mean, we went through a wide variety of wacky professors Mm -hmm. before we got to calculus. Yeah. But you know, then you stick with calculus and you keep going. Uh, he was the best. He was the best. So they uh, they passing by what they think. Oh, is this our hotel? Oh no 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 no. Uh, we've uh, we're going to keep driving. And uh, <laughs> they're in the
1: country where it's country. nice and quiet.
0: We see a poster where you're
1: much safer. I like. Because we have to we have to uh, underline that, stress that when we, because it's much safer in the country than in the city.
0: Yeah, in the city you wouldn't get a wink of sleep. No. Uh, we passed by a big poster for Carnaval. Which the... takes place
1: on the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of February.
0: Very nice. That's why
1: you can't have a scene in the countryside full of uh, brand new gr- fields of grain and flowers blooming and butterflies flying. Right.
0: And... Unless uh, the professor has invented a machine that makes things able to grow all year round.
1: Oh, well, that's true.
0: All right. Uh, I guess so I could have
1: gone into a long explanation of that.
0: Half hour later, we show up uh, at you know, it looks like a, a, a you know a building, uh, but yes. it's got uh, it's let's, got military. Let's face it. it, looks like a
1: Taco Bell. It's a bit
0: like a Taco Bell. They make a run for the border. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's got a security gate they have to go through. A well-guarded the for captain knows. For border read bathroom. Uh, they go. Uh, it shows them the the room. There's a piece of modern art on the wall. Is it a real modern art? It is
1: a real modern art, right out of RG's actual collection. Uh, by uh, Serge Polyakov. All right. So yes, another Belgian Belgian artist that actually he was a big fan of. So one of his one of his favorite artists.
0: Nice. Uh, I don't know.
1: I don't see <laughs> see anything that interesting. But apparently he could sit and look at these paintings for hours.
0: Hey man, it's the colors he doesn't use. That's true. Like puce. Um, I think there is puce in there actually. Is there? Mm-hmm. Wow, there. You, that, that goes for color he uses. That's right. Uh, I guess we've just proved I'm colorblind. <laughs> In one of our later episodes, we <laughs> find out, I can't fly a military plane now. Uh, so, uh, I so
1: wondered why he objected to the captain's pink shirt.
0: So the aide-de-camp says, uh, servant will be at your disposal throughout to your stay with us. Oh, too kind, colonel. And here he is now. Uh, he's very devoted to you. And uh, and uh, he's very devoted to you already. Isn't that so, uh, Manolo? <laughs> and we see Manolo. Hmm. Yeah. Big mustache. Uh, a,
1: good. Uh, good. He's a great looking character.
0: Yeah, he looks like he's something that Charles Adams might have drawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He looks like he could be one of the Adams family's relatives. Sure, a Spanish uh, relative. Now, by the way, the professor is Central having is, uh, scowling through this whole time. He's not. He's not enjoying this. Yeah, at all. I know it's great. Well, he's, you know, uh, his love of his life is, is still a prisoner. So yeah. So of course he would. not
1: yeah.
0: You know, uh, but he says the uh, comp says now I'll leave you tomorrow morning at ten. I'll come to fetch you and take you on a tour of the city and the surrounding countryside. Well notches and off he goes adios Manolo and remember your orders <laughs> uh, so uh, the captain turns to uh, Cuthbert uh, saying uh, what a welcome uh, my old shipmate! come on cheer up everything's going to be sorted out your beloved Bianca will be free tomorrow and we'll have a good laugh a bath that's a good idea I think I'll do the same and off he goes to have a bath well the
1: captain scowls at him
0: yeah oh just listen to what I'm saying <laughs> So the captain says, <laughs> "Hearing aid. He's charmed, he's fine, everything's oh, seems okay." But we learn then, uh-oh, oh, the there. captain's being watched on a television. But yeah. by who? The one colonel. of those one of those
1: great back of the head drawings by by Hergé.
0: Yeah, I guess here's here's what I think bothers me with this back of the head thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the way they draw the ear. Oh, I love that. That's nice.
1: That's a it's a great ear and it's only like one, two, three three lines. Right,
0: here's the problem with the ear. Maybe four uh, lines here's the problem with the ear okay is you've got the you've got the you know the uh the 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 round circle part of the ear, Yep. and then they've got to draw the connecting part of the ear, the ear connected to the head mm-hmm. and my problem with that is that you draw they draw a hard line cor- connecting it to the head, like say if, yeah. which makes it look like the ear is separate from the head like it's just attached right, mm-hmm. but that's not the way that's not the way the rest of you know the face when you see things from the front we don't have those those hard cutoffs you know there's it it, it just doesn't look like that's not how the ear attaches the, the ear attaches smoothly to the back of the head it's not like that and so the, that's a bit jarring to doesn't me doesn't bother me I understand it doesn't bother you. I like you. it. That's why I'm talking about what bothers me. I uh, <laughs> I, you like know, I, know, I know it's a cartoon Unlike tro- you
1: who hates Hergé, I love it.
0: <laughs> Is that Yes. I, <laughs> that's why I did this podcast for how many episodes now? How many deep are we?
1: 23.
0: 23. That's right, because of my hatred of Hergé. <laughs> I'm
1: going to cut that out.
0: Yeah, I'm basically... I'm doing the same podcast. I'm taking all the uh, recordings. Yeah. I'm calling it I Hate Hergé, <laughs> re-editing it, and I'm putting it out myself.
1: Hurting Hergé.
0: Anyway, so the colonel... Uh, is watching uh, the captain on his TV, and the captain has discovered a whiskey cabinet.
1: Yeah, and it's Loch Lomond, of course. Yeah, I like his sniff. His, nose, his nostrils are as wide as mine. And uh, he uh, pours it into a glass, takes a sip, and then fooag, he says.
0: Mm. Colonel says, ah uh, oh, it doesn't seem to please him. They assured us it was his favorite whiskey. Uh, Only
1: for a few books, though. Really? They could have got Hague, and he would have been happy with that, too. Yeah, that's
0: what the aide-de-camp says. Only for a few books. <laughs> and uh, then we see that the aide-de-camp is actually Dave. Uh, so, so the captain, being very intelligent, goes, you know what? Maybe it's just uh, the whiskey. Yeah. I'm going to try some gin. Sure. Drinks a glass of gin. <laughs> Same thing. Can't, th- can't take it.
1: p And
0: so uh, the colonel decides to look at channel number two. I like it.
1: He doesn't like that either. Just his bad luck. He says, I like that, that he's not very sympathetic to the mm-hmm. problem.
0: So, uh, she he checks out channel two and we see, uh, Cuthbert in the bath. Now, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a little sexy, uh, Cuthbert in the, and the bath action.
1: You are disappointed.
0: Because you aren't disappointed. You are
1: disappointed. Not only is he wearing his hat, he's wearing a bathrobe in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. That's how absent-minded he is. That he doesn't realize that he's sitting in the bath dressed.
0: Well, explain to me, Dave, where <laughs> else would you wear a bathrobe but in a bath? That's true. It's in the name.
1: <laughs> it's a bathrobe. That's true. Uh, good now channel number three says the says this uh, mysterious man who we don't know who he is colonel i must you must what colonel they're both colonels makes it confusing colonel alvarez says to this colonel i must tell you number three has not arrived colonel not arrived this is wait a second you say to yourself if you're a reader of this for for the first time mm-hmm. that sounds familiar wait if you're Zvlug. a reader
0: of this for the first time yeah okay but not book. a reader of tintin for yeah the first no time. not if you're a reader for the first time. okay very good
1: he why, why, why not where is he, where, is he, where is he then? He says, he never left Europe, Colonel. Number one told me he had influenza, and that you tell me that now by the whiskers of curvy tash. <gasps> something's up here. Influenza. He was, he was suspicious, but it's absolutely necessary for him to come. And if I know him, he'll be coming anyway.
0: Right. And by the way, I now have a, a cigarette that I didn't have in my hands earlier. <laughs>
1: uh, I
0: had my hands on my hips earlier. Don't know where I was keeping that cigarette. But now I've got my cigarette in a long cigarette holder as I'm storming and walking.
1: And then he says, good, I'll think about it, which is weird. And the reason he says, good, I'll think about it, is because there's actually a page page missing from this section of the book. The book came out at 63 pages, and so a page had to disappear. And so what happened was, is that there was a page where Spawns takes a drink and empties the glass in one gulp. And he says, this time I will crush them. I will crush them like I crushed this glass. And then he throws the glass down on the ground, and then it bounces off the ground (laughs) and smashes into this bust of curvy tash and breaks off part of the mustache oh and then colonel alvarez laughs uproariously and slaps his knee at the sight of this he goes you know ha 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 and then spawn says do you think that that was funny colonel colonel says me uh no not at all colonel not at all (laughs) sorry it's my nerves well you may leave and send you know who in very well colonel spawn says by curvy tash's beard he might tell everybody that i broke the bust on purpose colonel er, regarding your promotion yes colonel don't think i have forgotten it thank you colonel you better make sure that clumsy cleaning lady that broke Curvy Tasha's beard gets fired. Should be mustache, but anyway. Colonel, very well, Colonel. Spawn says, very good. Send in our man.
0: How is the Colonel uh, getting the Colonel an upgrade in his uh, rank? How does a Colonel yeah. promote a Colonel yeah, more than a Colonel? Exactly, but anyway. Unless it's like, hey, I'll I'll up-Colonel you if you up-Colonel me. <laughs> what's What's curious? I is don't even know what's one above a Colonel. Colonel. General?
1: Sanders. Next.
0: I'm now thinking Nash. I'm going to go Colonel <laughs> okay. Potter. Who does he answer to? Admiral. General. It was always general. Yeah, it was always
1: general. Something in is it Colonel General? That's a real big jump. Feel but like like it feels. It seems like
0: Admiral is above General. Yeah, yeah, but maybe, Commodore is above Admiral, uh, right?
1: Uh, no, it's not. All right, I don't believe so. Who yeah.
0: outranks uh, Captain Crunch? <laughs>
1: um, Brigadier Crunch. Yes. Okay. Brigadier Crunch. <laughs> uh, well, because but there's there's also levels of general as well. You have Major General. Yeah. Lieutenant General. I don't know if that's a real thing. I know we have one in Canada, but that's just a, a political figurehead, anyway. That's what
0: we care about our anyway. military in Canada—that we have no we idea. We have no
1: idea. That's right.
0: Everyone's right, honorable, and that's all I know.
1: We're gonna—that'll be on our new podcast, Rankin. Full stop.
0: Uh,
1: so it's kind of weird because you know it's like what's weird to me is that okay they had to cut this page out, <laughs> but they didn't change the speech balloon to make sense of the preceding page, right? Yeah, it's weird. And then that page was never even published. It wasn't in the magazine. It was discovered before it was ran in the magazine, so they just left it out entirely from there. But they did not correct this balloon to make it have any sense. Like, So if he says, if I know him, he'll be coming anyway, and then your next thought is, good, I'll think about it, it makes no sense. Am I, have I not correct? Am I not right?
0: No, you're right. And also he's, his cigarette, cigarette is gone again. Yeah, that's kind of odd. Yeah. All right. So, so we'll anyway. cut to Haddock. We will cut to Haddock. You cut to Haddock. Who's uh, trying to open up his uh, his door. He wants to get a nice uh, breath of fresh air. Won't do it. Falls backwards over a uh, bench, uh, sending fruit flying uh, through the air. Uh, billions of blistering blue blistering barnacles. Uh, why does everything... Uh, bi- sorry, billions of bilious... Bilious. Billions of bilious blue blistering barnacles... Why does everything happen to me?
1: Says Ian reading that line. Um,
0: no, dear.
1: Oh, dear. That uh, bench that he falls over is an actual bench that Hergé had, uh, co- part of his collection of, of art, basically. He had two of them. One sat in the offices of Studio Hergé, and the other one was at his house. And it was a Bertoa bench that was designed by this guy named Harry Bertoa. And, yeah, so it's. I guess he just loved putting actual art into his...
0: Let me tell you something he can do now. Write both of those off on his taxes. That's true.
1: <laughs> I guess so. Like all the all the designs of the of like the apartments and stuff were all from this magazine. I think it was called like Maison Française. Mm-hmm. And he would just look through there and he would find appealing modern, uh, you, know, inter, you know, interior decorating. And he would just trans just put those drawings into the into the book, which gives it a nice look, but it doesn't really help the story along. You know, it's just kind of there.
0: So, uh, so he wants uh, the captain wants the oh by the way, uh, Mon- Mondo Mongo, Mon- not Mongo Manolo Manolo uh, Manolo, got it.
1: You're yeah, thinking of Blazing Suns. I'm
0: thinking Barry Manolo for the rest of this. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Manolo comes in and says, "Que pasa?" Uh Capasa, I tried to open that confounded window, and, uh, you know, uh, all this stuff. Uh, it's like, well, you can't open the window, senor. It's air conditioning. I want to open the window. That's not how air conditioning works. Hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, Manolo uh, walks off saying, uh, they don't open, sorry, and uh, slips on a banana that had fallen on the ground. It's okay. Classic gag. Classic gag. Uh, but we're all, he throws his gun, who he runs in with, out the window, smashing the window, and Captain smugly. Thanks, friend. Really, you try too hard. Yeah. Uh, very angry, de cop comes in uh, with a bump on his head, handing him his gun back, uh, saying, is this yours? Uh, yes, it's mine. Excuse me. A small accident. Uh, I go and sweep up and the captain. Yeah, you do that, old chap. And now he's uh, trying to get his p- uh, pipe going. Uh, doesn't have his tobacco. Tries to leave. Uh-uh-uh. Yeah. No one wants him to leave. Won't let him leave. No one's gonna let him leave. Saying, uh, "We'll get you tobacco uh, tomorrow." No, no. I want to go. No, nope, nope. Back, you go. Too late. Yep. Shoves too late. Him back tonight. in the room. So he's uh, he's upset by this. Throws his hat at the hat stand. Uh, in walks uh, Cuthbert, and a uh, hat lands on his face. To which uh, Cuthbert says, "When are you gonna stop these childish pranks?" I don't know when they stop paying off in uh, the story. It's a pretty good. Pretty good prank. So the next morning, rat tat tat
1: on yes. the door. Yes. Or talk, 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 as it says in French.
0: Sure. Uh, and in comes Manolo, uh, waking up uh, the captain, uh, saying, your tobacco, excellency. My tobacco, what cup tobacco? You ordered tobacco last, last night. And he said, I told you I'd go and get my myself. Oh, he's so mad. This doesn't seem to be something to be mad about. It doesn't. I think he, uh. feels,
1: I think he feels like be, that the situation is, I that he's kind of being too, right. Something, something about it is off for him. And so he's, he's reacting to that.
0: That's fine, you. Know, but but he was he's going to go on a, uh, a a tour anyway, like in just a few minutes. So yeah, pick up some uh, tobacco on your uh, tour, right? You're leaving. You're not a prisoner. Yeah. You're leaving. Like I mean, like I can understand you're upset. Last, night. it just seems a bit much. Uh, so uh, but this is a
1: good sequence. So his escort to the uh, tobacco shop. There's a. He's, they're in a fancy car, of course, a Berdurian, some sort of Berdurian limousine, taking them through the city, surrounded by police.
0: Yeah, it's a really nice drawing of all the police. And And then, yeah, the this city. big
1: escort, that, uh, you know, this, uh, surrounding the cars, they, they, you know, put up like a cordon around the shop so that the captain can walk in and out without anyone uh, being able to <laughs> talk to him or, you know, uh, pass him something. I guess they're very suspicious of... People
0: are pu- being pushed out of the way by yep. the police. yep.
1: It's the usual bullying things you find. Yeah, but it's a
0: good scene. Journey, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Then he comes back and he says, uh, Oh, I believe you're back. Would you believe that Tintin? Tintin, he was jolly sensible to Stan Marlinspike. He was absolutely right. We're prisoners, lock, stock, and barrel. But uh, Calculus says, I can see our hosts have a true sense of hospitality. That's what I just said to him. And he entirely agrees with me. Who agrees with you? Uh, And about what? Calculus says, exactly. And what's more? He'll tell you that. Tell him so himself. Huh? Captain drops his pipe. Won't you, my friend, says Calculus. Buenos dias, Captain. Tintin, where in heaven's name have you sprung from? That's just the what way, I was thinking.
0: Yeah, if this was a sitcom, at this point, everyone would clap and, Aye, Tintin, hooray, he did show right up. He's
1: there with his brown trousers. <laughs> mm, trousers with loafers. Not just trousers. His walking shoes are gone and replaced with loafers. Blah. So dumb. So dumb. After 30 years or more, 40 years of, of Tintin.
0: Maybe you should change your pants th- after 40 no. years.
1: <laughs> no, no, you, no. That's you. That's your thing. Mm-hmm. That's your thing. I mean, it's just like, I can't change how I dress now. It's, it's over for me. <laughs> oh,
0: that disagrees once
1: with that. You, Oh, no, it's impossible. Once you're comfortable with, like, once you, you, you hit a dress. You guys can't see
0: Dave is wearing an I Like Ike shirt.
1: This, and yes, think mink is my little button. Um, no, once you reach a certain age mm-hmm. in your dress style, right. that's kind of where you get stuck. Uh-huh. And you can try and break out of it, it's age, possible and that sometimes. That
0: age for Tintin, seventeen.
1: That's right. <laughs> Plus fours, suit jacket, blue sweater, yeah. and a white shirt, a right? Colored shirt. That's oh. how he dresses.
0: Let us know what you think about this.
1: I don't think he's got it. show our message it. board I don't, and see
0: if it's okay for Tintin to change his pants.
1: Do you think it's okay?
0: Eh, no, I don't really. No, do. it's dumb. But I'm a, I'm a. Archie shouldn't have a new uh, car. He should stick with the old jalopy type. Yeah, guy. yeah,
1: I'm the same. You same know, stop
0: you. updating the car. Yeah. Knock it off.
1: <laughs> why is he driving a? Why is he driving a Toyota Corolla? And it's always showing really close up. Yeah, no, I like it.
0: So uh, so like it. why are you here, Tintin? You know, I've come straight from Marlinspike. You don't look very pleased to see me. Uh, why didn't you stay there? Let's say I was missing you, Captain, and the professor, too, of course. No, let's say why you're here. What happened? <laughs> Did you sneak around? As, as as Dave said, were you a hippie? Have you been finding information? <laughs> yeah. Have you been sneaking around? Yeah. What have you been up to? Nothing. Mm-hmm. I just showed up late.
1: And yeah, I showed up late and I've walked into the same trap that I knew was here and now I put myself into it. Yeah. So That's... you got
0: me. Any... No. Do you know nope. what's... cut mm. got... Okay. What? But I got to say, there is... Listen, no, there is one there's thing. There's one
1: thing. Okay. What?
0: He doesn't know the room's bugged.
1: Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> <laughs> he still, he points it out. Yeah. To the people that are bugging him. He says, I know the room's bugged to them. All
0: right. So he's showing all the bugs. So then they're but like, he does show oh. the bugs in a way that shows then the people bugging the room that he knows about the bugs. Yeah. After he's like turned the, after he's yeah, yeah. put the music put the on. like music listen music All right. I'm I got to tell you something. Yeah. The room's bugged. Oh, okay.
1: okay. Okay. We don't want anyone to know this. This is
0: a two-way mirror. Sure. Let me point right two-way at <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> I know. It doesn't like, make any sense. Son of a
0: gun. <laughs> it's dumb. That's what all I'm right. saying. And what now our this... villain who is watching this and sees Tintin pointing directly yeah. at him uh through the TV turns his head and who is it?
1: Sponge.
0: Sponge
1: the Bordurian
0: SpongeBob bad pants. <laughs> the Bordurian <laughs> he gave Tintin those bad pants.
1: <laughs> yes. The one time I don't know what he was there, chief of police or something like that? Or chief of the part. private probably chief of the private police, like the secret Look it
0: police. up in your Tintin appeal. Secret
1: Police, yes. Look it up in Wiki Tintin. Uh so now we know. That he has made a trap. Yeah. That he's managed to trap all three of these people that he does not like very much.
0: Because they subjected him to a bitter humiliation.
1: Yeah. What? I guess Castafiore was part of it, too. I suppose he suspects her.
0: You, Colonel, humiliated? Yes, me. Well, it could also be using Castafiore just as bait. Mm-hmm. He might not care about her at all. Yeah. and just wants to bring these guys here. He's and also I've...
1: strangely changed his his uh, facial facial hair.
0: Yeah. Well, I like this one. It's just like, it was a, it was a bitter humiliation? Yes. And I've never forgotten it.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But we're not gonna what was it? Well have you guys forgotten it? So how about an asterisk? How yeah. about showing us yeah, maybe at enough. the bottom of the page where yeah, where, 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 where we this happened? Find yeah. You know, especially if it's the seventies and the internet has not been invented yet. <laughs> perhaps. Be helpful. Anyway, that's when I heard uh, Bianca Castafiore was planning a tour in South America. I immediately. well don't I'm we just go to a paper and read this again? I uh, really realized I could take advantage of the situation. I only had to arrest her. Uh, you know, and forging uh, compromising documents and having them slipped into her luggage, I concocted an entirely fictitious conspiracy against De- General Tapioca. It remained uh, for me to give an international slant to the affair. And there it was. A brilliant conception, huh? Drinking together. Drinking uh, whiskey, it looks like. Just one thing. Yes.
1: A brilliant conception. That's dumb. <laughs> a brilliant plan. That's all you have to say there. Brilliant plan. Because it
0: sounds like a brilliant conception is yeah. that was a really good start to an idea.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, or, how's it
0: working out? I don't know, but the the b- b- grain that began it was good. It's even
1: more than that. It's a brilliant conception. My wife and I are having a baby. <laughs> Congratulations, Colonel Spawns. Cigarettes all around. Yeah, it's just, or cigars all around, I guess. And alcohol. And alcohol, for my wife.
0: Anyway, three days go I don't by. I really want the baby. Why do three days go by? I don't know. Because
1: the, the, there's nothing for them to do. They've all put themselves into a trap. Tintin can't operate surreptitiously around the city, discovering yeah. <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> what's
0: going on. Yeah, They've so Tintin, gone to Tintin has, snu- uh, has not snuck in. Yeah. He has just walked into the walked, same thing. Walked into the same Now, Tintin is spending his time, after three days, doing yeah. a crossword <laughs> That's puzzle. That's right, yeah. yeah. Hey, everybody, settle down for the adventures of Tintin yeah. while he breaks into a hotel room. And does a crossword for three it's, days. It's
1: Tintin, so I'm sure he's doing the acrostic.
0: Yeah. Crossword and I know you're all really excited, by the way, by all of that newspaper headline reading earlier. Mm-hmm. Settle down. Settle down. Uh, someone might leave a room at some point. <laughs> I know right. you're excited when the one guy took a bath. <laughs> Calm is, down. Is dressing Remember guy. when the guy almost left the room? Mm. Okay. Settle down. By the way, we're on page 23 now, everybody. <laughs> page 23.
2: Yeah.
1: This is called pacing, by the way. Right. Pacing. So uh, the uh, captain is, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's opening up another <laughs> bottle of alcohol. Like it's like he hasn't has learned he yet. forgotten
0: after three days what happened? But this is
1: our first hint of what's happening here, yeah. because uh, he opens it with a pop. He's talking about the fact that they've been to the Museum of Ethno- Ethnography, to the birthplace of the great liberator, General Olivaro, then to the zoo, then to the Cathedral of the Santissima Virgin de la Immaculada Concepcion, which, of course, has to do with the plan of spawns. And what marvel have they in store for us tomorrow? A confetti maker for the carnival or perhaps a sombrero factory? And then he puts the glass to his mouth. And what's weirder, okay, there's two things that are weird. One, of course, is that the captain's drinking when he's been spitting it up every time. And he does it again. Ugh, blah, spits it out. I think it's brandy that he had this time. So he's, at least he's moving up or moving down. I'm not too sure where brandy falls in the uh, hierarchy of alcohol. But what's odd is the empty uh, the empty uh, frame or whatever, the, the uh, speech balloon over top of calculus.
0: How so? Sorry, where's the empty uh, speech balloon? Oh,
1: did they fill it? Oh, see, mine—they didn't. They forgot to put in the.
0: Oh, yeah, mine has uh, three question marks. <laughs> yeah, that's what
1: was in the French one as well, but not in not in my English translation. They forgot to, They must have taken it out, intending to put something else in there and then forgot to fill it and just left it blank, so it's odd.
0: Yeah, so the captain is uh, not able to drink alcohol. He's saying, you know, why can't I take a single drop uh, anymore? Mm -hmm. Uh, Then he gets the DTs, and he dies, because you can't (laughs) go that cold turkey that fast.
1: (laughs) But Uh, then we we have a shot of calculus, though, going hee-hee, so we know that something's up with this. Yeah. It's our first clue that something is up.
0: There's a rat-a-tat at the door, and as we know, that is uh, Manolo, Man- uh, that's his uh, Manolo. Look, man, I'm going to say Barry Manolo's. That's the only <laughs> way I remember that. So at the man- Copa? That's right.
1: Gentlemen, I was at the Copa. The Copa Cabana.
0: And uh, saying, Buenos tardes, senores. And uh, Tintin, uh, turning his head, goes, Hello, surely that isn't Manolo's voice. Where has Manolo been for three days? Yeah. This is his servant. This is the one guy who's taking care of him and doing everything for him. Yeah. He's right outside the door. How did Tintin miss this guy?
1: No, no, no. He knows it. He knows it's, that's not Manolo who's at the door. It's a different looking guy.
0: Oh, surely that isn't Manolo's voice. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. My mistake, everybody.
1: Yeah, because then he comes in, evening paper, senores. He looks at me, he goes, Pablo. And Pablo goes, shh. This is great snakes. What a surprise. I never, I'm sure in the uh, French version, he says,
0: sapristi. Yeah. Tintin is not a very good spy.
1: He's not a spy. He's a journalist, as we all know. Pablo, <laughs> hey you.
0: Let's turn on. Let's turn on the, the 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 record player. Now that I've shouted your name out loud. That's
1: right. Let's turn on the record player, and then we can point at the mirror where yeah. the people are watching
0: okay. us. Okay. Yeah, Tintin in this one is just dumb. <laughs> you know, he's not uh, the smartest guy in the room mm-hmm. by by any standards. Yeah. So uh, so so now uh, Pablo.
1: What's funny is that Pablo's pointing at the at the phonograph player, and he's saying, you know, and, and Tintin points at and goes that because he he already did it with the captain. Yeah. And then he's like. Then uh, he's like, "Yes." He's pointing down to that. And the, what, if we, what would have been good? There would be like two pages, of like pointing at different things, and all being wrong. The vase? No, no, no. The books over here? No, no, no. The, the rubber plant? No. Tintin.
0: Yeah, knits him a sweater. What is your problem? No. That's right. You know. Uh, so you know. Uh, good evening, scenarios. My name is Pablo. I've been sent. Yeah, this is okay because he's saying his name is Pablo, even though. Yeah. Tintin just yelled, Pablo! Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I've been sent to replace Manolo, who suffered a slight accident this morning. Nothing serious, luckily, just a sprain. Mm-hmm, sure. Yes. Uh, he'll be back in a day or two, as Tintin puts on the the, the record player. Yes. Waste no time, amigos. Your lives are in danger. Our lives? In danger? Well, we you we kinda, know that. Don't you know We that? know that. We know yeah. we're prisoners. We've established that. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah, when right. you're
1: a prisoner, it's not usually for for any good.
0: Yeah. And by the way, it seems like the professor doesn't care about Bianca right now anymore. There's not been no, a lot of like... He's hmm, reading la, the paper. La, la, la. Everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, yes, the day after tomorrow, a uh, uh, commando of Picaros, but not real Pekaros, will pretend to attack this villa. In the course of the fighting, uh, quite by accident, all three of you will be killed. <gasps> the what? official the official version, the Picaros tried to kidnap you. So Tintin... And but, then
1: Tintin says something really strange here. Okay. But ahead. anyway, why all the palaver or palaver, or however you say that word?
0: What does that mean?
1: Like why all the talking? And then he says, and who wants to kill us? Isn't that odd? In the French version it's like, why all the drama? Like why all the why does it, what's why is it such an elaborate scheme right. for this?
0: Because he says earlier it's like a cheap this is a cheap mystery novel. Yeah, it's yeah. A cheap thriller. Yeah. And he's, he seems to be saying it again. So what's with all this business? Why yeah, are we yeah. doing it? Yeah, why stop, are they doing? Stop like... critiquing your story mid-story, Tintin.
1: <laughs> it just seems odd. Why? It's just I've had a few issues with the translation. This
0: uh, I have a few issues with couple. this plot. Uh, <laughs> you've just had that character have to come in and go like, "Listen, guys, yeah, we got to move this plot along. Your guys are really in danger. Yeah, because it looks like you're all sitting around." Not trying to nothing. solve the problem. <laughs> yeah. You know how? Hey, Tintin. You know how you break out of every prison That's you've right. ever been in? Yeah. This is a hotel. <laughs> get out of here, yeah. man. Yeah. If you want to leave, leave. Go, go, go explore. No, we got to have a guy. Three days later, while you're doing a crossword puzzle, coming and go. Hey, you better get, you better get a move on, or someone's going to kill you tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. You know who runs uh, the security police in this country? No. Well, it's uh, Colonel uh, Espinosa. Or to give him his real name, Sponge, Sponge, who was chief of police in, <laughs> that's the one. Yes. He's been le- the one I did something bad to that we won't discuss. Yeah, uh, that's the one. He's been lent to General Tapioca to reorganize the security police in San Theodorus. And we heard of uh, when he heard of Senora Castevieri's arrival, he dreamed of a plan Oops. to rid of the three of you. Okay fine. Uh luckily for you, the Picaros and their leader, General Alcazar, have eyes and ears everywhere, and this is what we are so this is what we're going to do. I'm coming up with the plan. Um mm-hmm. you know, which again, there's going to be a twist. So, fair fair. Yeah. You know, tomorrow, uh Colonel Al Alavarez, uh will take you on a trip to uh oh boy.
1: Hotua to bottle.
0: Yeah, Hotua
1: just- to bottle. Okay, there's a funny pun in there somewhere. Ho to a to bottle. Like in the in the French version, it's trench trench Like trench coat. Like
2: T-R-E-N-X-C-O-A-T-L.
1: It's a little funny. Trench coatel yeah, like, Sure. Funny. Alright. What is this one? Hot Chewa. Why don't they leave trench coatel in there? Why what why would they have to change it? We'll make it much better. We'll make it into a hot to a bottle.
0: Hot chew a bottle.
1: Hot a to bottle. Hot to a to bottle.
0: It anyway, if someone can figure out that joke, yeah, let us know. please let me know. Anyway, so you'll climb to the top. Maybe it's but a the British soldiers thing. will uh, simply encircle the base. Then a commando of Picaros, real Picaros this time, will open fire on the northern face of the pyramid. Under cover of the diversion, you'll climb down the south face. Uh, having disarmed me, tied me up 200 meters away. Uh, right in front of you, one of Alcazar's trucks will be waiting. Oh, that's great. Thank you for saving our lives. Sounds Yes, good. thanks, Pablo. Meanwhile, but he did this before. Pablo has saved true?
1: Tintin in the broken ear. He is the he saves Tintin. So so
0: uh, calculus is uh is still laughing at hee- 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 his own inside joke and yes. also being quite rude, not saying hello to this gentleman who everyone's talking to.
1: Yes, although he's never met him before. So.
0: Yeah, but still, how about you go? There's a fellow in the room. You stand up, you say hello. How's okay. that sound? Okay. Anyway, the next morning, uh, they do go uh, to the pyramid, uh, and uh, the captain tries to take uh, calculus up, who doesn't want to go up. Uh, you know, is uh, I suffer from vertigo. The captain's no. You better come on, come on up. No, no, you go on without me. Cuthbert, come along, I beg of you. Great sunspots. I told you, I don't want to. Now this is not bad. Like yeah, yeah. there's a plan in place that's going to save their lives. But Cuthbert, not having heard it, uh, or no, know, no, know, uh, knowing of it. Yeah. By the way, how about you just tell it to him? You could write this down. <laughs> well, they, could,
1: they have to yell it to him though, so everyone would no, hear. But oh, earlier it on, him. you mean? Yeah. You.
0: On. By the way, here's how you do it. Uh, hey, Tintin! What have you got in front of you? I got a crossword puzzle. Oh, why don't you write what we're gonna do in the crossword puzzle? Hand it over to Cuthbert. Yeah. Now Cuthbert knows. Oh, this is happening tomorrow. Fine and dandy. I'm on board. No, we're just gonna like he doesn't know what it is, but we're gonna drag him along.
1: Yeah. Smart. Well, one interesting thing in this little bit before what you're talking about is they're driving in their they're driving in a land in a Range Rover a Land Rover, and it's a British one because it's a left or right hand drive. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's a, obviously not from Borduria.
0: There you go. So uh, they, uh, he forces uh, the professor up the, uh, up the steps. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's weird that the professor doesn't trust. Him. Ah, it's fine. I get it. The whole, it's a gag. It's so fine. I can't yeah. get mad at a gag. It's a gag. No, it's fine. So up he goes. Uh, and, uh, and the plan goes into place. Uh, you know, uh, the Picaros uh, open fire. Uh, they tie up uh, Pablo uh now they're getting the tintin
1: says goodbye pablo i'll never forget what you've done for us
0: uh pablo uh does the his... that you did something that's right uh pablo uh responds with mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's a weird reaction actually there of snowy snowy looks disgusted by this whole thing look at snowy's face what's snowy's problem there he's yeah just, looks like he's going Bleh. what's that about yeah it's all about Anyway, so down, uh, down they drag the professor down the uh, who's got vertigo. No, listen, I've got vertigo, and one of my worst fears is walking down stairs. Can I just say that Sorry.
1: at least they're showing they're showing uh, Snowy.
0: Yeah, they're showing. It's snowy. nice.
1: It's nice because we haven't seen much of him at all in the last how many pages?
0: Well, to be fair, no one's doing anything in that hotel room, <laughs> so what's the big deal? That's yeah, true. Snowy's just. Is Snowy going for walks? He walk?
1: He's doing a crossword puzzle. How too. is
0: Snowy getting out? Mm-hmm. Snowy needs to use the washroom. Yeah. What's Snowy's deal? Has he got newspapers in the corner? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, he's a dog, so uh, they're dragging the professor down, who's uh, got vertigo. And again, I'm very sympathetic. This is one of my big fears. I would have a hard time doing this too. Is that right? Yes. Being uh, hustled down the stairs. Oh, horrible! With no uh, no uh, railings. Yeah. Terrible. So I would never go up one of those. <laughs> I could go up, but I would have a horrible time coming down. Yeah. So there are running- if you
1: went down backwards.
0: Yeah, I could probably do that. Or I yeah. could slide down on my bottom. <laughs> that is normally what I would do. Uh, wait for everyone to leave and yeah. then do that. So uh, Leave me
1: in my ignominy.
0: Yeah, so uh, off they run. Uh, Tintin has uh, has uh, Pablo's gun. And uh, they, they go to the truck uh, where Alcazar is there. Hello, Alcazar. Our
1: first sight of Alcazar. Yeah. Of uh,
0: ha-ha, there he is. Who With now has
1: cigar. sideburns and long hair.
0: Well, this is all working out great. Uh, I think this was a great plan. Until we get to the last panel, where we see uh, we see the colonel saying, "So the trap is sprung. Good work, Pablo. It was quite easy." Colonel. And this is
1: ridiculous. What? Why is Pablo? What? What reason? There's no reason given for him to, to betray Tintin. Like it, he saved Tintin before in the Broken Ear, and they had a relationship, they had a trust relationship mm-hmm. from that in that book. Why is it? Why is now inexplicably he betraying Tintin? Mm. There's no reason given. It's not like yeah,
0: he, we've got your wife and kids. Yeah,
1: or he made a pass at my sister. There's nothing. Yeah, you know.
0: Also, he looks in really good shape for a guy who just got tied up, and you know, even if it was fake tied up. He's now got his hat back on. He's looking <laughs> snappy. The outfit's sure. still looking well, good.
1: He's very dapper.
0: He's a very dapper fellow. There we go. And so they give the, the signal that uh, you know they're on their way. You know, uh, and uh, we go back to uh, Tintin. There's a Malibar. there's
1: a word for him in Spanish. What's Pablo? Eepster.
0: It's weird. When you look at the second tier on this middle yeah. panel, it looks like they took a cell from an animated uh, version of Tintin there for some reason. The lines are just so thick. It just... And the back of Tintin's head... Again, I'm going to go with back of Tintin's head. It just, yeah. it just looks very it animated, kind of, yeah. painted cell uh, type look. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, uh, you know... So Alcazar is saying, you see, uh, General Alcazar is true to his friends. You can count on me. So the minute I received your message, I decided to move our message, says Tintin. You mean you received a message from us? Sure, the one Pablo brought me. What's the matter? You seem surprised about something. Uh-oh. Uh, Tintin yes. is being smart for the first time in this book, yep. and we're on page 27. Yes. So, you know, but, but to be fair... It's something pretty obvious, where it's like, "Hey, I got the message you sent me. I didn't send you a message. Yeah. You sent me. Well, I didn't send you a message. Hey, you know, you don't have to be, as they say, Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. at this point to figure it out." Uh, so, uh, so Tintin realized Pablo lied to us, as they did to you, uh, you know. And uh, with what object? Why? Why? You know? How should I know? Says Alcazar. It bothers me, General. I have the feeling something, someone's setting us up, and we see. Uh, that is, in fact, the case. There is uh, there is yes. a gun, a machine gun, uh, ready to fire. The cliffhanger you know, on see, the page, yeah, is... very nice cliffhanger, action packed. Uh, and uh, and there's something in the road ahead, says Tintin. You know, you'll find binoculars there. It is a monkey. I don't know how well drawn this monkey is, um, <laughs> who stops. Uh, something frightens him, and he runs back. And uh, Tintin forces Alcazar to to stop by putting his foot on Alcazar's. Uh, on the brakes. Yeah. And uh, t- and uh, David doesn't like this because it's a close up of the shoes that. Yeah,
1: uh, it's a close up of a loafer.
2: Blech.
0: Yeah, and so Can't the. Wearing a loafer. The uh, the come tr- on everybody. The truck swerves. Let's write a letter. Into the jungle, and we see uh, that uh, something goes off in the road—an explosion. You know, is it an explosion or is it uh, this is uh, where the f- oh they're firing they're firing uh, yeah the yeah. guns that's right that's where the so what the does shell the mon- land. what does the monkey see? He sees the gun. Okay. Yeah. And the monkey knows gun is bad.
1: I guess he knows. Well, he sees people there, so he probably wants to avoid them. So he very good. He senses danger. He runs off. Tintin, also like a monkey, t- senses danger. Stomps over uh, the foot of not on it, but o- past it to slam on the brakes because uh, uh, Alcazar has his foot on the gas.
0: You know, it'd be interesting. At the end of every one of these stories, you get a separate story just from calculus with what he thinks went on. <laughs> Yeah, he he just does his report in like a journal or something, and just like yeah. goes on. Because when the dragon Calculus now through the jungle, what does he think is happening? Yeah, did he hear this explode? The 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 guns. He knows that the truck crashed. Yeah. Who does he think? Has he met Alcazar he must think before? That, he
1: must think that Tintin was driving.
0: Yeah, I mean That's he, his was, one he was one like, was, Oh, com- we,
1: we crashed a vehicle. It must have been Tintin at the wheel.
0: Right. Uh, so they. So of course. Uh, the colonel is very upset that all this happened. We see Pablo doing a little tug at the old collar. Oh. Uh, as they're walking through the jungle, You know, uh, Calculus uh, says, "You know, I'm not really cross with you because the view was certainly spectacular. <laughs> and I guess Calculus' opinion is, if something's good, it's okay to force your friends to yeah. do it. That's Calculus' viewpoint in uh, this story. <laughs> That's right. So uh, then the captain sees something on the ground. Columbus, am I dreaming? What does he spot? It's yeah. Loch
1: Lamond. Of course it is, and uh, Alcazar is very upset with him
0: for uh, for drinking.
1: A sip? Stop! Don't drink that. Why? Throws it away. Why is he upset?
0: Yeah, tell me. Well, we don't know
1: yet. Well, I mean, it's foreshadowing what's what's what, the alcohol, the impact of the alcohol yeah. in, in the jungle. But so we won't talk about that. But I do like that. He uh, just says. You'll drink it, and then the next thing is a splitting headache. A headache from Loch Lamond? Never, says Captain Haddock. Next thing you know, he gets hit by a bottle in the back of his head. Bong! And we discover that a bunch of monkeys have broken into a crate of whiskey and are, are now drunk. And you know what they call drunk monkeys? What's Drunkies. that? Drunkies. Drunkies. That's true. Here they come.
0: Yeah, people say they drunkie around. <laughs> and we look up and we see there's a parachute. You know, uh, another present from that hoodlum tabioka. He's trying to neutralize the Ariambas and my picaros at the same time by dropping cases of whiskey by parachute. Yes. And, uh, yep, even the monkeys have taken to the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the monkeys open them up, I guess. That's fine. They can't uh, They can't open wine because they can't get the cork out. They can't work the corkscrew, but, you know. they twisty. can Yeah,
1: they can twist the top off of something. Sure. Meanwhile, Captain says, iceberg dead ahead. Has the uh, bottle of whiskey up to his eye like it's a telescope. And Tintin says, that crack on the head must have done it. So, as usual, a crack on the head either causes amnesia or some mental dis- displacement. Or hilarity. Or hilarity. Nothing like brain injury. Yep. For hilarity. He doesn't
0: know he's a captain. You know, he's, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's ridiculous that I'm called Captain Haddock. What's my first name then? Archibald, isn't it? Even worse, what's yours? My name's Tintin. Grotesque.
1: Yeah, I just find that weird. that mm-hmm. The name Tintin is described as grotesque in a Tintin story. Yeah. By the captain. Yeah. Strange.
0: And it's also here's the thing. If undermining, you're undermining undermining if you're gonna do a bump on the head bit, yeah. then change the personality. Okay. I think that's the that's the gaggy play. If you're like yeah. now you're just a grump who's commenting on it, well the captain's a grump. Yeah. So now we got a different grump. Yeah. What's that what's he's that, A forgetful grump now. Yeah, what's that bias? It's like, well now he doesn't have his captain skills. Yeah. Who cares? You're in a jungle. Mm-hmm. What does it matter the captain can't remember that he's a captain? He's still just a guy in a jungle in an unfamiliar environment. So what what does this buy us? Yeah. Anywho. So
1: Alcazar says, uh, "Come on, we must reach the Arambaya village before dark." And so they head off in that version. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a little bit of a uh, uh, little bit of joking between uh, Calculus and and uh, Haddock, which you don't need to go into because it's it, now. It's a case of of uh, Haddock talking at cross purposes to Calculus. So we have two people talking at cross purposes to each other. One can hear the person, the other one doesn't understand the other person.
0: So it's non sequiturs or go go. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's
1: non sequiturs. And then uh, Alcacer says, No, no, we're good pals with the Arambias. To begin with, they gave us a load of trouble, but now there isn't any danger. And he puff, puff, puffs on his cigar, and then the cigar gets shot out of his mouth by a blow dart.
0: And yet again, something that looks like it came from Tintin, the animated series. All the lines are way too thick for me, and it just looks odd.
1: Yeah, it's too, too, too close.
0: Uh, Don't get too close. That's it's the secret of it's, Hergé. It's the law of uh, it's between it's Hergé and rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. Don't get too close. <laughs>
1: they work for both. Right. Don't get too close.
0: So uh, we now see, uh, you know, uh, he yells, "Ridgewells! This is a, this is, you know, uh, General Alcazar. Uh, you never get any better, do you, your old Joker? Come on out of there!" And uh, it's Ridgewell. Now, how do we, where do we remember Ridgewell from?
1: Ridgewell's from the Rookanir. He That's was right, the yeah. explorer with the Arambayas in that story as well.
0: Right, and now we see that the Arambayas—they are basically stripping uh, Calculus of his outfit, uh, and he's—he's he's not enjoying that at no, all. No, no. Uh, but you know, get they get shooed away, and he gets it to put his outfit back on. That's fine, and uh, and he sees them. They're in their uh, the village. Then that evening, it's the uh, Arumba village, and uh, and uh, calculus. Sees they're preparing some sort of meal. Yeah. And well, son- when, yeah.
1: Okay. Go ahead. I was just going to say because they kind of set it up before that, so, so he just mentioned that uh, that uh, he says. Uh, well, Ridgewell gets very mad at the na- the natives for undressing calculus, and he says uh, he says, uh, Toby. He says, because he mentions that uh, they he says, because um, Tinan asked him how their golf is, because yeah. there was a thing about golf in the La- and Broken Ear, and he says, uh, don't talk about it. But on the other hand, they've made great strides in drunkenness. So because of these whiskey drops that uh, Tapioca is doing into the jungle, not only are the monkeys drunk, but the Arambayas have also taken up drinking. And so that's why they're acting like uh, they're acting the way they are with, with calculus. And part of this str- sprung from, I mentioned that. Uh, Hergé went to America to go to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, New York, to have his eczema looked at. And while he was there, he decided he was going to make a journey uh, with a with a letter of greeting from Father Gall, the 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 monk who was very interested in in, uh, in Native Americans, the Sioux, particularly, of course. And so he went to Pine Ridge, the reservation in South Dakota, to visit there. And this is, you know, this is early 70s, so it was just a completely disillusioning for him you know he'd had this very, very romantic scout's notion of native life and he goes there and just finds these people these sort of broken down sad people with you know a lot of drinking problems and this you, know, this you know this very sad depressed place and you know he just kind of came away from that with very bitterly disillusioned by it but he transferred that feeling of civilization you know how civilization yeah. affects uh, people into this part of that's the story that's what this feels like yeah, yeah. I felt yeah. like he
0: was talking about that so, uh, yeah, the so yeah the calculus seeing that now, so calculus knows that this is alcohol that's that's caused this because of them trying yeah. to strip him. Yeah. They, he he's aware that that's the reason. That's right. Because he can't hear him say <laughs> that this is alcohol. No, no, that's
1: right. But I think he can probably smell it on the breaths of these uh, right people. As they're so when he goes him. to
0: their village, uh, he uh, goes to the pot that they're cooking their food in. Yeah. And throws in three tablets.
1: Yes, it's the first time we see. Uh, this part of the plot.
0: And off he goes, uh, whistling, whistling. Well, that, nothing
1: makes you more innocent.
0: Oh, yeah, nothing more innocent than a whistler. Oh, yeah. no. Yep, that's yep. Uh, why so many babies whistle. <laughs> that's right. And mothers. Right. So now we're having a, a meal at the, you know, a community meal, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and Tintin is informed, uh, you might not fancy this very much, but pretend to like it. It's important not to offend them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and both uh, Calculus and Tintin have the meal and it's full of pimentos, which apparently, like in Tintin universe, is the hottest thing that there ever is. Is a pimento. Is that what it says? It says a p- pimento. I think so. Let me see. I'll. I'm gonna keep. am gonna okay. keep looking. Okay. I seem to remember it was a pimento. All right. But but you carry on then while I look. Sure.
1: For I'll just describe it. So that evening, there, Ridgewell and the Arambayas, and then Tintin, Calculus and Haddock are sitting, uh, having their meal, and so then. Yes, Ridgewell says, you know, you have to eat this because you have to be polite. You don't want to offend them. Don't worry. Uh, the calculus is all, you know, full of uh, gusto. On the contrary, I'm passionately fond of all exotic foods. And they both take a bite and both their faces turn red. Flames shoot out. Uh, and then uh, the uh, I don't know the where i pimento
0: from. Sorry about that. That's I thought okay. it was.
1: The Arambaya says, uh, I was a grubba." He's asking if you like it. It's absolutely stunning. Isn't it, Professor? <sighs> says the Professor, just all H's. Uh, and then the, uh, Arambaya asks, ooz for seconds, he says. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of break down their language yeah. to sound it out to understand. He says, you must have some more. And he's right. Their otnosh is particularly highly seasoned today. I, I know. Avenip says, uh, the Aaron to, to Tintin holding out a bottle of Lamon whiskey. And so, uh, now Tintin is expected to drink this without, without, uh, you know, take it in one, one gulp. He says, to your very good health, mighty chief. Ava cookie. <laughs> Come on, making efforts. He says to him, <laughs> thinks to himself, drinks it down, and then Pafuag, he reacts just like Haddock does to the, the whiskey. Ridgewell is, of course, what? Are you mad? Are you trying to get us killed? Takes a drink himself. He also spits it out Pafuag. The the by chief is so mad. He says, Go blimey. What's the matter? Lily liver? Let me show ya. And then uh, Ridgewell says, Summits up with it. Like I say, you have to phonetically read their language. The chief glugs it down to the last drop, drinks the last drop, and Calculus is scared now. Now we know that something's up with Calculus. He says, well, I never. That's the first time it hasn't worked. But suddenly the chief is full of like a burning sensation. He says, wow, wow. Calculus laughs, hee, hee, hee. The chief stands up, unable to control this Run away. He's so, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do to get rid of it. I don't want to know.
0: Yeah, while the professor writes in his notebook, yeah. it seems that he too has temporarily given up a whiskey.
1: Mm-hmm. Then we cut to the next morning. The soldiers, the Picaros with the, uh, uh, Alcazar in the lead are, once again, they're walking through the jungle with Tintin, and the captain, and, and Tintin is his poor captain, doesn't seem any better. And then we cut to the fact that they have a helicopter out looking for for them. They're searching Espinoza, or, Sorry, Elvarez, such a silly man, doesn't know what he's doing. Can can a monkey stop this entire operation? Yes, apparently. So they hear a, a helicopter. They think, we have to keep down, but the captain in his stunned state keeps on walking forward. Stop, captain. Captain, take cover. But then he has to stop, and then the captain or the uh, helicopter sees the captain walking. It says, a man at three o'clock.
0: Oh, good cliffhanger.
1: Captain, stop. The captain falls in the water. The helicopter, which is a, uh, a MIL-1. It's a Soviet helicopter, actually. So it is kind of showing that Soviet block connection. Yep. Or communist block connection. To helicopter can't see anyone. It can't see anybody. It circles over. It's like, I don't see anybody. Tintin takes advantage of this to run out to rescue the captain from the water where he's fallen in. And as he's pulling him out, he suddenly hears a helicopter returning. So he shoves him back underneath the water. Apologizing
0: while shoving him underwater. Yeah,
1: sorry, captain. And then, whoa, saved. And then the man says, you probably saw a caiman. And then Alcazar runs over and says, behind you, a caiman. And Tintin says, what? How? What did you say? And then... There's a thrashing behind him as a caiman has been encircled by an anaconda. And just like a wildlife documentary, we get lots of action here of the caiman and the anaconda fighting in the water.
0: Yeah, it's very dramatic.
1: It's very, it's well drawn too. And then uh, the captain and the Tintin drags the captain out and the captain is uh, dazed. And then he's come to himself. He says, look here, where's that bottle of whiskey? Just you give it to me. eh? I found it, didn't I? Hooray, he's cured. Calm down, Captain. We'll tell you what's been happening. That's the limit. I'll be... Zzzz. He's suddenly glowing all around. Now,
0: now, now two things here. When uh, when Tintin is going for the captain, yeah. Snowy's next to him. Yes. And we don't have Snowy going in the water. We don't have Snowy going under the water. Snowy is just kind of there and exposed. Yeah. And if there's something that, you know, really would be showing up to a helicopter, it'd be, what's that white dog? What's that down? white dog? Yeah. There's a white dog down there. But we don't see the white dog. And then when the, you know, uh, the caiman... Is that another name for an alligator?
1: I think it's a, like an alligator, but it's a separate thing.
0: Is it different than a crocodile? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, looks, it looks very much like... I, I think
1: they're all... Like, like a crocodile and alligator are similar. Okay. Uh, Cayman is of the same... So uh,
0: while all this is going on, there's like no reaction at all from Snowy, because Snowy isn't even close by. Just
1: like a sloth is not exactly related to, but it's a lot like my teenage daughter.
0: Oh! <laughs> whoa! whoa! So anyway... Um yeah, there's no reaction from Snowy. Where's Snowy while a crocodile is fighting a, a snake or a caiman is fighting a snake? Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, there's the, he's dragged, all this stuff. Again, Snowy's vanished to mm. all this, and that just feels yeah.
1: like... Yeah. Well, there's very little of Snowy in this book. Like, a place where there could be some good business. He's just forgotten about
0: it. Yeah. Well, just show that it's like, oh, he's scared. He's a dog. Yeah, he's scared. He's a dog. He runs away. Well, he wouldn't run away. That'd be cowardly. Yeah. But, like, something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, now, the other thing about this is so, the water or some such wakes him, you know, the drown almost drowning, yeah. that wakes him up. Yeah. All right. I
1: guess so, like full immersion or something but like that. But
0: doesn't it feel like the better take on that is, the thing that, that shocks him into yeah. I mean, his memory, is yeah. you just get electrocuted seconds yeah. later. It's like, well, why did you get your memory two panels before? Mm-hmm. Now, z- yeah. hey, my memory's back. That's Fair a better, enough.
1: That's a better one. I agree.
0: Okay. And then we see that there's a little electric eel, and we actually do get a little business here with Snowy uh, sniffing the electric eel. Well, of and course
1: he naked. has to get he has to get injured, it's Snowy. So the captain gets injured. The hierarchy of of injuries, as you pointed out, falls to to poor Snowy, who gets flopped in the nose by this little thing that's flopping around on the the ground. And unlike in past stories, uh, Tintin picks it up in his handkerchief. I love this. And then, yeah, me too. I like
0: this. This is a very Tintin thing to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he drops it in the water. Yeah, because it's not his fault. Yeah, there, they'll swim away. You're it's fine. It's a little
1: passenger we picked up.
0: Yep. There you go.
1: So then Elko's. They continue to walk through the jungle. Then we hear some banging going on, and Elkazar thinks the camp is under attack. He runs running forward. The captain, of course, is concerned for Tintin. Who shouldn't? He's Tintin. Slow down. You don't need. It's nothing to do with you. Uh, and then they run into the into the clearing, and they discover that the peacock. By the way,
0: after Tintin runs through yeah. uh, a branch, which snaps back into the captain's face. Okay.
1: Not bad. But then uh, they run into the clearing, and uh, they just find that everyone's drunk and is shooting up in the air, down on the ground, shooting cans, shooting bottles. And there's Lac Lamont everywhere. There's a, a box of flares that are firing off. It's just chaos. And yeah, bottles of whiskey are everywhere. Everyone's obviously drunk. And they're happy to see Alcazar, who says, basta, which means enough, by mm-hmm. the way. And uh, everybody says, caramba, caballeros. "el el general, el general. I'll keep saying that if you want me to. Please do. El general. Everyone says, Ah, sí, sí, general, viva el general. Que el general. Everyone's you know so excited to see Alcazar is back, and one says, Buenos dias, general. We wondered, hick, what had happened? Hic, tía. She. We were hick. M- muy ansiosos. So they speak a mixture of Spanish and English with a drunken accent. So we won't go into all their drunken speech, but suffice to say, they're drunk. They're drunk.
0: Yeah, so that's yeah. Is the problem. He scolds them. Says to Tintin, "You see the problem?" Sadly, yes. Uh, ta- I don't like, by the way, that he calls them "epithetic uh, tapioca puddings." It's a bit on the nose. Well, that, like, I don't mind that
1: because he's saying that they're they're like they're quizzlings. You know, they're they're on the side of tapioca by doing this. I know,
0: but here's the thing: it's like when you've given people funny names, like tapioca. Right? Yeah, Yeah, tapioca. They're like, well, you're a real tapioca pudding. Uh, okay, you're paying off your that's own. That's fair enough. Joke. Fair enough. So, uh, you know, uh, Tapio has succeeded in too well with his parachute drops of whiskey. Mm-hmm. You know, how can a man mount a revolution with a bunch of drunks? That's a good and question. And now here comes a character that lets you know what year this was written.
1: <laughs> um, I don't mind this character. I kind of, I mean... Do you? It's... Do you? Uh, it's a subversion, once again, of Alcanzar's uh, character. Yeah. This machismo, you know, very macho, very a very uh, South American right. man who, of course, we learn is under the thumb of a... Domineering woman,
0: sure, yeah, because it's the '70s. And this is what you'd put in a sitcom. <laughs> okay, here's the thing.
1: Well, Look, they were um, Hergé and Bob Dumour, While they were working on the story, were joking around about various characters getting married, mm-hmm. and they were, and this was the one they thought was like the best character to marry to have married would be Alcazar, just because of you know who he is, mm-hmm. and then to put him in this situation. And what's what's curious is like uh, once they thought of it, Hergé, who. By this point in his life, would not allow anything to do with Erge or to do with, well, Hergé or Tintin into his home. He was Georges Remy at home, never Erge. Like when he was married to Germaine, he called her Erge as well, with two e's, like the feminized Hergé. And so, you know, and Tintin was very much a part of their life. But with Fanny, his new wife, he would have nothing to do with, with uh, or his soon-to-be wife would have nothing to do with with uh, with um, Tintin. But he was at home and he was watching a documentary, and it was actually about the uh, Ku-, Ku Klux Klan. And they had this clan member talking, this is kind of higher up in the clan, and there's a secretary standing beside him, and he saw this woman, he said, That's Alcazar's wife. And he immediately sketched her from what he saw on the, the TV. And that was the woman that he saw, was this woman here. And he made her into... And he just thought it was funny that this Ku Klux Klan guy, who would think of being like the sort of all-powerful KKK member. Yeah. But no, he's under the thumb of this woman, right. you know, who's beside him. And so he also thought it would be kind of interesting to take that character and put it into Alcazar.
0: And I'm not against that. Here's the thing. Uh, t- there's been two women in Tintin. Two. Yes. That's it. We've That's gone it. through all these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see how many books we've gone through. That's yeah. uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, so uh, twenty twenty. 23? 23. Yes, yes. Okay, 23. In 23 books, we've had two women. Mm-hmm. One has been uh, a egotistical blowhard yeah. you know, who bosses people around and pushes them around and this is this, this. And she's, you yeah. know, heavy heavyset woman who's blah, 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 all this. Mm-hmm. Now we've got another woman. Yeah. And she's a heavyset woman who pushes her husband around. Blah, 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 and it's like, why doesn't Tintin have a girlfriend? Why would you in this freaking universe? <laughs> women well. are terrible. They're terrible people that will you know uh, get away from them not they're all, basically not all of them No, what these these women are okay that, some
1: of them are perfectly fine landladies
0: that's right otherwise they're they're cleaning up after you <laughs> like if there was any yeah. other women in uh, Tintin, you know, I will
1: agree I mean if you if your objection to these stories is is the poorer uh presence of women in them that there's only
0: right. but I understand like okay I, you know we're in the, but here's the, we're thing. In the I just f- want to we're say in the some... 40s yeah. yeah or maybe we're in the 50s I guess so. Maybe the '60s. No, no, not liking it so much. Now we're the in the '70s. I just want to Prove say, here's, you got here's this. A, yeah, this is what you pull out of but your hat. But this is the the problem. What, the problem what is in this a Tintin. commercial for? You know, because this is a commercial character. This is a character that's being a commercial. It'd be like Henry. Yeah. Why don't you get a brandy, man, and Brian And then he ends up with a, a girl dancing in a bikini later. Because who needs this shrew? Yeah.
1: But we do have some fun with it here in this section, and you know, it's weird. I was we're We were kind of talking about this, but I was just thinking that, you know, we've got the Margaret Dumont character in uh, in Castafiore, but didn't the Marx Brothers films become really boring once they decided to bring in like actual women characters into them to be romantic? Characters that would have a you know a boyfriend and and all that stuff just adds boredom to the film that you've, you're you watching. Right, because you,
0: you're just making them. A, but you, th- in that case, you're just making them a sex object.
1: They're just a and they're just. They a, can't I guess, give
0: you any information. Yeah. Back in those days, a woman couldn't be smart. Yeah. So you couldn't have someone go. I'll give you information. I'm a spy and I'm going to tell you this. Like yeah. if you had Groucho, you could have smart characters. Yeah. If you had a Lauren Hall type character, you could maybe. have
1: that. You could have a Marlena Dietrich character. Yeah.
0: But, Isn't it the, but what the, you got here, now let me just say why it doesn't pay off its own joke. Because yeah. it's like she comes out and she pushes him around. So now we get that. It's like yeah. the tough guy, the this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But unfortunately, what you've gotten right before then is I don't have any control over my men. Yeah. I'm at my weakest point. Tintin, sure. I'm opening myself to you and I'm showing you, this is why I'm a failure as a general. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> what you need is him to be going, I'm a tough general and I'm the men. And then what you need is like a tough situation where he's going to lead men into battle. Yeah. Then she comes in okay. and knocks him down a couple That's of pigs. He's already way low. Right. That's a good point. S- second joke that doesn't pay off is, Calculus, who's the ladies' man, mm-hmm. uh is like, Oh, my lovely lady, how are you? Kiss your hand, how's yeah. it going? Yeah. What you need then is the shrew to go well i never yeah, you know and yeah. turn and like i've never been treated this way i love it you know and so you see you see a little bit of that her blushing and changing yeah, yeah. and then when she turns back to her to her husband then she's back to that yeah but she yeah. sees him and is like i suspect you as well yeah, <laughs> well, then there's no, yeah, yeah. nothing you're not doing nothing with this yeah
1: yeah okay, okay. you're right I, I agree with you with the calculus thing i do like that he's that he he just finds this sort of female pulchritude uh he's got curious tastes, is what i'm saying yeah yeah, between Castafiore and Are you and... saying he
0: likes big butts and he cannot <laughs> lie?
1: <laughs> he cannot hear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he cannot hear. Well, let me talk about your rear. All right. That's as dirty as this podcast is going to get. Uh, so,
1: yeah. So, we, we have the little business with calculus, meeting Peggy, his... Uh, and what, the other curious thing about... The, in his notes... We didn't
0: even describe that it was Peggy. But there's, but there's a wife and she's there. Yeah. And she's wearing purple pants. She's got like a dress shirt that doesn't quite fit. Her hair yeah. is in rollers. Mm-hmm. She's got cat's eye... Not cat's Almost cat's eye uh, glasses. Yeah. She's smoking a cigar. Yeah. Uh, she's exactly what you're thinking.
1: I believe those you know. pants are puce. But anyway, uh, the in his notes, he, he wrote...
0: sneakers. She's wearing sneakers.
1: Well, she's an American. Uh, he originally conceived her as the daughter of Basil Zaharoff, who was the arms dealer in the Broken Ear. If you okay, remember, there was an arms right. dealer that goes back and forth between Tapioca sure, and Alcazar sure. selling them munitions. And so his idea is that they, they, she would be his daughter and that Alcazar met her in New York at a music hall, I guess when he was doing his, his uh, knife-throwing act. But it's not mentioned in the story. I think he just kind of wrote it for himself as a little note. Now, the
0: funny gag that you would do with that is this. is like the last, and if you could back sell it. Yeah. It's like, and you find out she was the sh- a showgirl that he met there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the most showgirl. beautiful showgirl. And That'd then he takes good. her to whatever, and then, yeah. man, this is what you get when yeah. you get married. It's yeah. not a great gag nowadays, but in the 70s, sure. gold.
1: Gold, gold. Anyway. Gold, Jerry.
0: Moving on. All right. Keep going. All right. Uh, so, uh, she leaves, and, uh, is saying to the captain, seems a little, uh, brisk at first, but, uh, she has a heart of gold. Of course, General, one sees it immediately, says the captain. Oh, boy. He's very kind. Yeah, but, uh, the, you know, the, the professor is kind of smitten, uh, and now he's gonna spill the beans, uh, saying, you know, uh, he will never, his revolution will never succeed with a collection of drunkards like that, never unless someone gives him a hand. And who will do it? I, Cuthbert Calculus. You, you, but how? And then he explains, you know, we're not going to do this whole my sister, my sister stuff.
1: You know, uh, it's, I don't mind it. Yeah. It's forced in English. It works better in French where he's professeur uh-huh. and sister is sir.
0: Oh, that so does, it does make more it, sense.
1: It's a bit smoother in here. It's really forced, like where Tintin says, no, no, I insist-er my sister again. I just like, I like that he gets all mad about it. And he goes, my sister, just a moment. I don't have a sister. I just kind of like that i just like right. that kind of silliness but let's
0: just let's just go i'm sorry i'm going to go down logic road here yeah so tintin is, so he says no gentlemen i'm not a fool i know exactly what i'm because there's a play on that yeah i know exactly what i'm saying Sinson says you've missed a and then he interrupts with my sister what about my sister yeah okay, once again let's he go. says oh, professor right but, yeah but let me let, let, let me sister. do this yeah uh you know you've missed a my sister okay he just said one word like he said uh, it, it, this is what Cuthbert would I'm be I'm agreeing.
1: It's more forced in English okay. than it is in in the French.
0: I'm just trying like to... the French
1: version works better because of the similarity between. But even
0: with the similarity of words, I'm just talking the amount of words Tintin has just said. If yeah. I was to say, David, your sister, my sister, what about my sister? Yeah. Well, you'd be. I'm about to tell you. Yeah. You haven't let me get to anything yeah. about your sister. Okay. If I was to say, uh, your mother, my mother, nothing. Well, even if you think I said your mother, I might be saying something about your sister that's not unpleasant. Why did you just jump the gun? to to that it doesn't make sense period what he's saying by any uh, stretch of the imagination so blah 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 Uh, i don't i don't mind it it doesn't make sense i don't mind it well it's fine that you don't mind it It still comedically doesn't make sense it's fine you've got like i understand a misunderstanding if the sentence scans to the point where you could replace words and you could see some confusion. But if the first word out of the gate is something that you jump on, like, <laughs> how dare you even say the word, sister? Yeah. He could yeah. be talking about a nun, you fool. <laughs> uh, anyway, so anyway, Professor reveals that he's got a tube of tablets. Yeah. It contains a product I recently perfected, a base of medicinal herbs. You know, uh, has no taste, no smell, non-toxic, and yep. administered in food or drink.
1: Science magic.
0: It imparts a disgusting taste to uh, to any alcohol taken thereafter. And the very first person who I tested upon was the captain. Now, here's my question here. Yeah. Does this mean once you've taken it, forevermore you cannot drink alcohol? Yeah. Because it doesn't look like he's been sneaking it in his food through this whole thing.
1: Well, we don't know because we ha- they haven't been showing it.
0: But he can't, like, we know that days have passed in the hotel, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you haven't seen him slipping it in, slipping it in, slipping it in. I suspect that once you've taken this, that's it for for all time, which is why I've got the that's theory. That's sad for the well, captain. This is, well, this is why I've got the theory that this was Hergé's way of taking the whiskey out and making it more family-friendly, because in the 70s, you can't do this anymore. Yeah. We can't play this. card.
1: I don't know. We'll see what Elfart has to hold.
0: We will see that. All right. Fair enough. So anyway... Captain, as furious as he should be about this. Yeah. Furious. And he's still saying, miserable, blundering, barbecued, blister. I tell you, my sister has nothing to do with it. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he's, uh, this is what the captain says. It's a scandal, a monstrous attack upon the personal freedom of the individual. And, you know, normally when the captain does that kind of rant, you go, oh, Captain. But you know what? Captain's right. This is an attack upon the personal freedom of the individual. The captain does have a right to drink. And ca- and uh, and the professor doing this, the professor is in the wrong here. Yeah. Anyway, we get more stuff about the sister. And so the professor stomps off. Yeah,
1: it's interesting. In the English, it makes it sound like, uh, it thereafter makes it does sound like it goes on. In the French, it just says, it takes a, a disgusting taste any alcohol right away or immediately. Right. So it doesn't say thereafter, but immediately.
0: Well, the thing is, like, then... If uh, then he'd have to be giving those pills to the soldiers forever. You know, you'd have to keep giving them. You know, often. And well, we don't know how long the effects are. That's a thing. He
1: should say that, but but he doesn't. In the French version, it doesn't make it thereafter. Because it he hasn't been sound...
0: slipping this or doing things or. or well, we don't did... know.
1: We didn't see him slip it from the very very beginning. Yeah. We can only assume that he's been doing it over as you know intermittently over times so right. periodically to to okay. the captain.
0: All right, but if he has done it so the captain can never drink again,
1: then the captain
0: should glue a horn yeah. in his ear forever.
1: Um, <laughs> you made a you made a leap. I don't think you're wrong, but it's just yeah. I don't think I, in the French text, I don't think it it uh, means right. that. In the English text, you can certainly read it that way. Right, French text. It doesn't say there after
0: I've read Alf Art, I'll uh, see whether or not he drinks in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I will uh, make the assumption well, that Alf this art,
1: was Alf uh, Art, a comic about modern art, would have been perfect for kids. The kids would have loved that, you know, about art forgery and, and modern art. That's so much up kids' alleys. So you can see why they wouldn't want them drinking in that story. When It was obviously made for kids.
0: Okay. Haven't read it yet. <laughs> so back to Alcazar, who's doing the dishes yeah. like a lady. Wearing a pink apron. What a lady that guy oh. is. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but then he sits down, lights a cigar, and looks like a tough guy with Tintin.
1: And gets in trouble from his wife.
0: Yeah. Who's, oh, my love, and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, he's getting the henpeck thing. That's the gag that we're playing out here. Uh, What information is being said in this scene?
1: So, Tintin comes in, he says, listen, you've had a lot of trouble with drunken soldiers. We know that they're acting like drunken sailors. What can we do with them?
0: (laughs) Well, how early in the morning is it? Is it nine? Because now's Hi. the time to drink.
1: <laughs> they drink like journalists.
0: Yeah, yo-ho, <laughs> and up their deadlines.
1: And then uh, I like the scene where, uh, where Alcazar is, he says, well, if you can make them stop drinking, I will give you half of the gold reserves in the Banco de la Nación." And then Peggy goes, ahem, or let's say a third, ahem, well, they're 10%. How about that? there's no ahem for that so that's okay yeah.
0: well it's very lucky by the way that mm. uh, he didn't offer Tintin that without the ahems because Tintin would just turn down the money that's true We get really upset yeah just punch him listen
1: up. well he does say that anyway I don't want anything like that not a centavo general well, what do you want amigo I promise that you will carry out your revolution without bloodshed that there won't be any reprisals or executions or anything of that sort the general gets very offended what you're crazy or else you're a traitor you ought to be shot here and now see he likes shooting that's mm-hmm. the thing Meanwhile, we see a guy, there's been a few shots of a uh, of a soldier outside with uh, carrying what looks like a grenade and, you know, kind of juggling it and holding a bottle of whiskey. We cut back inside of uh, Alcazar upset, a revolution without executions, without reprisals. Caramba, it's unthinkable. You must be joking or hoking. Anyway, what about tradition? And what about, tr- yes, what about tradition? Hey, answer me that. Yeah. Uh, and then he, we look outside, we see this guy drinking, carrying, holding this grenade. He says, no, what you ask is impossible, amigo. Tapioca and his ministers are bloody tyrants and villains. They must be shot. Every man jack of them. Shot, do you hear me? Very well, General. We won't discuss it any farther, and forgive me for bothering you. Hey, but wait, perhaps we... Uh, then Tintin opens the door, and he goes outside. He says, goodbye, General. At that moment, a smoke bomb is thrown inside with a boom. Well, the, it's tear gas, yeah. Tear, tear gas, is it? Yep. And then Timmy says, What have you done? Haha, ha, funny joke. A tier, tiny tier, or teeny tear gas grenade. So then uh, Alcazar and his wife come out holding, holding uh, handkerchiefs to their f- eyes, crying, Well, who did that? I'll have him shot. One of your Picaros, blind trunk as usual. Hmm, not easy to mount a successful revolution with that bunch of boozers, is it, General? All right, you win. I accept your proposition.
0: Yeah, and then Alcazar says to him, I have done well with that booze hound for like, I don't know, like 12 books. Yeah. Got through a whole bunch of trouble. Uh, f- no, I,
1: f- no, this is, they didn't have the drinking problem before. This was not part of the storyline
0: before. No, I'm saying like uh, t- uh, Tintin's been hanging around with, uh, you know, a guy who likes to oh, drink yeah, all the time. Oh,
1: yeah, you've been hanging around with Haddock. Would you say that Haddock at his drinkiest was very efficient when he lit a boat on fire?
0: I'm just trying to take over
1: the controls of the plane. By the
0: end of the stories, everyone's great. <laughs> right? He wins every I think time. I
1: think that's in spite of and not
0: fair. Because of. Now, I was I was reading, sorry to just tangent briefly, but I think it, it pertains to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading the that book you lent me, The Adventures of Hergé, which is a cartoon yeah, uh, right. uh, exploration of Hergé's A graphic life. novel
1: of Hergé's life. Sure,
0: so. or a comic book, whatever way you want yeah. to say it.
1: You said cartoon. So.
0: Uh, did I? Yeah. Well, it is in cartoon form. Okay. Let me justify myself. Sure. Um, you if you want. And one of the scenes in there is uh, is Hergé uh, being told by someone, you might get killed. And this is after, you know, the war. Yeah. Where it's like, you might be killed by for having been associated with yep. shot. Yep. Uh,
1: there for, were lots of people shot. A
0: lot of people shot. Yeah. Do you think this might have any connection with that? Or just like, you know, Hergé has been through a situation where after a revolution or after yeah. a war, uh, people who were loosely associated and connected all get shot. And he's like, No. Yeah, Let's not do that.
1: Very much so, yeah. That's a okay. good point. I think that's probably true. All
0: right. So, yeah. No. I mean, it's
1: it, it's, in, it's in Tintin's character, long established, to not be uh, bloodthirsty. So, besides Tintin in the Congo, where he's the bloodthirstiest hunter on earth.
0: Or but, where he leaves, uh, you know, that, was it, a race of Incans who do human sacrifice well, but, and goes like, yeah. oh, I won't tell anyone about you. Good luck with well, your lives. Well,
1: I mean, his thing is, he tells them where they're wrong. Yeah. And then he tries to help them.
0: Though I mean, it would have been nice in that story, I you know, remember like going like, "And stop killing people." Well, we learned from you. I Tintin. think he okay, kind of, bye.
1: I think he kind of says that in the story, and I. But I think at the same time, he's there's three of them. There's a thousand of them. It's pretty hard to stop them from doing what they want. Sure. Okay. But this I mean, He gives them some advice. Yeah. Says you know that these they're only they weren't doing it out of disrespect. They're trying to uh, learn about your culture. You know. Yeah. Like, he tries to explain to them what was happening. Right, but
0: stop killing people. Please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is nice. He's begging, uh, so Al- Alcazar is bl- uh, begging him, please let me shoot tapioca. Just tapioca. No. Oh! All right, but he agrees to it. And then uh, we see uh, Tintin is coming in and seeing the the captain, and the professor's looking underneath his bed, looking for something. Uh, he's looking for the tablets. The yes. captain has snuck them away, and Tintin says, look, you've got to give him the tablets because this is going to go down. Oh, all right, and you know, just give them, give him the tablets. He'll be grateful to you. Uh, the captain gives him the tablets and uh, gets a kiss from uh, the professor. It's so <laughs> a very sweet little scene. Yes, saying, thanks to nice. you, these poor creatures will be delivered uh, from their passions for alcohol at last. Thank you, Captain. <laughs>
1: uh, Captain scowls and puffs away at his pipe.
0: And then I will give you a tablet that will stop you from smoking. Good. Very shortly, all <laughs> vices will go. Yeah. Fatty foods next. That's right, yeah. yeah. No more chips. You will not be able to look at a lewd scrimshaw <laughs> or whatever you do. L-
1: scrimshaw? Wow. <laughs>
0: Those those exist. Okay. So anyway, uh, Tintin is being called from the outside. The, it's the general saying, uh, "Come the trial of your friends is on television. Uh, the trial of the Thompsons is uh, going going on. It's kind of a nice comedic trial. Uh, they are you know doing Thompsony type stuff.
1: That's right. There's a big blowhard, uh, you know, uh, I guess prosecutor accusing them of uh, being two sinister characters who, you know, they're who who more easily to accomplish their evil, uh, evil purpose. Do I need to remind you of it? that they uh, what they did was they grew um, mustaches in order to make themselves fit into the kingdom of uh, uh, San Theodorus. Look at them. And I just like the fact that they're, that's a lie. We've been wearing mustaches since we were born. To be precise, we're worn bearing them. Silence, you will speak when spoken to.
2: <laughs>
1: that's good. It yep. is a good sequence.
0: Yeah, and, and then so I particularly
1: they- love when, when the Banca... Bianca Castafiore comes into it, though. She's even better.
0: Well, let me just say they got the death penalty before that. Yeah,
1: that's right. They get the death penalty. And the death penalty, he certainly doesn't mince his words. He means to go the whole hog. To be precise, his words certainly mean he's going to mince the ho- hog whole, which it's Okay. It's okay. <laughs>
0: I think you're being very uh, generous and uh, very nice. All right, back to <laughs> okay. back to the scene you like. Go. Okay,
1: and so then he turns his attentions to, uh, but the real brains behind the plot, which is true. You could not look at the Thompsons and think that they are the brains behind a plot. And we have here documents which prove it irrefutably are those of a woman. To
0: be precise, it looks like their brains are in a plot.
1: <laughs> a woman? <laughs> That's better. Why isn't that in the story? A woman, or should, now.
0: Give me a marker. That's right.
1: A woman, <laughs> or should we call her a monster who lent her talents, her endowed talents, to a criminal cause. Her name is Bianca Castafiore, the Milanese Nightingale. And of course, we cut to Spawns and El, and uh, Alvarez enjoying this. And uh, she gets sentenced to imprisonment for life. Imprisonment for life? Did I hear you right? Why, you're grotesque, my little soldier. Silence! Or perhaps my poor friend, you're mad as a hatter. Silence! Your documents, irrefutable proof? Pooh, fabrications. De capo al fine, a fig for your documents. Silence. Yes, they are a joke. A little, your little joke. I laugh. Ah ha ha ha. Now, in the in the French book, she laughs. But je is the sort of is the start of the area, so she she can she can go into the area ah. right away by saying I laugh. Where it's harder here, like so, she goes ah ah ah. My beauty, pass compare. Silence. Clear the court, guards. And then Haddock says, there she blows. Then I like that it cuts to uh, Do Not Adjust Your Set, which is a good TV show. Uh, <laughs> tweet, tweet, cheap, cheap. little interlude of bird singing.
0: I like uh, Snowy's reaction to the singing, which is terrifying. It's yes, clawing right. at... Uh,
1: Everyone okay. looks shocked. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, and so, and so yeah, I, I do like her there where she's like, I don't respect this court. Yeah. I'm not having any of that's it. That's right. Nope. Yep. Nope. No, you're silly. You're a silly little man. Forget it.
2: Yes. I do like her here. Yes.
0: Yeah. She, she does do a nice job there. Uh so then we hear from the outside, you know, they've recapped, you know, oh they're going to be killed. Uh and uh and then from the outside we hear lynch him, kill the spy, help, and they've spotted uh, the professor throwing those pills into their food. Mm-hmm. So uh you know uh they're going to they're going to kill him. Uh and uh And uh, Tintin uh, whispers uh, to the general, and the general says, No need to panic, boys. The man is a good friend of uh, mine. He's just giving you vitamin C. That's right. Good old healthy vitamin C. Happy up. Meow, boys. That's all. To beat the daylights out of uh, tapioca. Are you sure? Uh, Well, yeah, sure they stand here. Eat away. I'll give you my solemn word. You won't come to any harm. So, uh, yep, there you go. And then uh, Alcazar gives him a hug, nice little hug, and says, uh, To show my appreciation, I create you companion. Uh, I create you companion of the Order of San Fernando First Class. A glass? How nice. A little ice water would be delicious.
1: Oh, yeah. calculus.
0: Oh, calculus. Will you ever learn? But the men
1: are still suspicious, even though cal- even though uh, um, Alcazar has told them that it's good. So
0: they do a test with Snowy. They, they yeah. have Snowy go to oh. eat the food. Uh, uh. Snowy does not. He walks away. And then he is forced to eat the food uh, by Tintin. Yeah. Uh, eats it healthily, which ah, now it's means... It's full
1: of pimentos. There you go. There that's we, where it says Pimentos. There that's we where are.
0: Uh, and so he, he eats that. Now, here's the thing. I'm sorry, I'm gonna go with my theory that no one can drink anymore. The only person who could drink up to this point was Snowy. Yeah, Snowy is now eating the food. Snowy can now no longer drink. Oh, okay. all right.
1: <laughs> so what a theory.
0: just that I think that's I think it's real. Okay. Uh, so then a bus uh, shows up. Uh, what's going on with this? Who's in it? Uh, it's wag, and it's a tourist bus. And what a all, coincidence! They've all showed up, and well uh, I mean,
1: there's lots of coincidences in Tintin, so I'm fine with that. That's but right. It's okay. It's fun.
0: They're here for the jolly. Everyone volley. gets off. Yeah. They're your
1: typical obnoxious tourists wearing their obnoxious tourist clothes with their hats and their shirts, their colorful shirts and their cameras and their, yeah. their film cameras and their photo. You
0: yeah. know. This uh, isn't too bad. I'm, I'm all. Right movie with cameras. This. Yeah. 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 You know, I, but again, I would like it if, before something comedic happens just any kind of, like, stakes-raising drama mm-hmm. of just, like, your friends are going to be killed. Yeah. Unless we do something. What? Hey! Whoa! <laughs> hey! That, instead of, you know, uh, uh, Snowy's uh, sadly eating meat that he doesn't like.
1: <laughs> it kind of looks like you're throwing it up, actually. Anyway, it's...
0: It. Yeah, it does look like that way. Uh, so, it's Wag stuff, so I'm going to throw it over to you again.
1: Wag says, Dr. Doctor Livingston, I presume. How are you, We old, you old, me old salt, salt? Ugh, I can't read. I can't read... Wag. I've lost my wag reading You've ability. You've lost your wag. I've lost my wag. I'm like, I'm like Snowy. On holiday? No, says uh, Yeah, because
0: after the dog <laughs> uh, comes the wag.
1: That's right. Don't tell... There you go. You See, that's why it's there, not a dramatic sequence. Don't tell me you laid it on as a surprise. You're part of the Welcome to the Carnival. I'm going to be a while this year, thanks... Or it's going to be a while this year, thanks to us. Thanks to you. Bet your life. Know the charity concert party, the Jolly Follies? That's us. And guess who's leader of the band? Yours truly, uh, er... Cindy Jim designed their costumes, eh? Smashing.
0: Now, where uh, where the captain's going very original, yeah. you know, is he's just trying to think of something pleasant to say. I think he's being he's ironic. Not, this in no way is referring to the costumes looking like something they've seen before, right? There's no callback there, right? There's no callback. Oh, I just okay. think
1: he's saying very original in the sense that all, all carnival costumes look alike. Right. And then Alcazar comes over and says, what's all this tomfoolery? But, and then, of course, they have to introduce Weg, so Wag can say... Me old field marshal, you're the top brass for these boozy brigands. And then uh, Alcazar gets mad at Weg, Wag gets put in his place. That's the second time weg has been put in his place in, in these books by a minor character. Mm-hmm. Castafiore and Castafiore Emerald. But Tintin has an idea. And he tells it to the captain. And several dots and question marks. Why, why is Tintin making a statement, adding a lot of question marks? I don't know.
2: Ding! Then,
1: yeah. Then we, then we have Calca- uh, Alcazar, sorry, uh, calculating.
0: By the way, I like this. I like that he's got the uh, thought light bulb above his head. Yeah. But I like the sound click underneath, like mm-hmm. the light is being turned on. Yeah. I've never seen that before. And that works really well with that light bulb
1: click. Yeah. But as you say, that's a little too close up of, of Alcazar. Yep. Their, their faces are too plain for that kind of close up. Like, it just doesn't work. It doesn't sell the character. And
0: where Tintin is in the background doesn't work, too, because his is Alcazar's finger is in a weird place yeah. near Tintin's yeah. face. Looks like he's poking him in the eye. It's not a very good...
1: You're right. It's not a very good panel. If that's a panel you mentioned before as not being good, I'll agree with you.
0: (laughs) I didn't, but now I do. Please continue.
1: Uh, Alcestero says, welcome to the Beccaro, senor. And, you know, then he says we're going to have a big fiesta. We'll drink whiskey by by the gallon. And what did you say to him? You'll see in due course, says Tintin, because he doesn't want to give it away to us either. Then we have a scene right out of Asterix. I
0: know. It looks exactly like Asterix, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: At night, around a a bonfire, everyone... Drinking and the late the color is so yeah. much the same. They
0: just need a bard tied up next to the That's tree. That's
1: right. We just need uh, cacophonics tied up to a tree. That's all it that would make it. Oh, good I'm...
0: pull on the name. Thank you. Well Thanks. All right. The morning after, uh, we see Alka, yeah, they're all having a big party time, uh, singing the, we're the jolly, jolly follies, hey, nonny, no, hey, nonny, no. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's rough. It's a rough uh, bit of entertainment. Next, uh, next morning, <laughs> uh, uh, the shrew of a wife is uh, wandering around. Uh, in her going, purple house dress. Yeah, saying time for you to fix. Time for you to fix breakfast. He fixes the breakfast. What a
1: thing! Why a
0: man yeah. fixing breakfast for a what woman in kind the of world? Oh, up is down, black is white, dogs are cats. Uh, so uh, she sees a note and uh, screams, you know, eh, the monster is gone. And the note reads, uh, "My dove." Uh, I've gone to start the revolution against the uh, vile tapioca. Uh, when it's over, you will have uh, the palace. W- oh, it's nice that he, he wrote phonetically. The palace <laughs> with which I promised you. Much love from your Zazar. I borrowed to be fair, the, he's
1: writing in his second language.
0: The Jolly Folgles, uh bus and have left some uh, pecaros to look after you. All Zed. Right, there we go. So off the bus. I like goes. that he
1: writes his uh, his pet name, Zezar.
0: Yeah, it should be it should say then dictated but not read underneath afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so he's driving the bus. He's got his soldiers. He's got Tintin with him. Uh, he's got uh, he's got the captain, and off they go. the The, the professor is not with them, no. uh, saying, you know, these jolly follies were sent from heaven. Thanks to them and your friend Calculus, I'll be soon be back in power. Oh, I wonder how. You know, it's a shabby way to treat those poor people sneaking off with their bus and their costumes, but it's the only way to save our friends, says Tintin. So here we go. Uh, we're now in the parade. Uh, says Viva Tapioca, uh, courtesy of Locke Lamont. Yes. We see... It turns
1: out the whiskey that is uh, sponsoring Tapioca's tyranny, and it's kind of strange. I just want to point out a few things
0: in the this m- The se- Mickey sequence. Mouse is in this panel?
1: Yeah, there's Mickey Mouse, but not just Mickey Mouse. The street is called uh, Calle... Viénte uh, uh, dos de mayo, which is uh, corresponds to RJ's birthday, which was the twenty second of May. Okay. So that's the street is named after his birthday. And then if you look down on the, so there's Mickey Mouse on one side of the bus. bus on the other side of the bus, there's a little group playing their instruments.
0: Oh, there's asterisks. Sorry, I just. And there's asterisks him. as well. Yeah. Sorry about that. Continue. And then up
1: from them is the little group playing their instruments, and they're the Coconuts, who were characters from uh, a Bob DeMora comic called Brelli, which was a. A detective story that he did for for Tintin magazine uh, about a actor slash private detective.
0: Now, and they haven't taken down the Thompsons wanted posters.
1: No, that's that's.
0: Cool. Yeah, seems almost like they could have saved uh, a poster by just putting up one. Um, but, <laughs> but they wouldn't know
1: if they saw the guy with the pointy mustache; they wouldn't know who it was.
0: Now, uh, our last our last uh, podcast, we made ourselves look like quite the fools by the end, where we kept pointing out flaws. That then we turn a page and go, "That was solved." <laughs> let's not, well, yeah, yeah let's not do that. No one's wearing a hat. Next one, everyone's wearing a hat. Now, the band from earlier that we that we saw, are they anywhere in this? What band? The hippies. The two hippies who are playing. I don't at, think we at this uh, festival. They're not.
1: They're not here yet. No, they're in another part of the city. I think.
0: Oh, okay. See, this this, this to me is like that's a yeah, shame. It's like that's right because we see all these bands playing. Why isn't
1: the dripping tap here?
0: Yeah, where's the dripping tap? I'd love to see them and the rest of their band.
1: Where's the dripping tap? It's in the bathroom.
0: Yeah, but I do like seeing uh, I do like seeing uh, asterisks there. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, we have kind of a racist Chinese character down there below who looks like the yellow kid, uh, but <laughs> just like really put on the Fu Manchu yeah. mustache. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kept, I kept looking for little extra things in here, but it looks like There's it's There's a lot just of business. Like,
1: See, it, it, they kind of spread it out through later the Later on, the Don,
0: Donald Duck does show up. Donald
1: Duck shows up. Grocha
0: Marks. Okay. So, uh, then meanwhile.
1: Meanwhile, Alvarez is standing on, no, not Elvis. uh, Tapioca is standing on his balcony overlooking from his presidential palace. Overlooking, Viva Tapioca. That's right. Viva Tapioca. It's good putting. Uh. He's looking, overlooking this uh, parade, and of course, everyone's saying, uh, "Are you sure you should be standing out here, Colonel? Aren't you afraid?" He laughs and says, "Oh, those guys are a bunch of drunks. There's nothing they can do to, to, to in this, you know, to me because they're they're just they're useless." Yeah.
0: What uh, What harm could a, a drunken army with guns do?
1: Yeah, nothing. <laughs> what What harm, indeed? And so then, meanwhile, the uh, Jolly Follies are offloading from their bus down below, and they start to infiltrate the crowd. And then uh, starts singing Where the jolly, the jolly, jolly follies." Hey, nani no! You know, hey, nani no! You know. What kind of entertainment that is? I don't quite understand. I don't
2: know either. But the,
1: but it's it's so strange that uh, that tapioca just loves them. He's like, the, who are these people? Where are they from? The program says the Jolly Follies a charity concert party from Europe. Excellent! Just listen to that beat. They're, even we got our guards joining in the dance. Hey, Nani, no, you know. yes, who wouldn't dance to that, everybody? Now here's a. It's this, like Soul Train. It's like just, Soul Train in front of your eyes.
0: This was one thing that kind, you know, and of course they, you know, we 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 know that Tintin is dressed as one of them. Yeah, Captain, the captain is dressed is, as one. Yeah. Now here's something that kind of bothered me when I looked at that title card mm-hmm. at the very very beginning. because yeah. you've got three. Now that we've got three main characters, right? Tintin, okay. uh, prof- uh, the professor, and uh, and uh, the captain. Now one of them is holding uh, a horn to their ear. And it's like, well, that's clearly the professor, right? Yeah. And the others are just like goofing around with their horns. That's fine. So like, oh, this must be the three of them dressed up. I
1: don't think he's really holding it to his ear, but okay.
0: It looks like he's holding it to his ear. It does, but
1: I think he's just holding it in his hand with his head turned. So you're just you're just mistaking the the there's no sense of distance okay. right so
0: so yeah I thought it was going to be like the three of them yeah. so I'm expecting oh that that's kind of cool no not at all not at all all right so El El-Kazar. so they're all uh, disguised the and now they're chloroforming the guards they, they got chloroform yep why not uh, chloroforming knocking out the guards this is actually not a bad plan
1: it's a pretty good plan because it's it's more of a palace coup than it is. A revolution.
0: Look, the idea. The idea. It's just a
1: changing of of ruler. It's not a changing of 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 situation. Right. You've
0: got an equivalent of Mardi Gras going on. Yeah. Uh, you're trying to sneak in. You're going to dress up. Yeah. And it also gives you a nice visual. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing to put in a comic. I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah. So smug uh, smug general is not general. Smug. Uh, you know. Uh, oh, it is general. Sorry. Yeah. Smug general is laughing. Aha! They're hilarious. Have them. Uh, have some of them brought here. I'd like to meet these jolly fellows. Yeah. That guy's got a low bar for uh, comedy.
1: <laughs> he sure does.
0: And uh, you sent for us, General. Here we are. Happy carnival. And they've got guns. And then yeah. they reveal, "Ha ha! It's General Alcazar, ex General Tapioca. Ha ha! And uh, Alcazar s- sits him down, gun to the head, surrenders to violence. Uh, but he protests, and then uh, you know they they turn on a recording device. And says, "Friends, comrades, uh, countrymen, the carnival marks a turning point in the history of our native land. For today, I've decided to hand over my powers to General Alcazar, who from now on will lead our beloved country uh, forward along the road of economic, social, and cultural progress. Long live San Theodoro's! Long live General Alcazar! Thanks, amigo. You'll be a sensation on the radio. Maha." <laughs> and then, uh, then you know, he's, uh, he learns that he will not be shot. Uh, which he finds terrible. I
1: find this kind of, I like this scene. Yeah, like you gotta great. shoot me. It's uh, yeah. the
0: only dignified thing to do. That's no, right. I'm not gonna shoot you. Well, no, you gotta, please. You gotta shoot me. Come on, are you mad? No. Uh, says, no,
1: this young idealist over here has told me that I'm not allowed to shoot you. We live in sad times.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: They both agree.
0: Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, and then uh, Tintin takes off his mask and says, we meet again, Colonel Spawns. Yes. Remember that thing we did that I was uh, yeah. Uh, remember that time? To you?
1: Yeah, you well, were humiliated. Yeah, humiliated. It's, well, it's happened uh, again now.
0: One more time. Aha. See you soon. Bye.
1: Don't worry, yeah. Spawns. Even you have nothing to fear. They're pining for you in Borduria. So your ticket to Shazad is booked for the morning.
0: Yeah, and then we. Have, Which seems
1: like he'd want that. I want into this country. I'm in this backwater. What do I want? I'd like to be in Europe going to the opera.
0: Hey, remember, Tintin, that time you did that nice thing for me? I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we get Pablo showing up, saying, Mercy, senor, mercy, please don't shoot me. That's less than you deserve, you subtropical sea louse. Yeah,
1: and uh, Tintin should take this woman to say, But why, Pablo? <laughs> yes, why did you Not at all. Decide to... Nothing. No uh, motivation. Yeah, your motiveless uh, turn on me. Why? What happened? Hey, what, Robin, why, you...
0: why did you betray Batman? Meh no reason anyway no one's gonna ask moving on we're we're a couple of pages for the end of the story no reason that I just changed my motivation I already had to
1: drop a page clumsily so I don't have any room for this come on let's keep going (laughs) so then they now they realize that uh, they
0: gotta stop the execution they gotta stop the
1: execution so they only have minutes they get Alvarez to phone but he just keeps getting a time signal rather than uh, than the uh, headquarters so something's up with the phone lines yeah
0: what you need then is like the next call is like cuts the butcher oh I don't believe it that
1: would have been perfect (laughs) That's what you need before the time signature. That should have been like a a, a, uh, Catez the Butcher, you know, like instead (laughs) of...
0: Yes, a different butcher. Absolutely.
1: Pablo the Butcher or whatever. I'm too busy
0: with Carnival. I can't talk to you now. Yeah.
1: carne the Butcher. Yeah. So meat the butcher. Carnada. Carnada. What's carnada? Uh,
0: It's beef. Okay, I think so. Carné
1: is is meat as well, but just I guess general meat.
0: Well, that's great. Oh, yeah. you, ooh, who wants? Oh, yeah, there. I, it's general, oh, no meat general, in general meat is here. No
1: meat in general. I meant not. All right. not
0: Sounds t- gross. <laughs> so anyway, they rush down. Uh, we see that the, the Thompson and Thompson are getting a, a drink. Because I don't think drink. carnada
1: is beef, by the way.
0: Carné, uh, what's carne asada?
1: I, it's, yeah, it's like a cooked beef, a cooked meat. Because carne is is meat.
0: All right. Yeah. Listen, everybody, let us know. <laughs> uh, beef is like bife. Good. Every time, I, every time I order a carne asada, Porco. I get beef.
1: Yeah. I guess that's what they And every,
0: every other meat yeah. uh, seems to be named except for that one. Mm-hmm. So... Okay. L- listen, the Thompsons are almost going to be killed. Let's, uh, let's get to it. Okay. Uh, so, uh, the, they're looking at... Uh, the Thompsons are getting a final cigarette, a final uh, drink, and uh, being told, I'm sorry, gentlemen, but we must go. It's time. And one must be on time. To be precise, time, gentlemen, please. <laughs> As you would say, the last call at the bar. That's Very right. Good. That's right. Off they go. That's nice. Uh, Meanwhile...
1: I just like the, the respect of the of the firing, where they're sitting having a drink with the, the man who's going to be uh, their, executioner. their executioner. I'm terribly sorry, gentlemen, but we must go, please. It's time. Yes. So then they leave. And then let uh, me cut to Donald Duck in the oh, crowd. I like, I like,
0: by the way, I like the description of from the executioner to them saying, don't worry, it's a nasty moment, but you'll soon forget it. Yeah,
1: it's true. He's right. You he will soon forget it. Then we cut, and yeah, Donald Duck's there. We're in a, cr- a crush of people. We see Donald Duck's face. Uh, someone's wearing a mask. A lot of Bob D'Amore drawings here, and then uh, and then we see uh, Tintin and Elvis trying to find a way. We're trying to commandeer a car. And they say, "Don't commandeer a car. We'll commandeer that float there." There's a giant king's head, which, like I said, I said earlier, uh, actually is from the uh, carnival in Nice. Okay. That's where Hergé b- borrowed that from. And then uh, we cut to another scene uh, where there's people playing on it. Not the dripping tap, by the way. And then uh, they uh, keep on playing, keep on playing, they say. And they get onto this float. And then we see a big Groucho Marx in behind that is the big head of Groucho Marx, who was very popular at that time. Okay. The Marx Brothers were very popular in the 70s. Driver to the state prison and we put see, your foot down. We see put s- my foot down? With this crate, you must be joking.
0: But they do it; they're uh, they're tooting, and we see Snoopy uh, off to the side. Uh, yeah, Snoopy's the over
1: there. Uh, we see uh, much like. Uh, well, no, I don't think. Uh, I think that Tintin had a had a his blindfold when he was being executed, didn't he? Because he didn't know what was happening. Hmm. But they refuse the Thompsons. Refuse the uh, blindfold, to be precise. A Thompson with a straight face looks like death. It's your lucky day. The music adds a little gaiety to the party, doesn't it? <laughs> Says the executioner. And then we have a shot of more people, par- uh, more people partying and having fun with the float going behind them. Then we and, get the uh, famous last word. We see another character, but from Bob Newmour, Anna, Ann, Nana, her name was a girlfriend of of Borelli, Okay. Is with, with wearing the mask and the uh, the kind of Zorro hat or oh, whatever call very it Very pretty. Very pretty, yeah. And then once again we cut to the to the uh, the firing squad. By the way, though. is that Dumbo? squad being fired where
0: uh is that dumbo underneath the float the fourth panel because he's wearing that hat is that dumbo
1: fourth panel
0: yeah that one right right next to her that elephant
1: oh yeah that's dumbo you're right okay good call good good grab good get uh and then the fire the executioner is telling squad ready thompson turns to thompson and says Couldn't you perhaps think of some famous last words or what about kiss me thompson will that do <laughs> so there's the famous lord nelson to hardy kiss me hardy uh in the French version, it quotes uh, Charles de Gaulle's statement in Algiers, which was, "I have understood you." He said, "Algerians, I have understood you." So they say, "San Theodorian's, I have understood you." That's their, that's what they think they should say as their famous last words. I don't know. Quite oh, okay.
0: Right. And then it would make sense him saying it to Thompson. as like, "I have understood you." Yeah. Like those two understand I don't know, each that's other. Weird. I do like "Kiss Me, Thompson." Yeah, that's it's good. a little
1: better, I think. Squad, take aim. But it would be uh, like. French people would understand that. Like, Europe wouldn't understand a a quote from from Nelson would not be. And I do
0: like that the king's really the only one, or, like, you know, general's the only one who can, you know, stop this. And then the giant king head appears behind them. Yeah,
1: Hold your fire. Hands up. The lot of you. Drop your guns. Everyone drops their guns and looks surprised. A few minutes later, they're being untied by Haddock and Tintin, are untying untying them. And then uh, they're taken to Castafiore, who once again has covered a poor warder with... uh, With pasta, yeah, because they're not al dente.
0: Listen, she's been there, I don't know how many weeks. Mm -hmm. If they haven't gotten this right yet, they're not going to get it right.
1: I'm surprised her dress is fitting her. Then she's so happy, she runs over. Come, caro mio. She runs to the captain, Captain Hemlock, as she calls him, and gives him a hug. Of course, whenever anyone gets hugged in the Tintin stories, their face is all smushed up. And then uh, at
0: least she doesn't hit him in the head because he then forget who he is. Then of
1: course, poor Igor Wagner, who's always forgotten by everybody, comes out. And then Irma, who she's so happy to see. Irma, I've missed you. But Igor Wagner, who cares? I must, oh what joy to be all together again! I simply must sing. Everyone's like, no, 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 no need, no need.
0: And then they tie her up, and we go back to that asterisk scene. <laughs> that's and <right>. we just...
1: <laughs> She's tied up with cacophonics. Yep. Both of them are tied together. <laughs> that would Ugh. not be a bad. Shirt. It's a hard life. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It's a hard life. That is a good. That's a good idea. I like it. One of... Okay, go let All
0: right, let's, let's bring it home. Yeah, let's bring Finish it Finish up. Last page. Here we go. Last go page. for it. Do you want me to do bring, it? Yes, brother. Do it.
1: So we've got Alcazar saying, the army, the navy, everyone is on my side now. Mil bombas. It's overwhelming triumph. And it's partly due, of course, to you. Partly. CCC, do, do not deny it. It's partly due to you. Alcazar is not ungenerous. You will be decorated with the Order of San Fernando. As for your 5%, please forget that, General, says Tintin, who takes money from no one. Because of all the money he makes as a journalist.
0: Right. And it would be nice to, there to have the captain go, but I could take a little. But it doesn't.
1: A soldier comes in, says, General, the bus you sent to the camp to fetch Senora Alcazar and the Jolly Follies has returned. Good. Show them in here. So there you are, Alcazar, says Peggy. She's so mad. What's your game? What have you been? You've been absent without leave again. I can explain Palomita Mia.
0: Let me ask this much. Palomita means She's stuff. had her hair in rollers for forever. Why does she have it pulled back now? Yeah, well, What's the point of those curlers?
1: Because that's how the lady looked in the original image right. that Hergé saw of herself. I he had to pretend to Now you to take back.
0: those curlers out. Yeah, you're gonna have curly hair.
1: Yeah, but then you pull it straight. Why? Because then it doesn't get frizzy. The reason you put it in curlers is so it doesn't get frizzy. It's oh, under control. Right, fine. Ugh, get you, on with didn't you grow up with a mum who put her hair in curlers every night? Yeah, it got and curly. You never understood why. It was curly. My mum didn't have curly hair. All right. Uh... Señor Wegg, allow me to express the deep gratitude of the San Theodorian people for the help you have given to our cause. I therefore appoint you and your jolly follies to the Order of San Fernando and invite you to next year's Carnival. And Señor Professor, I'm getting all Spanish here, in recognition of your, turning into Desi Arnaz, everybody, in recognition of the magnificent role you played, I appoint you knight Grand cross of the Order of San Fernando with oak leaves. That's even better, with oak leaves. No thank you, my friend. Never between meals, he says. I don't know what oak leaves meant to, uh, To we can all guess later on. Baked beans. Hmm? Good old Alcazar. <laughs> Finally, Wag gets a little bit of a thing to say. Good old Alcazar, give him a big hurrah. And as for you, my dove, I promised you a palace. Bueno. I keep my word. This is all yours from now on. And she says, fine and dandy. You read it. You read her.
0: Fine and dandy. You know, anyone can see it isn't you expected to keep this dump clean. So for a start, stop dropping cigar ash all over the place. You get me? <sighs> what two, two a shrew.
2: <laughs> two days the later. The shrewing
0: of the tame.
1: <laughs> it's two days later, we've got the Captain Haddock and Tintin, and we assume calculus, flying home, bearing their orders of San Fernando with oak leaves, blistering barnacles, says Captain. I shan't be sorry to be back home in Marlin's And Tintin... World traveler, been everywhere. He's been everywhere, man. Even over there, man. Says, me too, Captain. I enjoy my character being subverted. <laughs> we cut to a shot, a mirror image of the from the beginning of the story of the soldiers walking through the slums. We have now soldiers, but more in their Picaran uh, kind of revolutionary garb, walking along, waving their, their nightsticks. And the sign, instead of saying, Viva Tapioca, says, Viva Alcazar. And yet things have not changed at all. What, you know, just as the who, so wisely said once, meet the old the new boss, same as the old boss. I won't get fooled again.
0: Wah!
2: Some
1: yeah, g- giant scream. And then scream. they
0: solve the murder. Uh, but by the way, you missed the last gag, which was, you know, Tintin's Me Too captain, and then Me Too, but with a little mustard, if you please. Oh, raised. that's right, calculus. So we don't end with the heavy, uh, you know what? These people are still living in slums. Yeah. Cynical. Yeah. Okay, here's a couple of things. One, uh, did, when the captain lost his memory... Yes. What did that bias? What good did that do in the story? It
1: gave it gave that little scene of him walking out into the into the thing and almost getting them caught by the helicopter, because there's no other way to do that in that to have that secret, but have him dazed and walking out into the water.
0: Let me suggest instead: Snowy runs out, and Tintin has to get Snowy because Snowy sees something, and then you know whatever. Yeah, it would have other involved reasons. Snowy, right? Instead
1: of the, him being the invisible character in the story this time,
0: right? But like, yeah, to me it was like so so the captain. Just loses Snowy, his memory.
1: Snowy did nothing in the story. So
0: That's fair. But I'm also going like, it's a really big thing to have your character lose his memory completely. Mm-hmm. And then do nothing with it. Yeah. Really. Except yeah. for wander aimlessly. Even They've if done it
1: before with characters. So yeah, it's not.
0: There we go. It's kind of a. Here's the other yeah. thing. So the end of this story. Now the whole thing is uh, Bianca Castafiori is kidnapped. Who cares about that? Yeah. One person cares about that. Mm-hmm. The one person that cares about that is the professor. Yeah. So, uh, so she's released from prison. Mm-hmm. I, I get that you know he's not there when that happens. Yeah. But how about a scene where he sees her or something? You know, does he care at all that she got released? This is the whole thing he's cared about. The whole thing he's yeah. refusing people's handshakes. Yeah. I hate I hate your country. You're, kind of, <laughs> you're a piece of garbage. Yeah. Because uh, you've uh, imprisoned this woman, and we're not getting. There's nothing.
1: Well, also, I mean, he, it was through him that that the revolution was successful. Though, so that's fine. I suppose in that way he was. He was. Uh, but
0: you, you should have a scene with him and her. It feels yeah. like because. That was his motivation. I know the that was his motivation. Now, second motivation. When, when y- y- we see the shrewish woman, and he's doing the flirty flirt with her, yeah. you know, okay, so now he's seeing her again. They're in the same room. They're ne- basically next to each other. Yeah. You know, she, she's, there's she's, no room
1: for business there. So uh, if you're going to suggest business, they've already had to drop a page out of the story. So there's just really no room for any more, any more yucks.
0: This one felt like it was written, and then like each page was written, and then forgotten about. And then the next page was written. And then it was forgotten about. Yeah. And then it was like, what do we got to do? I don't know. Maybe give him a head wound. Mm-hmm. Okay, now he's got a head wound. Now he wanders over there. Yeah. Now what happens? I don't know. This. And then, you know, we're going to lead to, they disguise themselves when they get to the festival uh, in costumes. Great. How do we get there? Meh. You know, it's just that, yeah. Why Why's Tintin show up? I don't know. We've had a couple of pages without Tintin. Yeah. Dinton shows up. We'll explain later why he shows up. Yeah. Uh oh, their friend betrayed them and was gonna have them killed. Yeah. Why? We'll explain later. Never explained. No, you're right. Just
1: I know I agree. I think it's a weak story. It's good art. It's well drawn. Most of it. There's a few Most of it except close. There's close-ups? a few clunky parts, yeah. Those the insistence on close-ups I think is a mistake. And I think and I'm not gonna blame anyone else but Erja for that. Erje wanted to have close-ups. He wanted to have a more cinematic feel of you know, distant shots and close-up shots, and so he is the one who 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 did that. So, only he uh, can prevent force fires. No, no. I was
0: about to say that. I'm glad it was you <laughs> instead instead of me. And also, of course, no dripping tap. You know, when when Hitchcock said you show a dripping tap at the beginning of a story, yeah, you better see that dripping tap running by the end of the story. We didn't get that. <laughs> we didn't get to see anything about the band.
1: No, that's yeah. true. And that, yeah, that's true as well. I just I feel like that's, that was a mistake as well.
0: But I really like your few, uh... idea that the dripping tap was Tintin in disguise. You know that yeah. just makes so much sense. That would have been a lot of looks fun. Like him. Yeah. It would have been
1: a lot of fun, and. You know, the captain doesn't recognize him. The captain, yeah. even the captain, doesn't know he's there. Yeah. And so he's doing some stuff. We don't even have to have he's, him in the story. Yeah, it looks he's like, doing lots of business behind the scenes, like crazy action that we don't get to see. And do you know why? We, and that would be kind of funny.
0: Well, here's the thing, and this is why we feel like that, because in previous stories, that's what they would have done. Mm-hmm. Everything that's set up is usually paid off in a 10-10 story. It's very yeah. weird that you have these dangling threads, yeah. Uh, you know, or major character changes for no reason. The stories in the past have been, for the most part, very tight. Yeah. You know, and and this one is seems like a make-up. Mm-hmm. and so yeah yeah
1: it's it, hard to it's hard when you hear that it started in 62 the story the germination of the story it's hard to believe that it's taken him that long to get to this point you know and you feel like no like what what you mean is that you were thinking about it vaguely in 1962, 1963, after you did cast a free Eye yeah. but you just didn't take it seriously enough to actually work very hard on it. You know, there was an obvious, really easy way to get Tintin into the story, and you didn't do that. It didn't occur to you at the time, because you weren't very serious about it. give him any
0: reason to be in the story. Well, listen, not even give him any reason to be in the story. Yeah. Give him any re- Like, the, the, the fact that he shows up isn't the problem. Mm-hmm. The fact that at the beginning he goes, I'm not going to be part of this. Yeah. That's the problem, because that's not Tintin. Yeah. Tintin is like, there's danger? Let's
1: go. Well, the real problem, I think, for Hergé, more than anything, is that he he tricked himself. Is he started with a great he started with a great story, mm-hmm. and you know he started with a great idea, and he would just you know would just kind of run with that story. And those are the great stories. You know, the stories in the '40s and the '50s when he's doing like the newspaper uh, stories, like the. Seven Unicorn, or the, what is it? No, not the Seven. The Secret of the Unicorn, the Red Rackham's Treasure, the Prisoner of the Silence. Like those stories are really fun, and they're they feel tight. Yeah, They feel tightly plotted, and they were mostly made up on the spot. They're mostly, like, day-to-day stories that he was just winging because that's how he had to do it, because he was writing under the gun. But those are the best stories. When it gets later, when he starts thinking, like, oh, no, I've got to spend a lot of time working on research, and i got to have, like, a big art staff, and we've got to have all this detail and all this technical detail. This is what's important. You know, and it starts to slow him down, and then it starts getting no fun because there's so much rigmarole to get just the drawing on the paper. Yeah. You know, he starts, it starts to lose the magic for him. And then it just becomes like a slog and, you know, it becomes harder and harder for him to produce it. That's when it gets sad. And, and he, we get to this story and okay. So he starts writing it in 73. Well, it doesn't even start to run in the, in the magazine until 76. So I know that you drew, drew it before, like it didn't go day yeah. by day. So he's done all this work on it and this is what he got. Like he just didn't care enough. You know, it just, it's still a slog for him. Like he just can't enjoy it enough to, you know, he gets it perfect. It looks perfect. It looks great, but there's just a problem with the story in that it doesn't hang together. And even if it didn't hang together, if it didn't hang together and it was fun, that would be one thing. Mm. But the fact that it doesn't hang together and it isn't a great deal of fun, it's, it doesn't work.
0: It's a bit of a drag.
1: It's a bit of a drag, yeah. All
0: right. yeah. But you might feel differently, and if you do... Uh, why don't you let us know? Please do. Uh, we are at. It st- might be your
1: favorite story, and we might be oh, and This you. is the
0: thing. Every story is someone's favorite story. Exactly. Yeah. Also, everyone. This was the
1: first story you read. The first Tintin you read. You know, you just never know.
0: Yeah. So, uh, listen, here's how you get in contact with us. Uh, our website is sneakydragon.com. That is the name of our other podcast that we do where we just talk about whatever comes to our head. Uh, so, if you go to sneakydragon.com, you'll find all the episodes of Totally Tint in there. Yeah. And underneath each of those episodes, there is a message board, and we would love to uh, hear from you. Uh, if you think we missed something, if you think we were wrong about something, if you think Dave was wrong about something especially, please put it in your hat. Put it in your hat and then take it out of your hat and then put it on our message board. Uh, if you want to go and do that on facebook we're at totally tintin on facebook yep. if you do it on twitter we'd be surprised no one has yeah uh we're at, at sneaky underscore dragon on twitter but you can absolutely we've do had that.
1: compliments on twitter but we haven't had a lot of that is true we haven't had a lot of questions uh
0: and if you prefer email because you know that's what we're still doing we're at sneaky d at sneaky that's sneaky d at sneaky yeah and let me ask you one more thing because we are coming to the end of our series here, yeah. uh, what we're going to do is um, do Tintin at Alf Art yeah. next. We're then going to cover the movies yep. and you know s- such things. And then for our final episode, we're kind of throwing it over to you and asking what you want us to talk about. If you have any questions about Tintin that we haven't answered or topics you think we you'd like us to cover... We will uh, happily do that. Yeah. Or, again, or things yeah.
1: we've glossed over, if you'd like to hear about it in more depth. That's right. Let us know.
0: So, uh, yeah, we're throwing this one over to you. If you don't send us anything, it'll be a very short episode.
2: Or and not we'll an go episode and
0: We'll go off and we'll get a burger. And, That's uh, right. We'll, either way, it's win-win for us. Exactly. Yeah. Burger. Um, but as I say, next time on Totally Tintin, Tintin uh, and Alf Art, uh, which unfortunately does not have art in it. Yes.
1: Just a few sketches, but yeah. Yeah. Um, What's interesting, I just was going to say, our two longest shows have been the two books that we've liked the least.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Curious. All right, well.
1: Just complain through
0: the
2: whole show. Let's (laughs)
0: see what happens next time on Totally Tintin. I've been Ian Boothby. And I've been David Dedrick. Thank you for your kind attention. Take care.